What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Andrew Velez, Joel Dells, and this is now episode 195. In this episode, we are going to preview UFC Fight Night, talk about the biggest all-star snubs, reacting to the NFL executives' top quarterback list, Tyreek Hill putting a target on the Dolphins, and giving our predictions for the NFC East. A quick YouTube member and Patreon shout-out to Quilo, King J, Phantom Wolf, Danko Hawkins, Matthew Jimenez, Dixon, Demetrius, Dayton Robinson, LMG27, Armin, Nico, Ben, Musty, Mind Goblin, Jaren, Nick, Vincent, your local bronze sexual, Jordan, Tua is amazing, love you, Drew, Traylon Burks, Rookie of the Year, MG Nas, UK Boge, J Love Clear, Zach W, Cole, Darius Garland's next, Nazir, Dwayne, Riv is a gorgeous man, Travis, Drew's the Goat, Holmes, your boy Nick, Jake the Snake, Corrupt, Throat Goat Dells, Dylan Afonso, Mason Surgeon DQ Forever, Gentile Drew, Cade MVP, SP Worsey Shot, Jordan <laughs> Evan, Sergio Owns DQ, Joel is the Goat, Mayo, Andre, Peter, Daniel, Ben, Ruthless, Rooster, Dives in Deep, Kill Moves, Joel B, Eagle Dollar, Tizzy, Corey, Get Funko, Dylan, Dom, Orlando, Big Chuck, Hook, Cole, Liam, T Grove 17, Tua Sucks on Ka, Ryan, Epic Linkiness, It's Black Ace, BJ, PJ's Langston, Jazzy Juice, Johannes, Dave, Muffins, Sean, Burner Hoops, Court Cousins, P. Hakari, and J Aqua. Throat Goat Dells. Who's I don't that? J Aqua, but Thank you. let me tell you this. Throat Goat Dells <laughs> is insane. He had to specify Dells, too, because if it would have been Joel, then. Could have been Joel. What would you have done there? I would have said, would have Joel. said Joel. I re- you already know he would have said <laughs> Joel. These agendas nowadays. That's uh, I crazy. I, I want to know who that is. I, I know who it is, actually. <laughs> I do. Who, who he he actually texted me on the side. I can't say. Out of respect for him. Oh, so is it somebody that we know personally or no? Uh, this guy is also the one that had, uh, I'm a Drew sexual. Uh, I'm blanking on the other ones he's had. If he texted, he's had like four or five. Did he text you or yeah, just nah, hit you he on, hit like, me on the side? Uh, he, like Discord or something? Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you what, he told me that he was going to do this. That's pretty funny. <laughs> throw throw code Dells was, I was not expecting that, not even a little bit. He did tell me he was going to do this. I was like, ah, okay, I'll let it slide. In the glasses, the first time the audience has oh, seen yeah. the glasses. Oh, yeah, so. you know what's going to be funny about this? Uh, so I don't have any contacts. They're coming into the ma- They're coming in the mail tomorrow, but uh, these are not my glasses. These are actually my girlfriend's glasses. I was going to say, they don't look like yours. Yeah, no, not at all. I actually don't own a pair of glasses, so I would have been screwed with that, and I cannot see. You guys see. have similar Kind of. This is a little weaker, honestly, if I'm being honest. But I'd rather this than not being able to see at all. Yeah, it doesn't look very manly. I, I don't really either. care. I look handsome either way, so I'll and, take it to the crowd. And if you want to be able to hit up Drew, me, Joel, Riv on, you know, and talk to us, join our Discord. There you go. Talk join to us Discord on there. 100%. Or, or we have another option as well, I believe. Join right? our chalkboard, yes. There you go. Chalkboard. Chalkboard. You can join our chalkboard. We're up to 400 plus members on there right now. Shout out to y'all. If you want to talk, if you want to hit one of us up, say, can we call yeah. you Throat Goat, whatever, that's how you hit us up. Just to let you know, Discord, you have to join Patreon. Chalkboard is free. So if you don't want to pay, you can go directly to Chalkboard. 
And before we go any further, we have two guests here with us, Michael Daly and Brian b My guy, how you guys doing? Good, man. Appreciate having you. Well, having me on here, you know, you guys been doing your thing. I've been seeing y'all grind for the past couple couple hard months, almost what, about almost two years now. Yes, yeah, sir. Two, two years. Yeah, two, over two years yeah. now. Almost yeah, but yeah, I always told you. Well, I was like, "Yo, keep doing y'all thing," because, bro, you know, y'all, I like clashing heads and people like seeing that. So you know, yeah, make y'all make good content. So hey, thanks, bro. We appreciate up, that. Bro. We appreciate that. And it, bro, I've been telling this man since we're like probably like when y'all was at one point five, one point five k. So seeing y'all come a long way, thanks, my bro. Boys. You trusted us, and we appreciate that. And I wasn't even there when we were at 1.5, so you saw the vision. Yeah. And Daly, you're here with your Zach Wilson jersey. Is that because of the news that came out of Zach Wilson recently? Uh, Joel, first off, it's great to be on with you guys. Brian, nice to meet you in person. I don't know what news you're talking about. I mean, for me, Zach Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in the league. I'm not aware of any news. I've been offline recently. (laughs) I know (laughs) he's going to end up being the greatest quarterback of all time. So that's why I'm wearing the jersey. I don't know about any other news or anything like that because he's a flawless human being. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. That's super on brand. Super Super. on brand. I see why. Yeah, I see why you guys are boys. Zach Wilson is the man. You know, I was working at at the radio station at Cedar Hall when I was with him, and he was telling me about his infatuation with Zach Wilson and how he liked him more than Trevor Lawrence. This was before the draft, so he's been a big Zach Wilson guy. So I'm not surprised with the Jets jersey. We have Brian and Michael on to talk about UFC. This Saturday, UFC fight night, and the main event is Yair Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega. Now, what are your thoughts on this match? I'm kind of disappointed, quite frankly, that if Brian Ortega wins, he won't get a title shot. That's my belief. But if Yair wins, he he's going to face Volkanovski. So what are your thoughts on the match and who do you think is going to win? The way I see this, I think Brian Ortega is going to be able to survive long enough on the feet, even though he's not as technical of a striker as Yair Rodriguez is, to the point where he can, one, either get this to the ground or set up a submission. Now, he has not had a submission win since 2018. That is a long time. And Yair Rodriguez is not a guy that really you can take down. He has a 60% takedown defense rate. That's pretty solid. But I think he's going to use the momentum that he had, even though it was a loss against Alexander Volkanovsky. He put on a great showing. I think he is going to get a third-round submission win, Joel. I see Yair using his striking. I I see Yair going to put on a striking clinic against Ortega. I see the matchup not being that even I stylistically I don't think it's a good matchup for Ortega just because Yair is so dynamic with his striking and his his kicks and all what what uh he just said his his takedown defense so it's definitely going to be a hard fight for Ortega I got Yair I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to decision but I will take I think Yair will have this by decision I kind of agree more with you Michael about Ortega I don't know if it's going to be a third-round submission, but just watching Yair and Ortega fight, I feel like Ortega has more in his arsenal that he can he can do. He's a, I think he's a pretty good striker. You mentioned his submissions. 
I feel like Yair at times gets a bit too reckless and he gets a bit too carried away and that leads him to leaves him open for um, takedowns or potential shots. Like, for example, when he had that miraculous win against the Korean Zombie, I thought that at the time was going the distance. You could have argued Korean Zombie could have won that match and it was a miraculous elbow at the end that ended up in the favor of Yair and that's why he won. Versus Ortega, I'm not sure that he's going to leave himself open to those type of shots if it does go the distance. And Ortega went the distance with a guy like Alexander Volkanovski, who is the best guy in the featherweight division currently. And that's why I think Brian Ortega is going to win this match. What I, The way I see this fight going, Rodriguez has to keep the standing on the feet because he is so versatile offensively from a striking standpoint. So he obviously wants it to stay on the feet, but I'm not going to sit here and act like Brian Ortega is not able to stand for five rounds because he can look what he did to Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie. He put on a clinic, a great head kick. He had, he stood in there with Max Holloway. So he has been in there with tough guys, great strikers before as, as clinical as someone like Yara Rodriguez is, I just don't think he's going to have enough to one, stop him, and two, do enough to get a decision. And therefore, I just think that Brian Ortega will be able to pull off a submission. He'll be able to get it to the ground or get his back at some point in time. I say the third round, and he'll be able to get a win. When Yair came back, when he fought Max, even though he did lose in the de decision, personally, Yair looked great to me. Off that, that uh, comeback that he had, off the ACL injury, I personally think he we'll have enough to, to defeat Ortega coming this Saturday. And I'm fairly new to the UFC, so why is it that if Ortega wins, he won't get a title shot, but if Yair wins, he will? Basically, his last fight before Yair Rodriguez was against Volkanovski, who's the current champion. The UFC's all about fresh blood, and I'm sure Brian knows this. Yair Rodriguez has never fought Volkanovski, so if he wins, give him the next shot. That's the way the UFC sees it. Yeah, I agree with that to an extent, but I felt like the when Ortega fought Volkanovski, Ortega had a chance to win. In, in round three, he had him in the guillotine. It looked pretty tightly yeah. locked in. Volkanovski escaped. Then later on in the round, he got him in a triangle as well, and Volkanovski escaped that as well. In rounds four and five, it wasn't a contest. Volkanovski just he beat up Ortega. But I thought Ortega had a shot to win that fight, so... I just don't understand why they wouldn't give him another shot if he were to win against Yair. UFC, they like seeing new, like new blood, you know, new title shots. No one wants to see something. And I personally, I feel like we just seen that fight, so I personally would not want to see that fight. I would like to see Yair get this fight. You know, you want to get new people in there in, in the octagon fighting a, a new a new champion. So new challenger in a way. You know, Yair wins this, he gets a title shot. I, I it's reasonable. I see it. With Brian Ortega, yes. Anyone else, last September, he would have submitted, other than Alexander Volkanovsky, because Volkanovsky is as tough as they come. But after that submission, or that submission attempt, he lost the remaining rounds. And I think after that, you pretty much saw his best submission attempt against Alexander Volkanovsky. And after that, he was, he was outworked for the rest of the fight. I, that's a big reason why I don't think they're going to give him another shot. Josh Emmett's a guy who I've been calling on for a lot. I also said, Brian and Joel, the winner of Josh Emmett, Calvin Cater, could make an argument to be next in line. 
Now, Josh Emmett, rightfully so. I felt I was not mad at that decision that he won. I don't think he's going to get the next title shot. I do suspect it to be the winner of Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega. But whoever gets it of those three being Rodriguez, Ortega, or Emmett, I would not be mad at either three. And this Saturday, UFC Fight Night, this is one of 12 fights that's going to happen. What other fights are you guys looking forward to seeing? Dustin Jacoby, Don Jung. That's the one I like. Now, it's it's lower on the card, and it's and it's a fight that a lot of people probably aren't paying too much attention to. But Dustin Jacoby, for a light heavyweight, has a lot of power, and he's fighting a guy in Unjung who's bigger than him. So I think Dustin Jacoby is really going to show off his power, Brian. I, I, I personally like Charles Jordan and Shane Burgos. That I feel like that would be fireworks as well. When it comes to the UFC, are like... Is every Saturday a UFC fight night, or are there some sprinkled across the week, or a Saturday day where you can watch, like, where most of the fights happen? Yeah, so typically it is Saturday. Usually it's every Saturday. The UFC doesn't take too many Saturdays off. Occasionally you'll see one Saturday off, but that's usually a fight night. They take a week off, and then it's a pay-per-view. There are times where you'll have Dana White Contender Series on Tuesday nights. There were even times where they would be legitimate Fight nights. Now, this is a few years ago, but fight nights would take place Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, some even Thursday nights. The UFC has even fought on Friday and Saturday and Sunday nights, but typically their night of the week is Saturday night. But they they do have some real estate in other days of the week where it's not completely unusual to see them fight in the middle of the week or Friday or Sunday. Okay, that's good. And also, I didn't know this as well, but the UFC is actually airing the fight night on ABC as well. Mm-hmm. So it's Pretty not, good. it's, it's, so people are going to be able to watch the fight. So if anybody's interested in watching those fights this Saturday, where is it usually? You can on? watch 12. It's on usually on ESPN or ESPN plus. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess they usually do have, yeah, it's that usually the prelims that they have tuning in with, yeah. uh, on ABC. That makes sense. I think it's because, um, I read on front office sports that ESPN lost about like 900 million in the second quarter due to, and a lot of that was due to UFC and people not buying the pay-per-views. So now they're making it free, which I think is cool. Like, I think it's better. Yeah. It brings more exposure to the sport. You want to get sport. more people into the sport. That's yeah. the, really the biggest barrier for UFC is that all of the best fights people have to go and pay up for. And we're, you know, the most American sports are all American sports. You're not mm-hmm. paying anything extra for it. You need cable or find a stream. Exactly. Sure. Definitely. So thank you, Michael and Brian, for coming on to talk about uh, UFC Fight Night this Saturday. Let's see who wins. Michael, you have Ortega. Brian, you have Yair. Let's see who comes out victorious. Thanks, guys. All right, boys. Take it easy. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Back to the scheduled programming. Should we just skip this topic, uh, baseball? What do you think, Drew? I mean, you tell me, man. Are you going to be actually asking us questions? Are you going to be intrigued into the conversation? Yeah. I've been reading more, yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so, yeah. That, so. I think that we that's exactly what we should do this time around, like we spoke about last time. If you have any questions, you ask us, period. doesn't matter what it is. If you feel like it's a stupid question, forget about it. Just ask it. Simple. So I was doing some research, and when it comes to the all-star uh, players that get, into, that get voted in, mm-hmm. fans vote in the nine starters. Correct. The players select one reserve at each position. Correct. And plus the first five starting pitchers and three relievers. Correct. And then that gives the league office open spots for two position players and four pitches for each league, the American go. and National League. Correct. Right? So I want to hear your guys' uh, thoughts on the all-stars that were named Real for quick, both leagues. This is also the first year the commissioner is able to 
basically pick whoever wants to be an all-star. We have uh, Melky Cabrera in the AL, Pujols in the NL, two guys who are legends of the game who wouldn't make the all-star game. I mean, at this point in their career, they're washed compared to their prime. But it was pretty cool because this is the first year that the commissioner is able to put them in the all-star game. They're, yep. they're likely retire. I, so I think, basically a Dirk year. Nowitzki all-star appearance. Yes, exactly. Correct. The, 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 uh, the, the, the numbers aren't there, but they're two yeah. first ballot Hall of Famer two guys. Of the greatest ball, two of the greatest ball players in MLB history, Albert Pujols. Plays on the Angels. Well, yeah. he used to play on the Angels. He was he's mostly known, for, known for being a St. Louis Cardinal. Where he his last season he won a championship with St. Louis and then he left, went to the Angels, got a huge, got deal. an unbelievable deal. Just never lived up to that contract. And went back to the Cards. He did. He Split. did. He went to the Dodgers in between, yeah. but now he's back onto the Cardinals. But uh, yes, one hundred percent. Albert Pujols is one of the greats of the game. I'm praying that he doesn't pass Alex Rodriguez this season in home runs. How many? Yeah. I don't think A Rod's at six ninety six. I'm not off the top of my head. I'm not sure what Pools is at, but I know that it was enough for me to be worried about it. And Miguel Cabrera is just one of the best pure hitters of all time. Uh, the that's six eighty five. Six eighty five. I don't think he gets eleven. I don't think so too. It's possible, but I don't think he gets it. Uh, and Miguel Cabrera, the most recent player in MLB history to win the triple crown, a feat that. I don't think any baseball fan thought would ever happen. What is a triple crown? Triple crown is when you lead the league in average home run and RBI. Okay, so and he almost Cooper did Cup. it. He correct, yeah. and he almost did it two seasons in a row, which Miguel is Miguel Cabrera. Yes, which He's was been on the insane. Tigers his whole career. Too. That's why last season oh, no, actually not, Vlad not, uh, Guerrero Jr. was in the running for it basically the whole season, but ended up falling off in average. He was on the Marlins Stars career, right? I'm not uh, Mar- up. Yeah, no, yeah. yes, Marlins, but then became a, a Detroit Tiger and has been a Tiger ever since. Yeah. But uh, 100% happy that these two are going to be represented in the All-Star game. Uh, real quick, to read you the, the NL starters, the AL starters, um, starting at the catcher position, Alejandro Kirk, Blue Jays, he's having a great season, one of the league leaders in average. First baseman, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he's just one of the faces of the MLB, an unbelievable talent. Has been not as great as he he was last season, but nevertheless, Vlad last, is getting into the All-Star last game. Last year was special, won MVP last year, led the league. No, no, he didn't win MVP, Shohei yeah. did. Yes, oh, he was number right, two right, in right, voting. Right. Yes. Yeah, he led the casual. league in almost, no, no, every, it's not casual, almost every batting statistic. Yeah, a second base, Jose Altuve. Third base, Rafael Devers deserved, even though, you know, Red Sox can can go somewhere. Shortstop, Tim Anderson. Outfield, Aaron Judge, the leading vote getter in both the AL and the NL. Mike Trout of the Angels. Giancarlo Stanton making it uh, for his first time as a Yankee starting the All-Star game. And at DH, Shohei Otani, who also made it as a pitcher. He's been absolutely lights out. Has like a 250 ERA. He has been phenomenal. Uh, for the National League starters, uh, Wilson Contreras from the Cubs, he actually made it as a replacement, excuse me, I believe. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul Goldschmidt at first base, probably the, the league leader right now for the MVP. Uh, second base, Jazz Chisholm of the Marlins. Third base, Manny Machado, Padre. Shortstop, Trey Turner of the Dodgers. Outfield, Ronald Acuna, one of the faces of the MLB. Mookie Betts, one of the faces of the MLB. And Jock Peterson getting the start. Uh Outfielder for the Giants. He's been great since leaving. I believe he was on Atlanta last season, but this season he's batting like 270. Has, I want to say, almost 20 home runs this season. He's been phenomenal for them. Jock Peterson used to play for the Dodgers. Correct. He did, he did yeah. used to play for the Dodgers, then left. Then he won a World Series with them. Cor- no. He might have, actually. I, yeah, yes, I know, yes I Jock Peterson was yeah. on that team with 2020. Uh, but, yeah, Jock was I, He was cut from the Dodgers, and then I believe Atlanta picked him up, and now he's on the Giants, and he's been great. And Bryce Harper... Was supposed to start, but he's actually out right now with a hand injury. Uh, so to get into to, to some conversation with baseball, we're going to talk about the snubs, right? Because obviously that's all people care about. Uh, there's been a lot of players here that there's players here specifically that I look at just think, yeah, these guys definitely should have got the nod. Specifically, Ty France of the Seattle Mariners. He's been amazing this season. One of 11 players in the American League with an average above 300. 
it seems as if batting 300 is a rarity nowadays in MLB where the league averages around 230, 235, something like that. So to be one of 11 in the American League, you should get the nod at the minimum with this statistic alone. 19th in RBI this season in the American League with 45, third at the first base position, third in slugging and first in uh, on-base percentage at the first base position in the American League. It's truly a crime that he did not get in. Uh, I'll save these next two guys for you to get into it, but 100% Josh Bell is a snub. Austin Riley is a snub. But I want to take this time to highlight Devin Williams. Shout out to my sister's boyfriend, Raph, for putting me on to Devin Williams and him him teaching me how nasty this guy's stuff is. He throws a changeup that last season he was throwing at like 65% of times. He's changed it now where hitters are more conscious of the fact that he's throwing this pitch. It has crazy moves. So for a right-handed, uh, a right-handed pitcher, it slices inward which is just filthy. You're expecting a ball to, if anything, break to the outside part of the play for this guy. His changeup slides inward. It's pretty nasty. Inward if you're a right-handed hitter. Outward if you're a left-handed hitter. And now this time, he's dropped it down to where it's like around 50 to 55% where he's throwing the changeup. Now he's mixing in some fastballs. These stats are crazy. Uh, He has an ERA of 1.87, leading the team in 37 appearance. His 41% strikeout rate is the third among major league relievers who have logged at least 20 innings. Uh, Just trailing All-Stars Edwin Diaz of the Mets and Josh Hader, who's actually the closest for the Milwaukee Brewers. His opponents are batting 147. That is crazy. That essentially means once he's in, these hitters have essentially no chance at touching him. That average is the eighth best in the pool of pitchers that made the All-Star game. He's allowed seven hits and eight walks versus 37 strikeouts over his 24-outing scoreless streak. He's been untouchable. He leads the league and holds. He's been phenomenal, and Devin Williams definitely deserves to make the All-Star game. Yeah, Devin Williams has been insane. What do you say his ERA is? 1.87. And as a reliever, you have to understand that that is basically you are coming in and you're shutting it down. No one's touching you. And you have him and Hater on the same team. Correct. That's Correct. ridiculous. And Hater actually blew a save today, ironically. Wow. Williams comes in, shuts it down. Hater Williams comes in. the eighth, I'm assuming? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, no, he's been insane. The Mets do have three all-stars or reserves. Pete Alonso at first. We have Jack, uh, Jeff McNeil at second. And Edwin Diaz, who's been the best reliever in baseball, in my opinion. We went back and forth mm-hmm. with some Clay correct, Holmes stuff. Correct. I oh, think he Diaz, made the all-star game. I did. I I'll think Diaz honest, has separated himself to this these last couple. Uh, these Diaz, last couple appearances, I can't disagree. Diaz has turned into my second favorite Matt, probably behind Alonso. Okay. And he's making the push for number one. When DeGrom gets back, we'll, we'll see what That's happens. That's the guy right there. Um, a few other guys. I also want to get into a little bit of Mets talk. If you don't if you don't mind, you know, maybe get a little Mets-Yankees Mets talk as well. I'm, I'm a big uh, Mets guy. I know, LGM. Get out of um, one guy, Austin Riley on the Braves. Uh, the Mets just had a three-game series against the Braves, took two out of three, one against that a little bit later. Uh, Manny Machado's having an insane year, so I understand why he wasn't an all-star starter. Um, but Austin Riley's batting 282, 24 homers. He had 33 all of last year. He's on pace for to possibly get 50 home runs. Um, he's having a great year. Last year, he was insane, too. He was top 10 in MVP voting in the NL, I believe. Austin Riley was fantastic last year. Yeah, he's a, this is his fourth year in the MLB, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, not someone I was really familiar with. The Mets also haven't been great. Actually, this was the first time since 2017 we have won a series against the Braves. Really? Which I, I was going to say, you, I think you guys have the the Braves have the highest win percentage against you versus any other team which, in the MLB. Which surprised me because you, know, you play the old Mets, not the new Mets. That's true. Yeah, I mean, from 2017 to 2020, we didn't have that many great, Correct. great years. Correct. You know? um, Josh Bell was another guy that I thought we talked about him Last episode, maybe the one mm-hmm. before that, trade mm-hmm. deadline targets for the Mets. But you have Paul uh, Goldschmidt and Pete Alonso, both more popular than him and also probably putting up better numbers than him. But Bell, 300, 300 batting average, 19 doubles, 12 homers, nearly 50 RBIs. 
Um, and then a pitcher, a couple pitchers as well. One Kevin Gausman, sub three ERA, over 100 strikeouts already. And Robbie Ray, his last six starts has a .9 ERA, which is beyond elite. That's what DeGrom was doing last season. Um, so those are my all-star snubs. It's hard because, like you said, a lot of it is fan voting. So when you have guys like Vlad Guerrero, who is one of the faces of the MLB, like you said, even if Ty France might have better numbers than him, the fans, if you're casual or hardcore, unless you just hate Vlad or hate Toronto, you're going to be voting for him because that's who you want to see play. And also, real quick, we get into the home run derby, which has been Ooh. has been Pete Alonso's, uh, you know, saving grace. Yeah, that has is been, his thing. He's made more money winning the home run derby than from his salary. MLB contract. That's if crazy. that doesn't tell you what's wrong with MLB, I don't know what else you need. Nah, to hear. I mean, I get it. He's still young. He hasn't gotten his contract yet. He he's ha- on his he's rookie not, deal, right? He's not. Well, he's not. Up to, he's not due for arbitration yet. But rookie de- rookie deals for yeah, facts. Mm-hmm. Rookie deals for MLB is like nothing. It's like a few hundred thousand. Yeah, at like, least for NFL and MLB, you're like millions. Judge right now and. They just settled an arbitration. He made nineteen million. One hundred percent judge next season is going to be seeing thirty to thirty five at at the minimum. Thirty to thirty five. No, fifty. I'm saying at the minimum, which is almost twelve million more at the minimum that he's going to yeah. be seeing. There's no if Judge stays healthy. I don't think there's no way you get him for less than forty a year. Ju- correct. Ju- that's how great Judge has been yeah. this past season. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, re- home run derby. Real uh, home run derby. You have Pete Alonso, Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, um, Kyle Schwarber. Julio Rodriguez and Albert Pujols, as of right now, that are confirmed, it's a strong There's possibility. Eight. eight contestants. There's a strong possibility that Giancarlo Stan might be uh, one of the next contestants, and that would mean that there's one spot left remaining. I would love for it to be Shohei Otani. It, it especially being in L.A. just fits perfectly for that. And it's it's in L.A. The stars are coming out. We see it's very evident that they want this to be an exciting event. I've said it for a lot, a long time now. You're in the MLB and you're among the league leaders in home runs. It should be in your contract. You need to be in the home run derby. I understand that it's taxing on your body. Aaron Judge was the league leader in home runs at that point in time when he competed in the All-Star game. And it ended up causing him to to be hurt and affected his There's stretch down the road. a lot of talk road. about that, how that, that impacts batters. For sure. You go up there just trying to hit home runs every single bat. Because even when you're doing batting practice, you're not going up there trying to hit a home run. You're trying to get solid contact. You're like, I want to hit it. Opposite field, I want to pull up the middle. Like You're doing all different things. Batting practice. Compared to the home run derby, where you're, I'm just trying to hit this ball as far as I can. For sure, you know the, you have the pitchers up there throwing 50, 60 miles an hour. It's batting practice, and, and really. Listen, Judge put on a show. Yeah. He won the he won the tournament. Absolutely, there was no doubt about it. But and was it Pete, worth it? They didn't have a in 2020 because of COVID. But Pete won 2019 and 2021. I believe. Correct. So yes, two he's, time defending he's, champ. He's been uh, he's, he's definitely been that. Been that that's one hundred percent truth. Uh, so, give a quick shout out to my Yankees. If you guys could have, if you guys didn't know, I was actually in Boston this past weekend uh, with some friends. And uh, we were playing the we were playing the Red Sox, and the Yankees were playing the Red Sox. I'm a Yankees fan, of course. And shout out to my Yankees. We have six guys making the All Star game, uh, and this is my first time being in Fenway, so I definitely was excited. There was uh, not as much hate as I was anticipating. I thought that it was going to be a much more hostile environment. I got to give Boston their shout out there. Um, I definitely was not harassed. I wasn't you know called mean words not even once. Um, but there was a situation where Josh Donaldson actually turned around after a strikeout, looks into the stands. Him and I make eye contact. He throws the ball into the stands. I catch it. This is my first time getting the ball since I was maybe 10 years old. So I'm freaking out. I'm dapping up my friends. I'm turning around. I'm, I'm hype. I point at Josh. I'm like, yeah, thank you. You're my new favorite player. I turn around, and I see this family that I've been talking to uh, a little bit before the, uh, during the game. And the mom goes to me and says, Ah oh, man, he was throwing it to my son, and immediately the brain is so crazy. Is that a stomach ache? No, 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 no. Okay. 
The brain's so crazy and how fast that you can just recall memories. When I was younger, and the last time I did end up getting the ball, I had an opportunity to catch a foul ball, uh, and I put my glove down, and this guy comes in and snatches the ball from underneath my glove and takes it for himself. And the people around him were booing him. My dad was all pissed off. He went to go beat his ass. He wanted to beat his ass. We saw him as he was walking out the tunnel, and the guy just ducked us. And immediately that that memory came to mind. And without hesitation, I go and I just hand the kid the ball. And I was like, enjoy that. He was super appreciative. The dad was super appreciative. Were they Yankee or Mets? They were Yankee fans. There was no way I was giving it to a Red Sox fan. But uh, he was cool. He had the judge sign up. He he was recording basically the entire game. So I could tell that he's someone that really takes a liking to baseball. And you got to keep the generations going on, especially with baseball. And, you know, the, the negative incline that people seem to feel like baseball's on but shout out to that kid and shout out to that pops we had a good time he, he wanted to take a picture with me it was cool nice. it was a good moment you're talking about pick a side no i didn't actually wow. i wasn't trying to to it was not for the brand no i mean first responder drew though first it, facts. that's me for, man drew's for the kids man i am i kids. am thanks bro i appreciate right. that they, he was definitely appreciative and definitely made me feel better at first when i handed him the ball i didn't take a picture because it was so fast i had it maybe 30 seconds i gave it to him i was like ah i really would have loved a picture but I ended up taking it. I was just like, yeah. can I take a picture? And they were cool about it. Yeah, so it was be. a good weekend. It was a good weekend. I'm glad, man. That's, that's a good moment. And before we move on, we have a bunch of football talk to get to. A lot of crazy stories. Shout, sure. out to, shout out to Zachary, which we touched on a little bit before. I want to talk a little bit about the Mets. Because on Mets Twitter, you know, searching TikTok and everything, people are going a bit crazy about the Mets and Braves. So on June 1st, the Mets had a huge lead on the Braves, right? The Braves, yeah. who won the World Series last year, a lot of people are expecting them to be just as good. You're getting Acuna back, lost Freddie Freeman, but expect them to be competitive. The Mets got off to a crazy hot start to start the year. The Braves were mid. They were a few games under 500 on June 1st. Since June 1st, the Braves are 29-10. and 10, The Mets are 20-17. and 17. So a lot of people have kind of been freaking out because we've seen this in the past with the Mets where they start off incredibly hot, especially in April is usually their best month of the year, and June is usually their worst month of the year. This past June, they were around 500, um, like I mentioned, 20 and 17 since June 1st. So they've been playing 500 baseball. They haven't been great. And a lot of people were freaking out. We had a three-game series against the Braves, and I didn't even know we had a day game today until I found out around noon. Um, We won two out of three. From Atlanta. So I think that should settle a lot of people's nerves and say this Mets team is still good. We beat the Braves two out of three without DeGrom, obviously, who probably would have pitched one game. We had Scherzer go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, without McNeil, who's on the paternity list uh, and without Starling Marte, who's been one of, your one best of the best players. players. Correct. Um, and James McCann, who's been kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. But regardless, you know, we're beating the hottest team in baseball over these last month or so, month and a half. So I, I'm hoping that's going to sell the nerves yeah. of Mets fans. But I think the only thing that we really need we need a healthy DeGrom and Scherzer. The rest of the stuff's going to figure it out. Lindor, his batting average isn't great. His power numbers are great. Pete Alonso's been up and down. McNeil's been solid. Nemo's been in a bit of a slump, but he's been phenomenal uh, in the field as well, even though he has shown a lot of power recently. He has mm-hmm. eight home runs, which is which is a ton for him. Um, but I just think you need Scherzer and DeGrom. If you, as long as you have those two, the two best pitchers in baseball when they are healthy, you're going to be able to beat anybody in in the playoff series or just in, in a regular season series. Scherzer, since returning from the IL, has been nothing short of fantastic. His first start, six innings, zero runs, 11 strikeouts. His second start against Atlanta on Monday night, seven innings, one run, nine strikeouts, zero walks in either, a total of five hits. He's back, no hesitation. DeGrom has a rehab start tomorrow. coming up tomorrow. Um, he's expect, I believe he's supposed to have one more rehab start and then probably going to get called up to the MLB, likely, mm-hmm. being, likely starting... Um, July 24th, which is a Sunday, Sunday Night Baseball, mm-hmm. or potentially July 26th, which is against the Yankees Subway Series. And real quick, 
the MLB are morons because they have the Subway Series, probably their biggest regular season series of the year. They're playing them on a Tuesday and Wednesday night. That should tell you what's wrong with the MLB. They don't understand marketing. Like I feel like a 14-year-old could go on their marketing team and be like, maybe we should put this on a Friday and Saturday. All I'm going to say is there, it was a random weekday night, and the Yankees were playing the Oakland Athletics, and it was one of the most televised, one of the most viewed games in the last five years. So I strongly believe, since it's the Yankees and Mets, It'll the do numbers. ratings are going to be do numbers. perfectly fine. If it's on fine. ESPN or something like that. Tuesday and Wednesday, I, feel like it probably I don't be. think so. Probably I don't think be. so. You know that the MLB, they they air live baseball games on YouTube now, right? Yeah, no, Full YouTube. Games. YouTube TV? No, YouTube, like just, just the regular? app itself. Yeah, oh, on the MLB channel, they ha- they it's like game of the day. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I They did, have game I of the days that. and they, they air the entire games. There's there. a chance on that there. we play on Fox. That's about it. That's the only thing I could think of without even looking at it. Honestly, the MLB is so unique because you have, I guess it's not unique, but you have your own announcers, like for the NFL, for example, like you're on CBS or Fox or, or whatever, but the MLB, like I love the SNY guys, Gary, Keith, and Ron. I'm sure They're you the feel best. the same way. No, uh, no, 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 no. Listen, I love Michael Kay. Yeah. I love David Cohen, Paul O'Neill. They're Those guys are the best in the business yeah. by far. Like my favorite announcers across all sports. Just they've been, it's because they've been the announcers since I was a kid. Like yep. ever since I've been watching baseball, they've been the announcers and they're phenomenal at what they do. Keith Hernandez just got his number retired by the Mets. Shout out. Um, nice. Yeah. He, he actually left that game early. Really? <laughs> he, said he said he wanted to beat the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. That That's is so, ridiculous. Didn't Paul Pierce leave his game early too when he was getting his number retired? Am I, am I wrong about that? I, have I feel no like idea. the Celtics were getting smoked and he's like, I'm out of here. Mets, and the Mets came back and won which was funny we won on an error it was the first time we won on an error since the 86 mets with keith hernandez when we won the world series that's that was lit. game six ah bruce yeah. uh bruce, bruce Buckner. Buckner. yeah yep. damn that's lit yeah that's lit insane yeah. great of you to share that story drew and great of you to recap the mets for us yes sir i love it any questions bro LGM. no i i you know you guys I pretty you, much and i'll uh, tell you what you did handle the the all-star selections very well did my homework there you go yes, bro did my homework you know what I'm saying? Nice man, nice work. On to the NFL portion of the show. NFL executives rank their top 10 quarterbacks in a league, and the internet has gone wild over this ranking because a notable name, a, a MVP, is left off it. So I'm going to read off the names. Mm-hmm. Number one is Aaron Rodgers. Number two, Mahomes. Number three, Allen. Number four, Brady. Number five, Burrow. Number six, Stafford. Number seven, Herbert, eight, Russell Wilson, nine, Deshaun Watson, and 10, Dak Prescott. On the outside looking in, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, Kyler Murray. Now, what's wrong with this list? You're a big Lamar guy, Joel. Huge. You're a big Kyler guy, Drew. But I don't think Kyler's top 10, whichever way you scratch it. But Lamar is. So I'll let you go first, Joel, since Kyler's not top 10. (laughs) At the minimum, Lamar at Kyler's eleven. At the minimum, yeah, that's fair. I think um, I'll just get into it. There, there's a lot of things wrong with this list. I'll start with Lamar because obviously that's my guy. Um, this was a quarterback list for 2022. And now I think off rip. I don't know how Deshaun Watson's on this list because we don't know is he playing at all. Is the report is four to six game suspension, yep. which seems crazy. Um, but wrong. if he gets suspended, we haven't seen him play in a year. I don't have any doubt that Deshaun will return to a top ten quarterback. But I don't think you could have him over Lamar just based on he hasn't played in a year and he's probably going to miss a quarter to half of the season. So his numbers aren't going to be anything near Lamar, assuming he stays healthy. Real, you know what? I'll, you know, I'll let you finish. I apologize. Okay. Go ahead. Um, 
I think another person who was high was Dak. I think, okay, so Lamar was way too high. I would have had him on this list probably around seven or six. 2019 unanimous MVP, the youngest MVP of all time. In 2020, people say he took a step back, and he did. But if you go back in NFL history, when you win MVP, you typically regress because you had such a prolific year the previous season. Your numbers are so high that you're going to progress. You're going to regress. Look mm-hmm. at Aaron Rodgers. He was back-to-back MVP this past season. His numbers were worse than his first MVP at these last two years. And then in 2021, he dramatically improved as a passer. You mentioned on the last show, he was the number one rated passer outside of the numbers. His completion percentage overall wasn't as high as he was in previous years. But if you watched him play, you could see how good of a passer, how much he has improved. They were the number one seed before he went down to injury. The second he went out, they went 0-5. There's people on the internet who really think Tyler Huntley should be starting at quarterback for the Ravens. In no world is that even plausible Without Lamar Jackson, this team is completely different. They were 8-3 and three going into Week 13. They had wins over the Chiefs, Broncos, Colts, Chargers, Vikings. It wasn't like they were playing a bunch of scrubs. And we also have to remember, this was the most injured team that I could remember. Their entire secondary, their entire running back room. Uh, Bateman was hurt to start off the year, so it was just Hollywood. And Mark Andrews um, mm-hmm. and the offensive line was banged up, too, at times. Ronnie Stanley was hurt. So, to start off, Lamar has to be on this list. I would probably have had him... Around 7-8, Burrow would have been down a little bit. I, I don't know how you have Burrow over Stafford. They had very similar regular seasons. Stafford was better in the postseason. He won the Super Bowl. And you have Justin Herbert, who the only difference between Burrow and Herbert right now is that Burrow had one playoff run. That's the difference. Because anything else, if you see Herbert on the field, I don't know a single thing that Joe Burrow does better than him. If you want to say win, you could you could say that. But I remember having a debate four months ago about what does winning do for quarterbacks. You said winning is not a quarterback stat. Now all of a sudden it is when it comes to Joe Burrow. I would love for you to stay nope. consistent on that. Because that, Burrow just doesn't have winning. He was the number one rated quarterback according to PFF Dude, last enough year. Enough with that. So Moving on. Enough of there what? Is, there is just, he would have been MVP if he really was the best and quarterback I also just, in the league. I also, he was in the MVP race. What are you talking he wasn't about? even better than Justin Herbert statistically, dude. But he was in the MVP race. Not really. Yes, he was. Not really. Not, not until late in the season. Not until like the last month or so. Because that's when he's... That, he, he had the he, two games back to fully, back. You could tell he fully it. recovered from his ACL towards the midway point of the season. And that's when he went on a crazy run. I wouldn't say that and he was And what do you MVP. mean the different... Look, for one... I agree. Lamar should be on here. Now, I think... I want to talk I would, about Burrow. I would too. take... Okay, you can talk about Burrow. I would take Dak out. I think Lamar is in the 7 to 10 range. That's where he is. Yeah, I agree. But outside of that, I don't think the NFL executives were too wrong on this. Aaron Rodgers giving him his respect, being the back-to-back MVP, being number one. Patrick Mahomes, according to advanced statistics, he is, for the past seasons, has been by far and away the number one quarterback in the league, Josh Allen, he statistically this past season was not a top five quarterback. The reason why he was elevated was because of the playoff run. I elevated him as well because of the playoff run. But statistically, he was inconsistent in the regular season as well. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, number four, I agree with that. And I'm glad that NFL minds that know football for the most part, because this list isn't too far off, had Burrow at five because great football minds understand Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback. And you're talking about the thing that separates him between Herbert is a playoff run. A lot of quarterbacks don't get a playoff run. You're not wrong. A lot of quarterbacks go the entire career without a playoff run. You're not wrong. Burrow is, you know, Burrow's the first, first overall pick to lead his team to the Super Bowl within his first two seasons. He's the first one ever. That surprised me. So Joe Burrow did that with one of the worst offensive lines 
in the NFL. He's the, probably the first quarterback to make it that far with the worst offense with one of with that bad of an offensive line. And so Joe Burrow, I don't want to hear nothing. No disrespect. I'm not disrespecting Burrow. I think he's a top ten quarterback in the league. Why don't? But, but everyone, I, I hold up real quick. Everyone talks about this Bengals offensive line. It was bad last year. I understand. Horrible. That. It was bad. One it, of the worst. I went in and I looked. How bad was his offensive line? Burrow was pressured 24 percent of the time, 14th most. Hurried the 19th most. Hurried the 19th most amount of times, hit the 12th most. When you look at, there's also a guy, Arjun Manon, I'm sorry if I butcher your name, on Twitter, PFF intern, I believe. He had a, he came up with this these data points, and it was basically when the coverage is perfect, right? When you run an offensive play, a pass play, and the coverage is perfect, how often are you taking a sack? So basically saying, these quarterbacks, what decisions are they making when there's nobody open? Are you checking down? Are you throwing it away? There were five quarterbacks. Top five, Brady, Mahomes, Wentz, which was surprising, Hurts, and Stafford. Marginally, most of these guys won the, some of the smarter quarterbacks in the league with Brady, Mahomes, and Stafford. The two worst were Justin Fields and Joe Burrow. Now, I'm not saying by any means that Joe, Joe Burrow isn't a good quarterback or anything like that, but you have to remember with this Bengals offense, it's a not play-action heavy, but it is it's a— It's not play-action heavy at all. It's not. That's why I said it's not play-action heavy. Okay. It is a—they take a lot of deep shots. They have two of the best deep threat receivers in the league with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. You have an offense that takes a while to progress every time you're snapping the ball because you're pushing the ball downfield. We talk all the time about how Joe Burrow had the highest completion percentage while also having the highest yards per attempt. They take shots down the field. It takes longer to go down the field. You need to hold on to the ball more often, which is why he took so many different sacks. When you look at his pressure rate, how many times he's been hit, how many times he's been hurried, it was average. I know if you go and look at the PFF stats, which, listen, I use all the time to grade offensive lines, excuse me, defense, secondary, because it's hard to just, you can't look at, at stats and be like, oh, this guy had three interceptions. He's a bottom 10 cornerback. It doesn't work like that. Same thing for your offensive lineman. But if you go and look, see how many times he was pressured and hurried, it was middle of the pack. This is good. This is good. This is good. I don't know his name. PFF intern, right? Um, when I mentioned that, according to PFF, he was the number one rated quarterback in the NFL, you both scoffed. Now I'm supposed to take this PFF intern's word for it no. when you mentioned the stat. I didn't scoff. His, right? I didn't scoff. Okay, Drew scoffed. That's one. Burrow's rookie season. He was one of the worst deep passers in the NFL. When he tore his ACL, people questioned him, can he accurately complete deep passes? Now this past season, he was the best in the NFL at that. Jamar Chase probably helps. Okay, but last year, T. Higgins, as a rookie, T. Higgins was amazing as a rookie, too. He was really good. Jamar Chase was generational. But Joe Burrow was also on target with his throws. In his rookie season, he overthrew a lot of those passes. You go watch watch back the tape. This isn't an argument. Is Joe Burrow good? This is not not a good argument. No, Joe Burrow is an elite. He's an elite quarterback. Yes, no, he's a top 10 quarterback. I think a lot of people are expecting them to upgrade the offensive line and him to get dramatically better. This is what he is. He's a top 10 quarterback. You don't think that... Those hurries and all that stuff are average because Joe Burrow lets go of the ball early because the concepts in the Bengals' offense aren't all deep concepts. They're short concepts. Not all the time. He had the six most air yards in the league and the highest yards per attempt. Yeah, the Bengals are a big play offense for sure, but they run a lot of short concepts because the coaching staff understands that the offensive line is very good. But it's not like Miami. No. Miami had a terrible offensive line, and they changed everything. Obviously, two of Miami Burrow's had a terrible offensive line. They ran RPOs. Yeah, well, they they are short pass concept. I would not label the Bengals as that. Yeah, Joe Burrow takes Miami constantly also shots have down any the field. Threats like the Bengals do. Like the the Miami Dolphins did not have a Jamar Chase type no, of player. They don't does. have a T Higgins type players. Yes, Waddle's fantastic, yeah, but, but that's not his game. Tua can't do what Burrow does anyway. He can't, though he can't. 
But I just want to temper expectations a little bit because Joe Burrow just had the highest completion percentage in the NFL. He went to the play in the, to the Super Bowl, although he was pretty average in the playoffs. He averaged about 250 he, yards he per game. He had four touchdowns and one interception in the playoffs. It was. I think he had more than one, he had more than one interception. It might have been two. If if, if it's not he one, aver- it was two. He averaged two touchdowns, one interception per game. He played four games, so he probably had two interceptions. That's not a. That's not bad. That's not a bad playoff run. No, it's not bad at all. You can't versus the Raiders. A two to one touchdown interception ratio is probably average. Versus the Raiders, he beat them. Barely. Versus the Titans, he beat them game winning drive. He had a, he had we, three game winning drives. Yeah, after ten held through three interceptions. He had game. He had three game winning drives. But Burrow was also sacked the most times of any quarterback in a playoff game to win versus the The Titans. Titans. Then versus the Chiefs, he came back. I just don't understand why everything you use is to negate what Burrow did. It's not. It's just everywhere, anywhere you look, if it's on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, the Bengals have the worst offensive line in the NFL. It's It's not close. It's them in Miami. And I I just want the people to know, if you go and look on PFF, we use PFF all the time. I'm not trying to discredit them. But if you go and look at the actual percentage of time he is under pressure, it is the 14th most in the NFL. It's not top five. It's not top one. It's not even top ten. It is average. Do you have the stats for all the teams there? Or do you just no, have No, but I could, I could find it. Okay. Go, give your speech. Okay. Through. Here we go. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that I'm it's I'm curious my... to know what teams are up okay, there. Okay. I'm glad that it's my turn to talk now. Uh, listen, I'm under the same belief. I think Joe Burrow is a fantastic quarterback. Yes, I would associate him with the word elite. Do I think he's a top five quarterback? I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I still personally would take Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, in the first two seasons, has the most yards, has the most touchdowns for someone two years into their career. I'm not mad at that. If he's not top five, if he's not, no, but I don't want to hear. If he's not top five, where is he? He's he is top seven. So what's the difference between seven and five? Because I would rather Herbert, and I would rather Matthew Stafford. Okay. And Justin Herbert is like you alluded to, is not. Put where Joe Burrow is because Herbert does not have the winning record, does not have the playoff run that Joe Burrow does. And listen, that's I'm not trying to knock or discredit Joe Burrow by any means. I think Joe Burrow is fantastic. I think that his ability to to read a defense, to his pocket presence, most importantly, is among the best in the NFL. And that kind of helps with his terrible offensive line situation where he's able to read when where he's being blitzed. His ability to escape the pocket is among the best in the league. However, I just look at Justin Herbert. He has a stronger arm. He has similar escapability as Joe Burrow. I just think that Justin Herbert, now we're going to see. There's no excuses with Herbert now, given his defense is revamped. He's got, he's got guys like Khalil Mack. The secondary is completely rebolstered as well. This team is going to be winning games, and it's going to allow fans to view Justin Herbert in a different light. Top seven's not disrespect at all. Of course, you're still among the best of the best. But Justin Herbert needs to be in the top five conversation, in my opinion. I I think that just shows, though, how great people see Justin Herbert. If he he goes and wins multiple playoff games next year, he's going to be a top three quarterback. The fact that he's at seven without even making the playoffs, I think, shows you what people really think about him. Justin Herbert, there's an argument over him with Burrow, this past season, he led the Chargers to number two in, in, in yards per drive, no, no, top three in, in points per drive. The offense for the Chargers wasn't the problem. It was defense. the, defense. the defense. The defense no was doubt. the one Horrible. that was the Achilles heel. I don't have a problem with Justin Herbert being in the top five. I think he's better than Matthew Stafford. I think the top six is locked, though. The top six is Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Burrow, 
Herbert. To me, everybody else is after that. But I'm I'm okay with that. Matthew Stafford. Uh, why Matthew this, why, Matthew what, Stafford. Why wouldn't you not take Stafford over Burrow? He right just now? led the league in interceptions. He was tied with Trevor Lawrence, a rookie. And, and Joe Burrow had 14 interceptions as well. Like, I I love Matthew Stafford, but let's not act like he wasn't traded to a near perfect 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 picture picture perfect situation. If he was mediocre with before the that, fine. But he's never been. No, mediocre. Stafford's never been mediocre. He's a great quarterback. But he was traded to a picture perfect situation with the Rams. They had a top heavy roster, one of the best in the in the league, and we knew they were legitimately just. A quarterback away. And when you upgrade from a bottom 25 quarterback to now a top 10 quarterback, you now have a legit chance at winning a Super Bowl, and that's exactly what Stafford did. But let's not act like if any of these top quarterbacks were with the Rams, there's not a at least a similar result or a big chance to win that, but that Super Bowl. I feel Bowl. like this, this little scenario that you just tried to throw at me is, is irrelevant to me because, yes, the Rams had a great team. And if one of these quarterbacks go to a great team, they're going to have success. Fine, but but what that's does that happen? But what NFL, does that man. matter to me when the situation matters? When Matthew Stafford, at the minimum, had three game-winning drives, had a game-winning drive in the Super Bowl, game-winning drive in the NFC Championship game. Like, what? What is? Why is like? If maybe if Matthew Stafford wasn't amazing in the playoffs, then I could hear you. But Matthew Stafford was phenomenal. I also Burrow have the had, pressure stats whenever you want. Burrow them. had three game-winning drives. So how come? And I'm not. Okay. No, don't do that because I did not discredit Joe Burrow. So how for come? His how runs. come when I say Joe Burrow has three game winning drives, it is looked down upon versus no one, Stafford? Who is who is looking down upon it? Joe is looking down upon it. He's definitely looking down upon it. What, I Joe Burrow is the quarterback. He's top ten. There's a, there's an excuse for everything Burrow does. Oh, what, oh, it's because the Titans were bad. Oh, it's Joe because Burrow is the Raiders league. weren't that good. I, actually, they're right, not mutually exclusive. Titans were they I, were very very poor. Thank you. They were not that Raiders. good. Raiders, they almost lost. You picked the Raiders, bro. I you underst- picked the Titans. Yep. I you understand. picked the Chiefs. I understand. You can't, yo, bro. Just like you, you know, did like, every single game against yeah. the Rams, too, bro. Like, you got uh, it no, wrong, too. Yeah. You got the Super Bowl wrong, too. And you, you picked the Niners. And, and you picked yeah. the Bucks. Didn't you, you want to know, you wanna know, well? what, you wanna know what's different? You picked, you picked Oakland, yeah. too. But then I picked Tennessee. Thank you. But Thank you. the difference is that I am not then saying these teams are bad in hindsight. I picked the Raiders, and I stand by that. I understand the Raiders were a good football team. You, you picked but the against, Raiders were very close to beating they're them. Not you, mutually you, you, picked bro. The, you picked against the Bengals every game, and you're discrediting every team that you picked in favor of. They, they are not mutually exclusive. I could think Joe Burrow is an elite top 10 quarterback and also realize the teams he played for playoff teams are pretty mid. In the grand scheme of things, yes, these are above average teams. But if you were to rank all the teams, all 14 teams that made the playoffs, the Raiders and Titans would be bottom three. Ooh, Eagles, Steelers, then I would probably put those two teams. Bottom four, yep. excuse mm-hmm. me. The Rams faced the Cardinals without, with, with an Division injured Division rival, D-hop. regardless. It's no, just- but, no, but... The Cardinals, second half of the season. Come on. The second half of the season, collapsing like that, we knew the Cardinals weren't that big of a threat. Division rival. And then Kyler Kyler Murray last year, too. Uh, No. Nah, Raiders were really hot to end the season. Mm. And Derek Carr's a significantly better quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Versus Tampa, great win. I thought Tampa would win. But we know that the game winning drive Stafford had in that game. Amazing. Yeah, but it should have never even been that close. Why? Because the. does his skill position players turn the ball over? I'm not saying it's Stafford's fault. I'm just saying the game shouldn't fumbles. have been that close. But, all right, I'm but just saying the game shouldn't have been that close. And, and still, a snap over his head. And, That's why they lost three fumbles and, re- and a snap and over his head. Regardless of that fact, you're up 27-3. to three. You blow the lead. 
momentum's telling me Matthew Stafford should not be in a position where just like Matt, not, his Ryan. confidence. I'm not bringing up Matt. No, Ryan, his confidence isn't there. You're in right? love you with understand Matt, what I'm saying? <laughs> that his his confidence should not be yeah. there. Yeah. You, However, that's a good point. My point being is. He still he took ten it. toes down yes, and made a threw beautiful two ball. beautiful yeah. passes. What you're not getting though is that I am not discrediting Matthew Stafford for that game winning drive. Too. No, I didn't. I he just said, he said shouldn't have been in the position. Sh- no, the team shouldn't have been in that position. Okay, so the same way when we have talked about Joe Burrow and I mentioned the game winning drive versus the Titans, you say, "Oh, it only happened because of the Tannehill interception." But that's so the game winning. Okay, while that's true, it's also true that. Stafford shouldn't have been in that game-winning drop position either. If you want to say that for Bro, you got to say that for Stafford. All right, all right. But Listen, I that, think that's you could, my. You could also level. look at it I as Tannehill level. had a bad year last year, and the Rams just had this really fluky scenario where Cam Akers fumbled twice and Cooper Cup fumbled. Cooper Cup fumbled and Akers fumbled twice. And Tannehill had and one time was on the one yard. Tannehill line. had arguably his worst game of the season. But yeah. Tannehill was but Tannehill mid, was mid that last year. Yeah. Uh, he was a great game manager. Let's not yeah. disrespect. He was well, definitely Tannehill. One of the to re- be fair, didn't have much to work with I'm, the entire season. But this game, there was no excuse. AJ Brown was healthy. Derrick Henry was in the lineup. He at was the injured. I agree. But he even Dante right. Foreman was, was still great. in, and he, he was played great. very well. Foreman should have got more touches. And then the NFC Championship. The Niners were a great team. They were red hot. But the quarterback's Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, but. Niners and then Jaquissi Tart dropped the interception. Yep. Listen, if your if your grandmother had balls, she'd be your grandfather. Be your grandfather. So what I'm saying is that the NFL, a lot of this stuff happens because of things happen in a in a, a flip of a second, a broken play, missed interception, missed opportunity. Yes. So why do we hold these moments against Joe Burrow? But with Stafford, oh, we don't mention these moments. Oh, three game winning drives, awesome, perfect. That's why he's over Burrow. Burrow had three game-winning drives in the playoffs as well. He played great in the playoffs as well. He had he one played, of the worst offensive really, lines. He played, played really. Good. He played really good. But to, good because yes. really good is a synonym, a synonym, a synonym of great. great. So he played good. He played you know, good. You know. You know. If you want to say that, okay. You want to be on that side. Okay. He had great moments. Say that. He had great yeah, moments. The Chiefs, Joe Burrow. Like the Chiefs, I definitely yeah, the had great moments because you know what? I definitely know Second for. Half, I definitely know for a great. fact if you put quarterbacks that are not at this top 10 caliber behind that Bengals offense, you don't get their first round exit. So here, here's the thing, which is crazy. Here we are sitting at this table, all of us agreeing, Joe Burrow is a minimum top 10 quarterback. You have him top 10. I have him top 7. You have him top 5 lock. Here we go. Let's all come to consensus. Joe Burrow's good at football. Yes. No He's one's, elite. No one's... He's yes, elite. I'm, I'm, He's an elite quarterback. I'm, I'm being very dry I don't know right what's now. the difference between very seven generic and five. Just Correct. get the point across. Exactly. Yeah. Listen, no one here is trying to shit on Joe Burrow. No, he is. I'm, I'm not saying you. He's you not are. How? Yes, he. You just said the offensive line is actually average. You're trying all, to make that argument. All, uh, yeah, that's listen. Like I think that's. I wasn't hearing it. Ridiculous. I wasn't hearing it. Did you watch the playoffs with your eyes? The yeah, offensive they were terrible line, against the Lions. offensive. They were no, terrible. they were terrible every game. The offensive well, yeah, line was yeah, terrible. Played. It's funny because. When the Bengals made all of these moves, I saw someone tweet, the Bengals had this offensive line, Joe Burrow's completing that passage, Jamar Chase last play of the game and get a touchdown. Nobody's See, fucking guarding Aaron Donald. Here's another Donald. thing, too. That's, that's, when you, when you oh. picked the Raiders over the Bengals, what was your reasoning? Solely because you were talking trash on Derek Carr. He told me specifically. Yeah. But Solely you, because so you were talking trash on Derek Carr. Not the Max Crosby yes. matchup. It's funny. This, cause, uh, yes, you you I probably had, didn't want me to out you there, no, but it's at the same time, I, I'm defending I had the here. I had the Bengals winning, and we were going between this Derek Carr and Matt Ryan debate. On the show, you had the Bengals winning. Yes, I had the Bengals winning, and we had this 
Matt Ryan versus Derek Carr debate. You were talking all this shit about Derek Carr, and it's I was true. like, you know I what? Fuck talk it. Shit I'm about a, Derek I'm gonna go with the Raiders. I didn't that's talk exactly shit about Derek Carr. I just said there's not you a said huge Matt gap Ryan between Matt Ryan. Him. Yes, that's not talking shit about that's ridiculous him. Ridiculous that's not crazy. talking it's shit crazy. about it's crazy. him. Like it's crazy. your definition of talking shit versus what actually it is is just. Two completely different things. Do you want to hear these pressured percentages? You you asked for it earlier. Yeah, sure. Do okay. Because I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what really bad offensive line plays. If we're just going to look at PFF numbers, they were terrible. If you look at how many times he was actually pressured, which is an actual quantifiable number, you could watch the game and go back instead of someone looking at their eyes saying, did this offensive lineman play good or bad? I'm a quantitative guy. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'm wrong. But uh, the number before so you're, you you're making, it, so you're making the argument that the Bengals offensive line wasn't one of the worst. That's I'm the just, argument you're I'm making? Just, all I'm saying is according I'm, to the numbers. I'm putting according out the numbers. I'm putting out information I have never heard anyone talk about ever. It's true. So All we're right. we're gonna give the top. I'll go up to Burrow, who's 14th. Number so one to 14. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, Darnold, Bridgewater, Matt Ryan, Justin Fields, the top five. I think we all agree those offensive lines are putrid. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, six. Brissett, Miami, only a few games. Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, Wentz, Josh Allen, Tyler he- Taylor Heineke, Jared Goff, Joe Burrow. One through 14. I didn't hear. Where was the though. average? Because you said the be, Bengals were average. The average would be 16th, which is 23%. Burrow was 14th at 24%. Read me, the, read me the three teams above that and three teams below that. You had Buffalo, Washington, Detroit. And below it, you had Tennessee, Cleveland, Giants. Like Some of these, like Daniel Jones only played 11 games. So, so like Cleveland, little, according to that, is, is a below average offensive line. No, they're, in terms of pass protection, letting people pressure the quarterback, they were 16th. They were average. Okay. So overall, they were an average offensive line. What, what is that? Well, just, this, this is just passing. This is just, just this is just passing pressures allowed when you're going for a dropback. Okay. What were the three teams above that again? Washington, Buffalo, Detroit. All offensive lines, oh, I would deem good. I would I would say Detroit's good. Yeah. Uh, they dealt with injuries. Washington, in between. Uh, I would say Buffalo's offensive line was not great last season. It was not that good last Detroit season. Detroit dealt with his injuries, though. Too. Correct. That's true. Like we're going into this year, we're mm-hmm. expecting Detroit Correct. fully healthy Correct. to be one of the best offensive. We've sat here and we've spoken about how Josh Allen's offensive line is not that yeah. great, so I'm not shocked. But I, I will say, and some of this, listen, some of this yeah, has to do with yeah. Taylor Heineke is not the best quarterback. Mm-hmm. He probably I was allows. Say, there's a lot of bad QBs ex- in yes, the beginning. They probably allow. They hold on the ball too long. They okay. should get the ball away. That has to do with it as well. But when you're looking at these numbers, the quantifiable numbers, 24 percent is about league average. So the, the same way a bad quarterback like Taylor Heineke makes these numbers look worse in Washington's favor. You don't believe Burrow, who's a great quarterback, made the Bengals' offensive line look significantly better? It's possible, but if you also look at the guys who are in the top 10, you know, the some of the best quarterbacks. Brady was, by far and away, the least pressured quarterback at 11%. The offensive line's phenomenal, don't get me okay. wrong, but Brady yeah, yeah. also known for having some of the, one of the quickest releases yeah. in the game. You have Stafford, Mac Jones, Ben, who had the shortest yards per attempt in like NFL history. Uh, Jimmy G, again, short yard per attempt. Dak, Herbert, Dalton only played like four games. Kyler, Tua... Davis Mills, Carr, Mahomes, Rodgers. Like, so these guys that were in the top 10 in terms of being percentage the least are also some of the best quarterbacks in the league. Oh, some of it also I'm, do with this. I'm glad with, that you mentioned Tua in that. Some of it also has to do with scheme, like with Miami. Correct. Probably not getting pressure as Correct. much because you're getting the ball out as quick. Same thing with the Steelers. Big mm-hmm. Ben had like, he was averaging like five yards per attempt. So it has to do with scheme plus quarterback play. But it, what it, side it is that from? Right, so this is, uh, pro football reference. What, okay. what number do you have, Joe Burrow? If you had to say, uh, are you ranking? putting Lamar over Joe Burrow? I have Lamar over Joe Burrow. Yeah. So do you have Joe Burrow at ten? I, I have him at nine. Last time we did, I have him at nine, but I have so, to go back and I'm dropping my quarterback ranks. I'm going to do it this week. Tough. Okay. Next week. 
All right. Okay. All right. So, so, and you, so you have Stafford over him. Yeah. You have Herbert over him. Yep. Lamar. Are you taking Russell Wilson? I'd probably have Burrow over him for now. So Russ at 10. Yeah. Okay. According to Football Outsiders, the Bengals were the 31st ranked offensive line in terms of pass protection. Um, pro Football Reference versus Football Outsiders and PFF, what is more reliable? Well, I could look at the pre- – we're just looking at PFF's just overall grades. They, they gave the tackle a 58, the guard a 57. That's what we're looking at. I don't have PFF's pressure percentage in front of me. Okay, we can also look at premium stats, and we, 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 we can, can look that. we can look at the pass blocking for the offenses, and you go and the Bengals are 29th. In, in terms, terms of, of pass block, no pass, pass blocking block. grade, they're 29th in in the NFL. The, the Cincinnati Bengals. No, listen, we we are not. I'm not going to. We're we're all collectively not going to sit here and say that Cincinnati's. Well, you and I. Well, listen, Joel. True or false? The Bengals. Offensive line in the playoffs was abysmal. Yeah. No, all season. It's not it just the playoffs. No, it was all season. For sure, but it was highlighted in the playoffs because that it more was people watched Correct. the game. Oh, fair enough. Uh, but according to these percentage, which is, listen, you're telling me it's a sound number, correct? Like it's, it's a, average. This is a, you could watch this. This was. And I already know the comments are going to call me a casual. They'll probably call me a cuck like they did last time. I attribute the percentages being there because Burrow got rid of the ball quick. That's what no, I No, he held on to the ball one of the longest in the NFL. If you're, gonna, if you're getting out quick, because two is offensive line, we can all sit here and yeah. agree the worst in the league was among the... He was like, yeah, the, like eight But you, you, did you uh, ever listen to Joe Burrow's appearance on the, the uh, Full no. Send podcast? Uh, bits and pieces. I didn't, I didn't see the he full thing. He talked about why the sack numbers look worse than they did. A lot of the sacks that Joe Burrow took and a lot of the times that he held on to the ball was because it was a situation where he wasn't in field position to kick a field goal, so he'd rather take the sack to give the puncher more room. So it's a good sack in hindsight. Although the numbers show it is bad, Burrow took good sacks and threw the ball away in situations where he should have threw it away. And that's why those numbers may look like that, may look skewed. But even with all those numbers, PFF still had the Bengals as a 29th-ranked pass-blocking offensive line. They still had Joe Burrow as the number one graded quarterback amongst all quarterbacks in the NFL, and he had the number one grade when kept in a clean pocket. But the, just the thing about the grade, and then we can move on if you want to. Would you say that he was a better quarterback with your eyes than Aaron Rodgers last season? No. So what does this grade matter to you? It matters because it shows that Burrow was still an elite player. I'm not, I don't. But no one's but, here saying that he's not. I have some PFF stats. P- PFF, PFF to me is a benchmark of where a player is around, and I believe so. He's Burrow, around the top top three, top two. He's around. He's a top five quarterback, locked in. Stamp. So Josh Allen or, or Joe Burrow? Josh According Allen. To this, I, I think right? Josh. Well, I think it's a benchmark around where they are. Joe Burrow is an elite level quarterback. Joe Burrow, or Tom Brady. Going for Joe Burrow. And even going into this season, I would take Joe Burrow okay, over so Tom. So going into this yes, season. Yes, Joe Burrow over Tom. Yes. So you have him ranked like fourth then probably. Yeah, he's a top five quarterback to me. Right, locks, so locks Patrick Mahomes and, and Joe Burrow is actually a conversation? No, 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 no. <laughs> Mahomes is in a tier of his own with Allen um, real and quick, Rodgers. I went PFF, premium stats, pick a side. You know, we could afford that nowadays. <laughs> Under pressure, Joe Burrow, in terms of percentage of dropback, dropbacks, was pressured the 19th most. PFF. Okay. Well, I attribute most of that to being Joe Burrow. Listen, I'll tell you what. I respect your approach at this argument. Thank you. I will respect Even though it. You're How wrong, just because I will disagree. Okay. It's it's very easy to come on here mm-hmm. and say what everyone has said for the last year about they no, are the just, worst. why I'm right. going to sit here and I'm going to respect it's, it. 
it's it, right to an it extent. Is. To it an is. extent. What do you but mean to an extent? They were one of the worst you, offensive lines, bro. Yes, but what we're saying they're one of the worst offensive lines by a number that we really cannot quantify. We're saying either on PFF's numbers, which say it's someone, they have a group of people who look at the game and say, he got a 60. Now, it, it's much more complicated than that. I'm dumbing it down. They, I'm sure they look at a bunch of different things, but PFF goes and say, he had a 60 this game. There's no real way to quantify that looking by numbers. If you're on here, I don't know how Football Outsiders does theirs, but if you're on here and you look about numbers, the amount of times he was pressured, something we could go back and say he was pressured seven times, nine times, eight times. He was pressured the 19th most percentage of times compared to okay. other quarterbacks. 19th most, that's on PFF, right? Yes. So, first of all, 19th most is still below average. That's no, still a this, bad offensive No, line. 19th most, that means he's in the top 10. in terms. Of, he's pressured the 19th most amount of times. Correct, that means that he's not pressured... That much. If he was pressured the most amount of times or the fifth most, that's okay, bad. 19th actually shows so a little even, bit above even, average. That's from PFF. So even with PFF taking that number into account, the pass blocking grade for them overall was still 29. And that's where I get confused with PFF's pass blocking grade. Because if you're only if you're allowing the 19th most percent of pressures, why is the offensive line terrible? That could do... I mean, this is just pass blocking, so I'm not going to run blocking into it. But I'm sure they look at a bunch of different things. I just want to... Dumb it down to a very simple form. How many times okay. were you pressured? And it's 19th most. the final 2021 offensive line rankings, according to PFF. They were like 31st. They weren't 31st. It was, 32 was the Dolphins, 31 Carolina, 30 New York, 29 Houston, 28 Las Vegas, 27 Atlanta, 26 Pittsburgh, 25 Seattle, 24 Jacksonville, 23 Minnesota, oh, wow. 22 Chicago, 21 Ravens, 20 Cincinnati. They were up to... So this is just a synopsis of what they said. The offensive line vastly improved from a season ago, but the last few weeks of the regular season showed how fragile that is and how quickly it can become a problem if injuries arise. Um, Jonah Williams was impressive, um, but he has a tendency to lose badly when he does lose. He allowed eight sacks. And Quinn Spain has played his best football, but not one member of the line played all 17 games, and the play of the backups has been problematic in some cases. Of the 11 players the team has used for 50 or more snaps, seven of them carry sub-58 PFF grades. So so the end of season, they're ranked as the 20th best offensive line. Yeah. It's not good. It's not the worst in the league. Yeah, it, 20th isn't horrible. Yeah, it's not horrible. It's bad. Yeah. It's not horrible. But it, yeah, it's, it's 12th worst. You're damn near average. Their run-blocking offensive line ranked 20th. In terms of run-blocking, it was 20th. Pass-blocking yeah, was 29th. Okay, that makes sense. So I guess it, That's why I, I it, it averaged out. So the run blocking was better for So Mixon. maybe can I get you guys to say the offensive line is a little better than we first realized coming into today's show? Giving some No, I thought no, I think it's still horrible. It's bad. It's bad. And I, I went think, from horrible to bad. And and the reason why Which they, I guess is a win for you, right? And the reason why the the entire offseason was focused on getting offensive linemen, Lyle Collins, well, not, Alex yeah, Castle. It was a weakness. For, um, without a doubt. Cars. It was their Ted biggest Carlos, weakness. Was because the offensive line was bad. Well, yeah, because their defense played phenomenal in the playoffs, and they have one of the really best good. offensive skill positions in the NFL. Yeah, but the reason ultimately why they weren't able to win it all was because the offensive line gave Burrow no time. I mean, we they're, saw they're also the playing Bowl. the best pass rusher of our generation. And also at the same time, they, they got, the a, little, they got good, a little fortunate bro. also at the same the time with that good. T against touchdown. And like, let's not take away. You're saying I'm taking away from Burrow. Don't say, oh, just like, no, the Rams were a good football team. They won that game with Odell going down. And hey, Van Jefferson was a wide receiver. what too. I was trying and to say. And Akers like not being healthy min- the entire year. Ten minutes wait, what ago. Am I, take, wait, me, I, I know the Rams should have won, but what what, uh, what are you trying to say? Because you said the reason they didn't win the Super Bowl is because Burrow didn't have enough time. You're just completely taken away from Stafford, the Rams, their offense, what they do defensively, not just pass rushing. No, well, the biggest hurdle in the Super Bowl for the Bengals was 
the offensive line. I, I just think the, the Rams had a better team overall. Better they, coaching, they, they too. Did, they did have a better team. They do have a better coach. But had the Bengals had a solid offensive line, their chances would have significantly increased. See, but here's something where you got to give credit to Stafford. Odell goes down. You really only have one true option in Cooper Cup, and that really was all he needed to get the job done. That's a credit to him. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yes, yes we can talk about Joe Burrow and his horrible offensive line in terms of giving up a lot of sacks because that number really sticks out to a lot of people. But look on the other side. Odell was cooking. Yes, it was only two catches, but he made his impact felt. He goes down. They really struggled. The offense was stagnant. That last drive, Matthew Stafford put on a clinic with Cooper Cup, and all he needed was Cooper. I feel like that's where, yes, I feel for Joe Burrow. His offensive line was terrible, but it's not like Matthew Stafford didn't face adversity. 27-3, to comes back, stays strong, wins that game. Against San Fran, almost throws an interception, stays strong, wins that game. In the Super Bowl, loses Odell. Offense was stagnant the entire second half. Stay strong, wins that game. I'm with you. Joe Burrow deserves endless respect. He's a top seven QB, but you need to respect Matthew Stafford and what he's done and what he means to the league. Are you saying this because I put Burrow over Stafford? Yes. Okay, I think if you put Burrow on the Rams, they probably win Super Bowl too. And I think if you put Matthew Stafford on the Bengals, they're still a playoff team. I can see it, yeah, for sure. How far did they go? Honestly, I don't know. There's a chance they make the Super Bowl Without still. a doubt. Without a doubt. Jamar Chase and Matthew Stafford. Listen, there's a correlation. I'm not saying, and I'm not, bro. That team was not the Rams, and even still, they made the playoffs twice. You mean the Bengals? Bengals. That's what I meant. I apologize. What do you mean the Lions had rosters that were similar to what the Bengals just had? This Bengals, the Bengals defense carried them the playoffs. The Bengals defense. The Lions had a top three defense when Stafford went to the playoffs. With that's actually that is true. I I know it is true. They had an elite level defense. So what are you talking? What are we talking about here, bro? Like okay, but Jamar, T Higgins. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon still had a solid defense on the other side. Uh, above average. Like, let's just not pretend that Jamar is not nor- – he's not regular. Far from. It's- not once did I say – I'm not saying you didn't. I'm not saying you okay, did. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying Burrow's saying, alone. No, I'm just saying let's be conscious that he's not playing with no mediocrity. T. Higgins is not mediocre. I don't have yeah. to talk about Jamar. But, but the Bengals did go on a Cinderella run. No doubt. And Stafford – I don't know if he you does did, it. You Nobody pick, knew Burrow would do it. You picked against you picked against the Rams against Tampa Bay. You picked against the Rams against San Fran. You picked against the Rams against the Bengals. That's all I'm going to say. There's so no just, doubt. There's you, no doubt. I wanted I, I wanted to be against the Rams the entire way. The only team I thought the Rams wouldn't beat, I mean, would, would beat, be was a card. Was Arizona. I knew it was going to be a wash. Tampa Bay. They came out flatter than than a flat tire, honestly, in but that game. And still, their defense just could not stop the and pass. Still, bro, give credit to the Rams. Like you do not see Tom Brady come out flat very often. Okay, the Rams' defense. Yep, you got to give credit to the Rams. Okay, yeah, but here's the thing, bro. Not once am I did I discredit Stafford. I love mm. Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I just believe I don't know Joe if you Burrow. Like I don't know if you I just below this, Joe. I just believe Joe Burrow is a better quarterback right now. That's fine. He led a team with the worst roster to, to the same position Stafford did. Stafford ultimately won. There's no doubt. But Burrow went on a on a on a crazy run along with the players. Of course, they all contributed to that run. I agree. But Burrow still made big time plays in. Three of the four games in the playoffs, completion percentage was above seventy percent. So he was completing passes. He wasn't. He, was he wasn't making bad decisions. He was making great decisions given what he had to face. Now my gripe isn't with you. If you want to put Stafford over Burrow, I don't really care. 
My gripe is with you. It is. It is doing doing whatever you can to discredit everything Burrow did last season. It seems. Oh, he actually didn't have a bad offensive line. I'm I'm waiting to see what I did. I think. I think his point was that it wasn't atrocious. Like it was unplayable. Because I'm in the playoffs, it was. It 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 looked that way. Correct. The Titans had a great front seven. So the Rams. It's true. Against the Raiders, too, though, he was pressured a lot. And against the against Chiefs, the Chiefs he, was, he was pressured a lot. They were down 17 going into halftime. He no, lays a comeback. That's, he, he, he was, was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. For sure. Okay. And Mahomes also, <laughs> we can't throw that away. We cannot throw that I, away. I Mahomes just, choked like a dog. I don't know how I try to discredit Burrow when all I say is, the, it, it comes or, across is that way. Is any of this untrue? Any of this, I'm about to say, all untrue. Right, let me hear it. In the playoffs, for a playoff team, Raiders and Titans, are they a great playoff team? Neither I would associate the word great. I would say that the Raiders were super hot. Okay. Um, barely barely won overtime to the Chargers. That would have been And they were still the number up. one seed. You have to respect And, and you that. also got to remember, this was a Sunday night football game against the Chargers. Went to overtime. All this hype. Then the Raiders have to go on a short week to uh, to Cincinnati to play, where they, they lost won. on the final play they of the game. They almost won. Well, Titans, we agree. Under, uh, not, a, not a great playoff team. Underwhelming. Correct. The Chiefs, great. Correct. You can't take it away. But hell no. All you have to do is acknowledge that Mahomes choked. Fine. That played a sure. part in it Burrow's yeah. comeback. I mean, you don't score in the second half or three points. Whatever. So, what it are was. your thoughts on him beating the Titans? The the uh, the Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the t- Bengals beating the Titans? I think if Tannehill doesn't have three interceptions, it's probably a different game. If Tannehill plays a seven out of ten, the Titans yeah. win. He was a negative four. That's but your I'm only not, thought I'm not on done. it. That, that's your full I'm not analysis done. I'm on not that done, game. Because I want to ask you if, if this stuff was true or not. The two of the three playoff teams before the Super Bowl, which he ultimately lost, were average to below average playoff teams. Ooh, uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. I would say they were not among the better. Okay. Okay? I'll level there. And then we just looked at these these numbers, these PFF ratings, because apparently pro football reference for Joel doesn't cut it. No, I just think the PFF and football, football outsiders are more credible. Okay. And and pro football focus actually said that they had a better offensive line than pro football reference for, for, for you know. For those people keeping track, in terms of, of the ranking, but then I told you the run blocking was significantly better so than the pass pro. If I told you a quarterback got pressure the nineteenth most amount of times, would you say they have the worst offensive line in the league? I wouldn't say they had the worst offensive line. In the league. Okay. We know who also had the worst true. offensive line. In the have league. I said Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback and he's top ten? Yes. Do I have them making the playoffs this year? I don't know. Do you? Do you? I do. Oh, really? If you, you remember the, the AFC North, card. yes, I have, right. the, I have the Ravens yes, winning, have but the... I have the Bengals in the wild in the wild card, and I have Joe Burrow as a top ten quarterback. I don't know. Where I'm getting labeled into discrediting Joe Burrow or the Bengals or anything, everything I said was true. And that's fine because every team, and this was my whole thing when I said the Bengals got lucky, every team that goes to the Super Bowl gets lucky. The Rams got lucky. First, the Cardinals were a bad playoff team and they were without DeAndre Hopkins. He threw an interception to Jaquiski Tart that got dropped. And it also helps that they have a phenomenal team around him. The Bengals, on the other hand, played a below average team, in my opinion, below average playoff team with the Raiders. Same thing with the Titans. People get lucky. It's okay. That's why I'm not projecting them to go back to the Super Bowl. I'm not projecting Burrow to have a better year than last year. He led the league. Ooh, he, that's a hot one. He led the league in completion percentage. One. He led the league in yards per attempt, and he had um, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this. Um, regardless, he had the, he led the league in completion percentage. He had 4,600 <laughs> yards. Yep. I do not think he has a better... I don't think he completes 70% of passes again. He can still complete 67 and be phenomenal and have 4,300 yards and have a great year. I don't think he throws for 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and a 72% completion percentage. Okay. You and I are both Josh Allen guys, correct? Yes. We're all Josh Allen guys here. Josh Allen 
had over 100 more attempts, passing attempts than Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow cleaned him by still 200 passing yeah, yards. He was extremely, extremely efficient. Why can't it be the same when it's still Jamar? And now the league is on notice that T. Higgins, you cannot double Jamar and leave T. Higgins on an island. I, I think after his rookie year, everyone had respect for T. Higgins. But it was more towards the end of the season where Jamar was... What Drew's saying is that they're both going to receive single coverage. You cannot double Jamar and leave T. No. on an island. No. So why is it impossible to think now that you have Jamar that could potentially see one-on-one, which is not happening. He's going to see a double. Yes. It's and with Jamar the Bengals having an improved offensive line. And now you add Ted Karras, you add Lyle Collins, you add, help me out, the last name I'm blanking. Alex Kappa. Alex Kappa. Now the offensive line has vastly improved. Much better. Joe Burrow, if he was okay. if, if he was normal. It's, all of this, all this you're saying is completely 100% factual. Last year, 70% completion led the league, 4,600 yards. I understand the attempts and everything. You and I are Kyler guys. Yes. Kyler can't have a 70% completion percentage this season? He could. So why can't Joe Burrow? Because when your efficiency is so high, like the MVP talk about Aaron Rodgers, when your efficiency is so high, you usually regress to the mean. This is what ha- this is why the Madden curse thing is all bullshit, because you have such an outlier year the year before, the next year where there's injury or you're just regressing to the mean. That's why a lot of people come down and think you have this Madden curse. Joe Burrow wasn't MVP, but he was extremely efficient. It is very, very difficult to have two years of extreme efficiency. That's why I think Burrow goes down. He had 4,600 yards, 70% completion percentage. You think he's going to get better. What's his numbers next year? Then he throws for 5K? He, uh, we just saw Justin Herbert throw for 5,000. We did. And I, I, I can't Joe Burrow I believe I'm not Herbert is better. I believe Herbert is better. But there is a chance now with an offensive line. Now he has time. We could see 5,000. It's in the range of outcomes. And it's I'm not projecting. Here, I'm not here's, here's the last hours. thing I'm going to say, and here's why most of what you're saying, I'm going to pull a riv here. Doesn't I can, move, doesn't move I, you. I can take it if it's from Drew. But from you, the Raiders, to end the season, beat the Colts, your Super Bowl sleeper, right? They beat the Colts. Like week 13. They beat the Chargers at week 18. They go into the Bengals game red hot, one of the hottest teams in the league. You picked the Raiders. The so Bengals did beat you, them. bro. So did you. So did you. Okay, so did you. I'm not here calling the Raiders sorry. I'm not doing that. You're calling you the Raiders calling sorry. sorry. I, they're, an, they're a below average playoff team. Can we But please, they're still a good playoff honest, team. They're, they're a good were, playoff they team. They almost though. beat the they're team a good that went team. to the Super Bowl. We know. We know. That's your tell, you're telling me about the Bengals and the bro, Raiders. Bro, hold on, hold on. Like, they beat the This is why I know. I know. They were terrible in the first half, great in the second half. Mahomes choked. Is Mahomes ever going to do that again in the history of his life? Probably not. Bro, hold up. Hold up. The Niners were the sixth seed in the NFC in the playoffs. According to the seeding, they were a below-average playoff team. But what happened? But I don't care what? about seeding. Isn't the thing? The Niners roster was much better than it's the true. Raiders it's roster. True. I mean, that's a fact. But the Raiders had a significantly better quarterback. I understand, and that matters. But, bro. You can't flip flop and say all of a sudden uh, quarterback is a winning to the stat, Super Bowl. bro. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is my point. Nah, in Joe the Flacco playoffs, was great, though. the wrong bad excuse. I know for a Trent year. Dilfer, for a you year. can say like a Trent Dilfer. This is my point. This is my point. This is my point. This is my point. In the playoffs, anything can happen. I agree. These teams are close. You picked against the, the Bengals. You picked the Raiders. The Bengals won. Yes. You picked against the Bengals again versus the Titans. I did. The Bengals won. 
You picked against the Bengals again versus you the Chiefs. You can't do they this. Won. You, you picked them too, bro. So you picked them you're, too. You're over here calling you all these teams too. sorry. You can't no. talk shit. You picked, you were wrong no, too. No, no, no. I can, I, you, you want to know why I can talk? I'm not up here calling these teams sorry. You are up here calling these teams sorry. You are up here calling these teams mediocre. Tennessee, it was so the if one they were, it was, so if the they were so, one seed in how many years? We, we have, have bro. If the Titans, if the Titans were so one season we've ever seen, bro. Look, this is how we can level. We could say that that yes, Joe Burrow may have seemed that people are overhyping him, that his play was better than it actually was. I'm fine with that. But to say that the talent, the teams that he played against were mediocre, that's where you kind the of The Titans were me. a great defense. They were they were a really good defense. He was sacked the, the best most sevens. in NFL, NFL history. history. Playoff he history. He was. And he Gets still the won the game. Great front seven. Great pass. Did rush. it have to do with Ryan Tannehill? Slightly. It's a team a, a game. Good, yes. It's a team my game. My point being is he still was clutched. And had a game-winning drive. He did. He did. Had a game-winning drive. So if all these teams right what's now... Your, what's your so point? My, what, my, what's your my, my what's point, point is that if, if all these teams in hindsight were so mid, why did you pick them a, over the Bengals? Wrong. I was wrong, wrong, bro. You're allowed Just to be like wrong. you were wrong. It's true. I, was I wasn't wrong. wrong about the Titans. I picked the Bengals against the Titans. I picked the Bengals against the Titans. I picked the Bengals against the Titans. This past playoff game, this past playoffs, I was more right than you. I had more right, correct calls than you this past playoff series. We could go back, surge, find the tape. I had more right picks than you. That doesn't matter to okay, me. Okay, you, all you're saying is I'm wrong. You were wrong more, bro. No, now, uh, hey, this but is this where is I the will, thing. This is where I, I understand that these teams were all good, right? These teams are good. And you are discrediting teams, yes, these they're teams. Good teams for playoff teams. Bro, only in the playoffs, they West bro. Half teams make it. What, what do you mean? Right? Listen, the Bengals is, and Titans was a one-score game. The Raiders and, and Bengals was a one-score game. Correct. It's not like they blew them out. It was, they were all hard-fought games. Correct. What are you talking about? And then to justify it, they beat the Chiefs. Yes, Mahomes uh, yeah. chose. And they came back from seventeen. They beat the Chiefs. The second time they beat the Chiefs, by the way, because they I beat know. them in the regular season and as well. They had nine plays within the ten-yard line that game. I'll say this. Okay, and guess what? That nine plays within the 10-yard line, you're talking about the regular season game? Yes. Okay, that, that same thing, you probably took that into account into your analysis, and then Bro said, you know we, what? I'm going to prove Dale's wrong. And he I, shut I, you I, up I, again I and beat the Chiefs. Did we have what the, are you talking we about? Winning the, we all had the Chiefs winning yeah, against the Bengals. We had, we had Sands on, I remember. We were like, do they have a chance? And he, I think he, even he said no. All of us picked against the Chiefs, we, against the Bengals. We were all wrong, bro. All I will say is, the way that you're bashing him right now for being wrong about Burrow, I'm not. Ta- I'm not bashing him about being wrong. I'm bashing him for calling these teams mid, and still picking them in favor of the Bengals. I can't disagree. So if they're so mid, why did you pick them all against the Bengals? I was wrong, bro. I was wrong. So why are you over here calling them mid? Because he's now. I guess you're speaking in hindsight. That's the only explanation. In terms of I'm wrong or if they're no, mid, I still don't mid. think these playoff teams. Like if you look, so if, you thought the if, Bengals were mid overall? Yeah. I thought that going into the playoffs, we I remember having a conversation saying, I think the Bengals are a year away from being contenders. So would contenders. you still say that the Bengals are mid? Oh, hell no. no the Bengals got a good-ass roster. No, not going into this oh. season. This past season, were the Bengals mid? This past, like going into the season, the end of the regular no, season? No, end of the regular saying? season. I thought yeah, the, I thought going in, they were going to lose. In the fir- I picked them, so a first-round exit. First, I was not expecting to go in the Super Bowl. Just so like nobody at this table did. Nobody um, was, no, no. no. Well, he did. He did. Only Effect- respectfully. All I will say, thank you. All I will say is, at the end of the season, do you have the Bengals being mid, given the fact that they lost by one score to multiple, in your opinion, mid-teams? Yeah, going into the playoffs, I did not think they were one of the better playoff now, teams. Now, after the playoffs, yes. before off-season moves, yes. are they a mid-team? Before off-season moves? Before off-season moves, after the Super Bowl, yes. are they still, were they still a mid-team to you? 
No, they had proven to me. So my point being is to defend Joel, Joel, excuse me, they lost to a mid-team, in your opinion, the Raiders. They lost to a mid-team against Tennessee, but again, they beat by inside. one score. Yes, correct. Yeah. But they, they won by a score, right? Yeah. They still, are they a mid-team? Well, no, then they beat the Chiefs. So them beating the Chiefs automatically, once, they're not a mid-team. Once they beat the Chiefs, I was like, all right, they, they, fuck, they got it. Okay. All right, that's the what Chiefs, I'm wondering. The Chiefs were my pick all along correct. to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC. So it took the Chiefs, which I'm fine with because I, I think it's fair. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, I just, I actually want to get something. I'm actually having a hard time digesting something that Joel said earlier when he said he was more right than me these playoffs. So let's bring out the, the statistics, actually. And I, I was I was, more right I was very bad. I, I, think, was, I think he actually— I was the most right had, at the table. You had one more pick I'd than I did. More, We're gonna go, I have it right here. So, Drew, keep count. All right. Um, Bengals versus Raiders. I had, you can ask me to remember all of these. I, had the, I, can, I, okay. I can remember, I can remember all I can. these. You, you I took the Raiders. Raiders. You, you took the Raiders, Raiders too. I took the, Raiders. I took the Bengals. Oh, but oh, I'm excluded with from you, this? you're excluded. Just right. keep count cool. because right, it's gotcha. really between me okay. and you. Okay. This, is, this is Thief. our grudge. All right, I got it. Okay, so 0 for 1. Pats versus Bills. You Bills. Both, took both the Bills. picked the Bills. 1 and 1. Bucks versus Eagles. Bucks. Both took Bucks. 2 and 1. Cowboys versus Niners. I took the Niners. I think, I think you did I take took the, the Cowboys. No, did you? I, I'm pretty sure I took. Actually, the, that's I, do, why, I, I was I the did, only one that yes, did take I the Cowboys because yeah, yeah. that's our okay. that's our one yes, difference. I took the Niners. So three and one. Chiefs versus Steelers. Chiefs. Okay, me too. Rams versus Cardinals. Rams. Rams. Mm-hmm. Four and one. So we're one, two, three, four, all, five. Yes, no, correct. five and one. All right, all right. Oh, my bad. Five mm-hmm. and one because there were one, two, three, four, five, six. The only one I got wrong. You have was, two losses. You have. Oh no, you picked the Niners. My bad. No, the only one I got wrong was the Bengals and Raiders. So that's we're both five and one going into the divisional round. So Titans versus Bengals. I had the Titans. I had the Bengals. So six and one, you're keeping count, right? Okay. 49ers versus Packers. I had the Packers. I think we both had the Packers. Okay. Did we? I had the Packers. I know I yeah, had the Packers. I'm, I'm asking you. I actually can't remember. Like, I really don't remember. I know I, I remember, had the Packers. Bro, like I swear to God, I remember having like two more wins than you. Now I know that the Niners. I gave them a shot. Like I, I knew it was going to be this close to well, game, but the, I had the Packers. The two, win. the two wins are that. Did you pick the Bengals to beat the Titans. Chiefs? No, 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 no. I did All right, not. you didn't have them. No, you, no. Just I want to okay. go through this. Okay, I'm saying, but I know the two wins. So, over. did you pick the Packers or Niners? Just off the top of your head, just remember real quick what you thought. I want to say the Packers, but who knows? Okay, Bucks versus Rams. I he picked took, the Bucks. He took the Rams. I had the Rams. Okay, yeah. Chiefs versus Bills. I took the Bills. He, took, I had the, he had the Chiefs. I had the Chiefs. He was the only okay. one. So in the in the so wild card I'm round, game right I now. was five and one. You were five and one in the divisional round. I was um, one and three, and you had two I don't and know two and two. You were two, two and two. two. Okay, now this is where it starts to separate because you yeah. didn't pick the Rams all the way yes. through. Yeah, in the conference championship, uh, Chiefs versus Bengals. Uh, we all the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, we all the Chiefs. Rams versus Niners. I had the Rams. I had the Niners. And then the Super Bowl. And then the Super Bowl. I had the Rams. That's what I was saying. The Rams was the Rams. separator. So was that? Yeah. I had two or three more wins on you? You had three. I think okay. three, four. Calm. Three, four. Calm. Calm. Yeah. Calm. <laughs> Calm. It's not that big of a nah, gap, It's though. the Rams. The Rams screwed you. Yeah, yeah it's not. You should have believed. But, this, I was trying to but tell you. this is the thing, though. It's not that big of a gap at the end of the day because when you look at all those games, I picked the Packers over the Niners. The Packers lost by three points. Um, I picked the Bills versus the Chiefs. The Bills lost with 13 seconds left. Mahomes let him miraculous comeback. Like it's not like, and then the Rams versus Niners interception separated it. It's not like I was egregiously wrong about uh, nah, these picks. No, uh, the the playoffs, the playoffs. Yo, I'll be honest. All respect. I don't give a fuck. 
the playoffs. <laughs> like the I don't playoff, give a fuck. the playoffs. Like you came on here and just said I, w- I was you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, and we went back and I had more no. Your reason is bro. wrong because you call these teams mid. They're not mid. Uh, regardless, I, had, I, I was more accurate than you as an analyst type shit. <laughs> All right, and in the playoffs in the NBA, I was undefeated after the division yeah, really after the second round. Uh, we're we're talking football. We're yeah, talking we're talking football. football. I would say I would have. Bo- I would have no Boston all the way. I would have had Boston right. all the way. Be confident in your character. Ah, uh, you picked uh, against Boston, didn't you? He did. Yeah, of course. I mean, you guys are frauds. Casual. Picked against him in round one. Not casual. Oh my god. Yeah, that's imagine, such a L. bro. Such a L. Round two, I didn't pick against him. Yeah, no. smart. Round three, I didn't. So you picked them. You picked the Nets over them, but then you picked the Celtics over the Bucks. We're not about Alki. We didn't think highly the Nets before the playoffs started. Listen, I was. No, Riff picked them, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, oh, we are. No, no, I'm, I'm told, Before the playoffs started, the Nets were looked at as a championship contender. Yeah. Yeah. If you were casual. Listen, Not if you yeah, were casual. Fake. If you were Katie, casual. Katie Kyrie. I said Celtics in five. You said, yeah, it was Katie Kyrie. That was the only reason they should win. No, you that said Celtic. You said yeah. you wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it went five. You did not so say you give your, so. You give yourself credit for your in between yeah. takes. Come on, I, come on, give me that. That's like my no, no, no. because for me, it matters that the analysis is right. And my analysis, me, analysis was right. I'm talking about NFL, like these ones. So I got now wrong. we're back to NFL. Joel, come on, I'm but, trying to level with you here. Like you and I were on the same side for the first whatever. time in a while in NFL. It's whatever game. because this upcoming year in the NFL, coming there's different. a lot of agendas. Coming different. The Gabe Davis one, the Matt Ryan one. You're gonna Paris look, Campbell. You're gonna look, Paris Campbell. You're gonna look very foolish. Your Jerry Judy agenda also. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have an agenda for Jerry. No, you do. No, I don't Lamar, care about no Arm Lamar agenda. I don't have a no Arm Lamar agenda. I wanted to allow him to take it back, but it was rude. You need Jerry, to apologize. To I him never on said. Air. I just said Judy is good. He's not nothing. He's not what you're you talking think about. The he Lamar. Is. Oh, oh, Lamar, 100. Yeah. You need I, to apologize. Apologize for, that. for what? You call him no that's Lamar, rude. Bro. That's, I, that's a nickname. It's funny. I'm laughing. It's not a nickname. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. People think it. People think it's funny. Being rude is not funny, man. Not in 2022. Yeah, yeah, it is. 2022 forever. It's gonna. That's the year of dark the year humor, being dark humor <laughs> okay. You know I can level with you there. On to the next topic. Uh, Tyree Kill said that he sees the same team with the Dolphins that he saw in 2019 with the Chiefs. Do you think he's putting too big of a target on the Dolphins and Tua? Because he also said that this is basically the last year Tua has to show what he's got, and he said he thinks he will show what he's got. This is the longest we've gone without a Dolphins topic in a long time. Was it a show and a half? No, we haven't talked about two in like a couple months. I'm I don't believe it to be honest with you. Um, but I'm assuming we're gonna start with me because yes. I'm, the, I'm the Dolphins guy, Finn fam. You know the vibes. Um, so I was actually talking to my dad about this because he's a he's a Dolphins fan, and um, I wanted his I wanted his opinion on this because I feel like indirectly he's putting a target on their back. I feel like that's not his intention. His intention is solely to come into the locker room and be a leader. He is the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. He wants to live up to that tag. He wants people to understand that he is not a product of Patrick Mahomes. He wants everyone to know that he is Tyreek Hill. He is one of the best wide receiver talents the league's ever seen. He wants his presence to be known in that locker room that I am a leader. I can be one of the main voices in this locker room to get us to the end goal, which is ultimately the Super Bowl. Now, he is trying to support his guys. He's talking up his guys. I have nothing I see nothing wrong with that. Now, I say indirectly because after speaking to my father, I can see how one's perception may be, oh, he's taking a jab at Mahomes. I feel as if it's not overly it's not overly a jab because he's saying, "Oh, listen, we're talking about arm strength. 100% I'm going my boy 15." When it comes to accuracy, which to a, that is to a strength, he would rather Tua Tungavailoa. And for a guy like Tyreek Hill, who it's essential that he wants to be hit on his cut, 
And really, if you're if you're the Dolphins, that's what you want. You want to hit Tyreek Hill in his spots and allow him to make the plays after because he is a big play machine. He's one of the best big plays, big plays players in the NFL. I don't mind it at all because it's coming from a place of inspiration for his guys, leadership. I'm fine with it. But I can understand where people may feel like he's taking jabs at his old guys. And and I have no no problem with you trying to talk up Cedric Wilson. No, no not a problem at all because compare who McCole Hardman to Cedric Wilson. Who really cares? Up and down and who really cares? Who? Cedric, Cedric Wilson? Wilson yeah. Come up. I was sick about it. Um Jalen Waddle, Sammy Watkins. It's not nine close. day. You go Waddle. The running back situation, Damian Williams was fantastic. There's no there's, there's nothing you could say about Damian Williams in that playoff run. But a healthy Raheem Mostert is solid, and Chase Edmonds is a solid option as well. He's solely talking weapons. Kelsey's a clearing. It's a clearing. But my point being is he's not trying to take shots at his old team as much as he's trying to support his guys. Simple. I respect him. Now listen, Tyreek Hill is putting a target on the Dolphins. Shocker. It's um, it's <laughs> as simple as that. Is he talking up his teammates? Absolutely. 100%. Do you respect it? Um, But... Do I respect it? Do you respect it? Do I respect it? Yes, I respect it. It's all you need. But and that's all I need. Is he ultimately going to be wrong about the Dolphins? Yeah. Is he going to be wrong about Tua? Yes. Casual. He also mentioned how quarterbacks, you know, don't, you know, they don't have much time to prove how good they are. Well, that's because historically quarterbacks show you who they are very early. I don't disagree. There are a few outliers that break that mold. 100%. Uh, is Tua one of them? Absolutely. Probably not. Well, Tua hasn't been bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been very good. He's been Jimmy G. He hasn't been good. And Jimmy G is a not average. Bad. So what's wrong with that? Jimmy G's made a, a career. And now he has. Now he's not going to start probably anywhere. Seattle, maybe? Um, In division trade? I don't know. Maybe. But Cleveland. Cares. Cleveland. Yo, ah, Cleveland makes know. the most sense. I don't know if they want to take on that money. The reason why I'd be wary... Yo, you're right, 100%. Go ahead, the reason why I'd be wary about this is, is he giving praise? Yes. Are Dolphins fans very happy with what his comments? Yes. Because ultimately, you have a lot of Dolphins fans who believe in Tua. And whatever Tyreek Hill says that's in favor of Tua, they are bandwagoning it, wagoning it. They love that he believes in the Dolphins. But if I got paid $30 million I a year, too, <laughs> I, would, I would give heaps and praise to everybody on the staff. In the same clip, Tyreek Hill said, you know, I know Andy Reid is a great play caller, but, you know, Mikey D, he can really call plays, too. Yeah, Mike McDaniel, he's a great mind. He's never called offensive plays before at the NFL level. For Tyreek Hill to just casually act like, oh, yeah, Andy Reid versus Mike McDaniel. Yeah, you know, Andy Reid's great, but Mike McDaniel's not too far off is ridiculous because the point is probably going to be a huge gap. The Dolphins are going to miss the playoffs. It's as simple as that. This guy, man, Tua doesn't know ball. is going to get replaced most likely next season. Maybe they give him one more year, maybe. Ugh, this is clip material. Ugh, I love but it. With, but with the weapons, you know, you're right. The weapons are very similar. Tyreek Hill, they cancel out. Jalen Waddle over Sammy. Cedric Wilson over McColl. Chase Edmonds and uh, Raheem Mostert, I think it's an even It's close because Damian was great. Yeah. But really, it's Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. That's the two that they clear everybody, and you take that over Jaylen, everybody. Jalen's not Kelsey because Kelsey has the resume, but Jalen has the potential to be one of the best receivers no. in and the And also, you're not taking Tyreek Hill didn't take into account that the difference is the quarterback. Because Alex Smith, the year before, had that same team, 
and was a wild card exit. You give Pat Mahomes that same roster, you're, you're in the Super Bowl. That's the difference with Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes versus Tua, Tua's not even Alex Smith, let alone oh Patrick Mahomes. Can you stop? Like, Tua, Tua, you know, what, what's going to happen with the Dolphins? They're going to miss the playoffs again like they have the last two seasons when they've been one game away and something always happens. Oh, last year it was the rain. Two years before that, oh, no, they, ran, they ran into the Bills. You know, what can you say? It was a 32nd ranked offensive line Whatever. and a bottom three rush offense. That's what it was. Okay, and they were 1-7 to one start of the, the worst season and then went on the win streak because the they league. had a bad quarterback schedule. Yeah, you know, I, I can't say that too much because it was smart of them to do play action. So, ultimately, Tyreek Hill's putting a target on the Dolphins' back. He's hyping up the fans a lot. And ultimately, it's going to all lead to disappointment. All right, put money that... The Jets have a better record than the Dolphins. Why is, did this become a Jets thing? Because I know that <laughs> I don't this understand. is where it's coming from. No, it's not. I just don't think the Dolphins can make the playoffs. How many wins would they have? The Bill, they probably go nine and eight. The Bills win a division. The Chiefs are. Let me just go through the teams, the division winners first. The Bills, the Bengals, the Colts. AFC West is really a crapshoot, but I'm going to put the Chargers winning the division. That's four. I have the Chiefs making the playoffs. Really? I have the Broncos making the playoffs, too. And then that last team that gets into the wild card, Ravens. Thank you. So that's seven right there. I don't think the Dolphins are better than any of those teams. And also last show, we had originally thought I had the Broncos in third place. I actually have the Broncos tied for first. Coming in second because of tiebreaker, I Mm -hmm. think the Chargers Mm -hmm. win it. But just want to clarify that before I get ridiculed. Listen, I don't know if the Chiefs... Man, it's only because Patrick Mahomes you have to give that respect. But the defense, the, the, the defense is not good. Their defense is not good. The defense is good. It was good last year. Second half, it was really the good. The secondary is not going to be good this season. Why not? Spags just no Charvarius Ward, no Tyron Matthew. They they lost some guys for sure. Justin they Reed did. is filling in for Tyron. And they Matthew. also picked up Sean McDuffie, who's pretty. We got to see. We're going to see. Charvarius Ward. Is, he was their best corner by far. He was, but Rashad Fenton was really good. He's still there. But Jerry Sneed was very good. And He's who's still the, there. Who's the edge rusher they drafted? George Carloff. This. Thank you. Yep. And you the reason, and, and, and the and the reason I think why is me really good quick. And the reason why the Chiefs were an elite defense in the second half of the season was because Chris Jones in the first half of the, half of the season was playing at edge, and then they moved into his natural position at defensive tackle, and that's when they turned the corner. Were the Chief, was the Chiefs defense elite in the playoffs? In your opinion, guys. In the playoffs? Far from. I mean, they faced the Steelers. I was going to say, And yes. they faced the Bills. And they gave up over Then they faced the Bengals. And they blew a 17-point lead. But any... any disappointing. Most top defenses are getting smoked like that by the Bills. The Bills, they smoked the New and England in the playoffs. And England. the Bengals? Huh? The Bengals? The Bengals, you just praised their defense, didn't you guys? No, I'm talking about the Chiefs The defense. Chiefs, there's a tale of two halves. The first half, they were lights out. Second half, they looked terrible. I mean, the Bengals, the Bengals, they're a great offense, too. Yeah. So. But the... The Rams held the Bengals in check. But ultimately, the reason why their defense was better and was elite in the second half season was because Chris Jones was moved, moved back to his natural position. Well, Chris Jones is savage. Yeah, he's one of the best in the game. Correct. And that's why their defense went from bad to elite because of elite? that position switch. They were elite in the second, second half, half season. Yeah. It, was the, it was the Jordan Love game. Let's see. Yeah, that's what unfortunately, that's, they decided to move Chris Jones there in the Jordan Love oh, game. That, that's why Jordan Love struggled. No, it, it's because no, it is because why? Yeah, <laughs> their defense became elite well, because Chris Jones' position good. switch. He's, he's sadly just not that great at football. I think. I mean, we don't know that. Uh, I feel like if it's been three, two years, three years, as we don't know that. I'm, st- I still have stock in do. Jordan Love. Um, I think the most interesting thing Tyree Kill talked about. What, what'd you say? Now they played some pretty good teams. Oh, second half of the year. Yeah, I mean they had a 
you know, first place schedule, so it doesn't surprise me. Um, the most interesting thing I think Tyreek Hill said was, obviously, I do think he is putting a target on Miami's back. A lot of people are expecting him, expecting the Dolphins to inc- to improve from last season. The offensive <laughs> line's better. We're expecting coaching to be better. And they just got Tyreek Hill and Cedric Wilson that should drastically improve their wide receiver core. And we mentioned the running backs, they're fine, but they're better than Miles Gaskin, right? So I think overall we're expecting the Dolphins to do better. So and when their Tyreek, offensive line's good. Yeah, which I better, mentioned as well. Yes, say, for sure. I, I, mean, I can't say it's good got, yet until I see got it. Arms, so for sure. That helps. No, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I think Tyree going out and saying it was brutally honest, and I respect him for it, saying that teams, you know, only give quarterbacks a couple years, he's accurate, right? Because if you go through all of the quarterbacks who are great right now, like the Packers didn't give up on Rodgers, the Pats didn't give up on Brady, um, the Chiefs didn't give up on Mahomes, gave him a 10 year contract, Stafford, the Lions didn't go on Stafford. Give up on Josh. Exactly. So all of these elite quarterbacks, they didn't, no team gave up on them too early. They saw something at some point and said, you know, maybe he doesn't have that yet. Maybe he hasn't won enough yet, but he's our guy. We want him here for 10-plus years. Same thing with even guys like Derek Carr and Matt Ryan, who we probably don't look at as the elite of the elites, but still someone you probably don't want to move off of because it's hard to replace someone of that caliber. And then if you look at the guys who we're probably looking at as average or below-average starters, probably someone you're not expecting to be a franchise quarterback or someone we label as a franchise quarterback, Tannehill, who was in Miami for six years, he got traded, but I don't think Miami's sitting here losing sleep over trading Ryan Tannehill. Jimmy G was in New England, had Brady, so a bit of an outlier. Jared Goff was on the Rams for five years, had some really great seasons with Sean McVay. But we know for sure that the Rams are not losing sleep over trading Jared Goff. Same thing with Teddy Bridgewater, who got injured, ended up getting replaced by Kirk Cousins. But again, they're not. no one's getting upset over this. So Josh Rosen was selected in the first round. And the very next Josh year, Rosen, Brandon Whedon, Mitch Trubisky, like all of these guys that at the time you could say, are you moving off them too soon? Or you need to see another year? Almost always... Yeah. You're not being. You're not upset. Paxton over. Lynch was a first round pick. Paxton yeah, Lynch, like four yes. starts maybe. Yeah, and I wasn't even including those guys. Or even someone like Carson Wentz, who was phenomenal at one point and when got you, moved off of. Carson Wentz kind of hurts. And yeah, my, but the, again, the Eagles aren't upset. They traded Carson Wentz. Got a first round pick, first and second. I and think. Jalen hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah uh, Jalen hurts is better. It hasn't led to a playoff win yet, but maybe that could change this season. Yeah, We're going to talk about it later. But they, they've, the Eagles sure. have made the playoffs before Carson Wentz has made it after leaving. Yeah, it's true. Last year, mm-hmm. so I think overall Tyree kills right. You know, you have teams give up on quarterbacks rather early, but some that has to do with coaching because if your quarterback doesn't work out, usually your coach or GM gets moved off. That's why Bill Belichick and, you know, a few exceptions, uh, Brett Veach in, in Kansas City and Andy Reid there. So I think overall, if your guy doesn't see it and, you know, year two, year three, it's fine to move off him because it's very unlikely he turns into a franchise guy. Is Tyreek Hill right with the quarterback thing? Yes. It's a bold statement. But isn't that what every, th- every position is? Nikhil Harry's in year four. He just got traded for a seventh round pick because they know he's not good. It's so with when, every position. The coaches after two, three seasons get fired if they're, they don't it's, produce. It's the only statement of Tyreek Hills that I completely and utterly disagree with. If a quarterback's bad, more often than not, you know. Yeah. More often than not, you know. But you also know when someone the, shows you there, who they there are. There are some exceptions of course, to the rule. Of course. If someone shows you, you know, who they are. Like Drew like, Brees, they, the, the yeah. Chargers. Yep. That's, that's he, was, he was great with the Chargers, though. He was, he but was his injury, his yeah. injury they, they lost faith in him. He went to New Orleans. I was going to say, that's probably becoming one of the best quarterbacks the biggest time. exception is Drew Brees. Baker Mayfield's career started very similar to his. The Ryan Tannehill was the other one that I have here. Just that I saying. You have to at least put respect on Ryan Tannehill for that. Yes, but I don't... 
like ten. I understand. We're not talking about like he's a, not a. We're not. Well, at the end of the day, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Like, people last season, that's people were talking about Ryan Tannehill. That's as Daniel top, Jones, fringe top ten guy. Right. You understand? That's, right. so, like, that's uh, Daniel Jones. But you also like you had the you don't had lose the, faith, guys. The pick with Ty, uh, with Tua, who you're expecting to be better than Tannehill <laughs> for sure. Oh, listen, I'm not mad at the Dolphins for doing it. No yeah. way. But I, you got to give Tannehill, Tannehill the respect. Yeah, Tannehill, I guess, is borderline. But on to the point about moving off from players too quickly. The Patriots trading to kill Harry to the Bears for a seventh-round pick. Now, we gave our prediction on the Bears, I think, last week. Oof. And Bears fans don't think we're right. We're going to be right about them. They, they see potential in this Bears roster and the potential to, to win games. Power to them. And they don't think the receiving core is that bad, at least from the comments that I've read. You know, I don't. maybe, maybe I'm wrong in my uh, synopsis, maybe in my analysis, but from my understanding... Now that they've added a former first-round pick in the Kill Harry to this Bears receiving core, that's the highlight of his career. This should be th- this this should be like the cherry on top. Fields has weapons, right? You got Darnell Mooney, Nikhil Harry, Cole Komet, Velas Jones. Who Velas Jones has said, even though I'm 25, it's not going to stop me from running past anybody. He said that. Wrong. By- Byron Pringle. Oh, so John Ross about that. I, somebody added me on Twitter saying the Bears' weapons are now better than the Jets. <laughs> So do you oh my think, goodness, bro? What? Do you think the Bears' new addition of Nikhil Harry, Harry moves the needle for them offensively? I don't want to go. I don't. I don't think this move could move me less. Nikhil Harry. There's listen. It's a 2024 <laughs> seventh round pick. I'm sure there's a clause in there where if Nikhil Harry doesn't make the team, they get the pick back. You know, th- there's a chance in here that Nikhil Harry doesn't even make the team. They went and signed Byron Pringle. They signed Equinemia St. Brown. They drafted Velas Jones. You have Darnell Mooney. So you already have four receivers who are more, lo- more or less locked in he to should, the roster. He should make the team. You would think so. He should make But it. let's also not forget, the Patriots wide receiver court is not that great either. So if you're fighting for reps on the Patriots core with Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, and these type of guys... And you go over to the Bears no, where Lord. they gave money to two, they did. two of these guys. They did. And just traded for Devontae Correct. Parker as well. Gave Correct. a fourth, fifth round pick for him. But overall, I mean, we know when Nikhil Harry is. His highlight of his Sounds career like is being Nikhil. a former first round pick, sadly. Um, you know, coming out of college, everyone was really excited for him to be this big body jump ball type wide receiver. Sometimes it works out. You know, you see a guy like A.J. Brown who wasn't looked at as an elite separator in the draft, but we saw his physical ability and thought that would DK translate. Metcalf? DK, Oh, yeah, DK got killed because of his combine, his three, three cone, cone, which everyone was going, not even though he was 6'3", ran a 4'3", 4'3", 4'3", So we, ha- we have a tendency to get, you know, overreact to small things, but Nikhil Harry just never translated, even having Tom Brady uh, be, his, be his quarterback. Obviously, he left, and he had Cam Newton there, right, which isn't going to work out that Cam well Cam was gassing anybody. up, Nikhil. Uh, what do you mean? Cam used to gas up oh, like Kill Harry for being he, he was yeah, solid. I mean, I, I, I would too if I had a first. I think pick. I forgot what his name is. His nickname is for Cam. I think it's like Kill Bun Harris? Boy. What? I think it's called. It's like I think it's called Pooh or Bun Boy. One of those. Okay. Um, but yeah, regardless, this doesn't move me at all. You know, I think the Bears have one of the worst rosters in the NFL. I think they have one of the worst wide receiver cores in the NFL. If Nikhil Harry moves you, like there's a world where he could legitimately get the second most snaps a wide receiver, and that should terrify you. Here's what they should have done instead of trade for Nikhil Harry. Pay Allen Robinson. There you go. There it is. That's your answer for your wide receiver one, wide receiver two. I'll give Darnell Mooney that respect, right? Darnell's I think Mooney's a great one. wide receiver too. But it's not like Allen Robinson wasn't right there in the palm of your hands. You had the chance to sign him to a long-term extension. You decided against it. Hey, A-Rob didn't want to. No, His and, nickname's and, Doughboy. And I'll tell you what. If I'm A-Rob, I'm thanking I, my I, lucky I stars because I'm on the Rams now. I have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I'm in a winning situation. I get it. But at the same time, the Bears had... 
every opportunity to retain Allen Robinson. And also refused to use him in the offense last year. Which he had was like 45 targets, 45 te- receptions. I, I don't want to believe in conspiracy theories, but there is a chance that the front office was like, do not get this guy the ball. We don't want to give him his money. That's well, how it felt. Yeah, Nagy was just weird, bro. So to talk about Nikhil Harry, unfortunately, even though I, I wouldn't love to do so. Um, Nikhil Harry, credit to him. He's an NFL player. Automatically, you get respect for doing stuff like that. But unfortunately, he's one of the worst wide receivers in the NFL. And you add him to a team that is one of the worst, top two worst teams in the NFL that desperately needs a weapon. This is a room for this is a, a situation for him to have success for sure because he's going to have opportunity. But is it going to change how I view the Bears as a whole? Absolutely not. It, it takes a, a higher leverage name than Nikhil Harry to go from two, three wins to. Maybe maybe a six. Nikhil Harry is keeping them where they're at. They're, they're, this does not change anything for me looking at the Bears. And wide receivers statistically, according to analytics, don't offer much uh, wins. It's the quarterback that matters the most. Like wide rec- an, an elite wide receiver at most will give you one more win on the season. It's really the quarterback taking that next step. It, that's what leads to wins. And of if Justin Fields is... Below average or average, then Bears are not going to be very good. It's going to be hard for him to be above average with this roster they have around him. Listen, I'm praying for Justin Fields. I want him to succeed so badly. I want Bears fans to understand we support. I am a huge Joel Justin. and I, I know you're not a huge Justin I, Fields fan. I love we, Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney are like two of my favorite underrated don't players Don't forget in the David Montgomery. That Dumont, boy's a yeah, dog. You're a big fan. I love David the Montgomery. The kill Harry is bottom 10 in open target percentage. Yeah, he can't separate. His hands are mediocre. His so route running's route mid. Runner. Like, he's not that good. Devontae Parker's number one. Devontae Parker stinks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Devontae Parker, he had one great year. He can he catch. Had- no, let me not say stinks. That's rude. He can catch the ball in traffic. Shout out to him. Shout out That's to Ryan it. Fitzpatrick. That's it. That's year he was fantastic. You know Fitzpatrick's play style. God he's bless throw him. it up there. Ugh. And, you know, what Parker's going to come was. down with more than half of them. Top 10 receiver. Yeah. That's and I can't believe Kev gave up, like, the 1A for him. God bless. Oh, I was trying man. to get. I was trying to trade him. I think Robbie Anderson for that pick, and he wouldn't budge. Listen, man, we're gonna have a, a dynasty league of our own, and yes. it's gonna be nice to converse Adam about it. Yeah? yeah, from FTN, he's like, you guys gotta do a fantasy football episode. I'm like, I have, I have to answer him, but I was like, me and Drew, he, he should invite us on his podcast. Honestly, that's what he should do. If you're Adam, tuning hey. in, Adam, hey, invite us on. We'll talk. More than happy to. Yeah, I gotta get back to him after the show. Who's Adam from FTN? Uh... I don't. He, he, yeah, follow, he followed one, me and Drew. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. He probably follows you too. He's a fan of the football show. He does um, fantasy football and dynasty football. Actually, I did a trade uh, yesterday in one of my leagues. I traded Traylon, which hurt my heart. A first round pick, a second round pick for CD Lamb. I'm ready. I'm ready to compete. I needed. I needed a players. wide receiver. It's CD Lamb. But I. I hit. I always hit a few <laughs> of my people up. I hit Drew up. I hit Adam up too. I was like, bro, like, what do you? This is my team. Like, what do you think? He responded. He's like, yeah, you should do it. And eventually, we got a deal done. I don't know if Paul's listening, but he had me on the edge of my seat. Of course, there's nothing worse than when you have a trade out and he, someone says, let me sleep on it. I was like, damn. But I Turn woke off. up this morning, accepted the trade. Off. I was and guessed. what type of um, podcast does he have? Uh, fantasy football. Okay. Yeah. He actually okay. just uh, announced like a second a co- one. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, a new one. Let's check it out. Okay. I don't want to stay on the topic of the Bears because they're depressing. Second-year quarterback, Justin Fields, odds of success are not likely. This next quarterback's odds of success are very, very high. It's Zach Wilson. Ah, There's no doubt about that. 100% I agree with that. If you guys have been living under a rock and need an explanation of what happened with Zach Wilson this week. So Zach Wilson's ex-girlfriend posted a photo with Dax Milne, who was 
Zach Wilson's best friend at BYU. They grew up playing together. His old roommate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were best friends, now ex-best friend. And she is now dating his ex-best friend. A fan commented on her photo, homie hopper. And she responded by saying that Zach is basically the real homie hopper because he got with his mom's best friend, Zach's mom's best friend. Uh, I love July for the NFL. And after that moment happened, not only did she deactivate her Instagram, which is a big L for her, but Zach Wilson gained the respect of sports fans across the world, (laughs) of the NFL. And now he's viewed as a guy. And if you're not familiar with Zach Wilson, he's always been this cool. He's always been this dope. He's always been this charismatic and charming. He attended the tight end university. George Kittle, who's an all-pro tight end, loves Zach Wilson. I know they wish they would have him instead of Trey Lance, 100%. He (laughs) loves Zach Wilson. This past weekend, Zach Wilson was at a lodge with, it seems like every Jets player, even Joe Flacco attended. They're probably going going over film together. And Zach Wilson posted a, a photo with the caption of, bad cell service, what did I miss? Because he's, he's a sneaky little bastard, <laughs> that Zach Wilson. Put him in can. Right? Put him goat. in can. Yo. Zach Wilson has too much going for him from a personality standpoint to fail at the quarterback position in the NFL. Not only does he have the talent. I mean, he his talent is off the charts. His throwing mechanics, his, his different arm angles – his talent is undeniable. He has top 10 quarterback talent without a doubt. The Jets are now a functional organization. And now you see the NFL respects him. Chad Ochocinco has been a big advocate of, of Zach Wilson. He called him the GOAT. Elijah Moore co-signed it. DK Metcalf co-signed it. There have been rumors with DK going to the Jets. He might be more welcome to that idea now that he knows Zach Wilson is that dude. And now Zach Wilson has the respect of every player, mostly in the NFL. And his season this upcoming year is not only going to get people on the Zach Wilson bandwagon because of his personality, but because of his play as well. Because we know a guy in Drew Locke who he got a lot of hype for, you know, for for voice voicing rap lyrics at a game and how he's so cool. But he didn't have the play to back it up. Zach Wilson's going to have the play to back it up. Zach Wilson's going to be great this upcoming season. So he's and about, this he's just about confirmed new, it for me. He's about to be the new Joe Burrow? Mm. You understand what I mean by that? No, no, yeah. In terms of, like, how cool you are. Correct. I think, th- why not? You know, why not? You okay. know, Zach Wilson is good, is the, one of the coolest guys. Yes. Once, once he had that headband where it said, any time, place, where, it's like, this is the guy for me, man. He does. He wasn't yeah. just talking about football. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll say something really quick because I know that's your guy and you want to get into a little spiel about it. But listen, Zach Wilson is an absolute clown, and I mean that in the best way possible. He is hilarious for this. But I do want to credit the girl. You know what? She's trying to defend herself. It's a it's a that quick backfired. it's a quick line. You know, let homie hopper. You think I am? You know, Zach. He's he's homie hopping himself. But let me tell you, there is no guy in America. Let me say most guys. Uh, in America that is going to look at what Zach Wilson did and think that there's anything wrong with it. This guy, Zach Wilson, deserves a round of applause for what he did with, with in this situation. 
to end up on top in this scenario is absolutely insane to me. Zach Wilson has earned. Where, listen, I'm already, I'm, I'm already in on Zach. I do believe right. in okay. Zach. I feel like you're kind of borderline. I, I I'm not as in you're as you guys. You're teetering. Listen, we, we, I did my quarterback rankings. I threw him, I threw him near that that 19 to 21 range. So I do believe Zach Wilson is going to be a solid quarterback for sure. But this, this right here, deserves endless respect. This is what puts you over the this edge. Is, right? This is, this is what before you, before but boys you, become men. This right here. Before you go, Joe. I'm going over Zach's Instagram page. This is from June 13th. He had 26,000 likes on this photo. It was him in the Jets uniform. The picture above that, 36,000. The picture above that, 23,000. The picture above that, him on a, on a boat, 50,000. That was a elite picture. Now the picture of him at a Tim McGraw concert, 29,000. And this recent one is at 202,000. <laughs> it was a legendary pick. Yeah. Legendary post. Oh, my God. Zach Wilson, he's really one of one, man. Um, now, I think the best thing, like all jokes aside, right, we, we look at this and, of course, like, you know, every guy is going to look at him and be yes, like, Zach. We're, we're joking. Zach, okay? you're, you're the GOAT. You know, you have all these people coming out. I think really the most important thing that comes from all of this that no one's going to talk about is this weekend away at the lodge, right? We, we already talked about it yeah. before the show. I think, um, you know, Zach Wilson went on this countrywide tour where he went to, he went Braxton Berrios, he met Elijah Moore, Corey Davis wanted to go get some more chemistry. And then this past weekend, it looked like he was with every offensive player. Elijah was yep. there. Garrett Wilson was there. Breeze, like every offensive player down to Wesco, our third string tight end and Joe Flacco, our second, mm-hmm. our second string quarterback. So I think more importantly, you just see all the love and people, whether it's a joke or not, commenting, saying, that's my quarterback, that's my guy, laughing emojis, fire emojis, everyone having genuine love for Zach Wilson, showing that he is the guy, this is the guy I want to get behind. That's the most important thing, mm-hmm. you know, let alone all of the stuff he did with his mom, whatever. I think the most important thing, if you're a Jets fan in July when there's nothing going on, this is what you want to see from your quarterback. This is You want to see the teammates around him. We know the coaching staff and Joe Douglas believes in him. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for this year. In all seriousness, this is why Zach's going to be a great quarterback. Not only does he have undeniable talent, that's that's a given. You saw it flash in a Tennessee Titans game and in the second half of the season where his interception numbers completely dropped and he was making a lot of big-time throws despite a lot of the key offensive pieces being out for those games. The way he's building chemistry with the players, he went on a whole world tour with the offense throwing to them, practicing, and taking flight after flight, practicing with teammates. He did that. He's been out with the offensive linemen already at Rangers games, at baseball games. They are always out together at a Tim McGraw concert. Now at at a lodge, you are with almost everybody on offense. Joe Flacco, who's like 15 years older than Zach, is invited, and I think that's something that gets slept on. Joe Flacco, for all the jokes that get thrown his way, there was a point in time where he was – a very good quarterback. He had a historic Super Bowl run, and he's a Super Bowl champion. Zach Wilson can learn a lot from him, and he's a vet that really underrated by the Jets to keep him on on the roster. Very underrated move. That's his quarterback coach, basically. And then you surround Zach Wilson with the good offensive line, with the weapons that you drafted. Zach Wilson is going to be a great NFL quarterback, and all the signs point to it. People just have to catch on. But Zach Wilson is going to be undeniably great. All right, boys. So you know what time it is. Would you rather? Zach Wilson edition. Going to ask you a bunch of guys. You tell me who would you rather. Here we go. First name, Jalen Hurts. Zach Wilson. Fuck. 
I don't do that. Why is this the first name, bro? I'm Come sorry, on. bro. Why do you have um, to think about this? I'm taking Jalen Hurts. For this upcoming season? Yeah. Jalen Hurts. Really? Okay. So you would rather Jalen? For, the, for 2022, yes. Okay. Uh, Carson Wentz. Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Okay. Ryan Tannehill. Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Jimmy Garoppolo. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Mac Jones. Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Jameis Winston. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Okay. Uh, Jared Goff. Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Baker Mayfield. Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Trey Lance. Zach Wilson. Trevor We're saying that at the same time. You have to give me a second. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson. Zach. Tua Tungavailoa. Zach, Zach Wilson. Okay, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of guys here that are, that are questionable. I won't lie. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk. Kirk. Anything else would be But going irrational. forward, Zach Wilson, the talent with Zach is undeniable. He has top 10 quarterback talent. I'll tell you this. I'm taking Jalen Hurts. I'm taking Tua. Taking Jameis. Taking Mac Jones. I would take Trey Lance. That's it. Taking Mac? I would take Mac. I would take Mac. Mac deserves respect. He does. He played very well last season. Very well. Do you think Zach Wilson does what Mac Jones did last season? Yeah. In that situation? I, I think he could, oh, oh, in that situation? Um, Same question hard. for you, King. That's hard. Nah, the Patriots offense is very hard to pick up. So you, Mac Jones, Mac Jones is, <coughs> is going to be a very, very good quarterback for years to come. But yeah. Zach Wilson has top 10 level talent. Mac Jones is going to teeter around that Kirk Cousins range. Do you think I that agree. Mac jo- Okay. Yeah, That's no, a ceiling, Kirk Cousins? Yeah. 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 And, and so you'd believe Zach Wilson's ceiling is, is it a Matthew Stafford? Yes. That's valid. Zach, wow. Zach, Zach Wilson, there are very few quarterbacks, if we're talking about the next two to three, four years, uh, that I'm taking over Zach Wilson. It, it's hard because in, if you're just looking at arm talent, Zach Wilson is up there with just about any quarterback in the league, right? If we're talking about arm talent, arm talent, he's a top eight arm talent and, quarterback. And that's in the why when we say he could be Matt Stafford, that's where I could see it because just arm talent, which is obviously a very important top part. Eight? Arm talent, I think he has more arm talent than Kyler. All right, we can we can do this right now. More arm talent than Kyler. Yeah. I disagree strongly. All right, here we go. I'm gonna give you guys, you tell me more better arm talent. Okay. Zach Wilson oh, or this guy. This here fun. we go. Josh Allen. Josh. Josh Allen, yeah. Herbert. Herbert. Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes. I didn't like the pause there. I'm just waiting for him to go. All then right. we go. All right. Because yeah, we, we, we're saying it we at the same Zach time. We said Zach at the exact same time for yeah. like five names. All right. Patrick Mahomes. Running back for TikTok. Uh, Mahomes. Mahomes. Tom Brady. This is rude. <laughs> no, no. It's not that. No, I'm just. I'm going to go with Tom Brady, obviously, but. Um, Brady. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. 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 Matthew Stafford. 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 Russell Wilson. Zach Wilson. <sighs> God, just so rude. Russell Wilson. Thank you very much. Joe Burr. Zach. Zach Wilson has better arm talent. Yep. Kyler Murray. I'm going with Zach. I disagree so strongly. So strongly. Uh, I'm, I'm going Kyler for now. Lamar Jackson. Zach. Zach. I don't disagree too much. Dak Prescott. Zach. Zach Wilson. Derek Carr. Zach. Zach. Matty Ice. Oh, Zach. Zach. I, listen, I'll tell you what. Dak and Derek... This is strictly arm I know, arm I get it, I get it. Like throwing in different arm angles, how far you can throw it. How much Zach Wilson can throw it farther than Kyler and Lamar. 
Kyler's close. Lamar had Lamar has a great. Kyler's arm no, arm, crazy, arm dude. Not like Zach, though. Arm talent is also accuracy, placement. ball placement, and that's Kyler where I one of the best I was say, that's where I No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Dude, what? No, it's not. What are we talking about? No, it's here? not. That's part of arm talent. Okay, for one, Josh Allen, his second year in the NFL, when he wasn't a great quarterback yet, mm-hmm. we all understood he had top three arm talent in the NFL. Arm strength, yes. He had, arm talent. No, he had uh, arm talent. Yeah, that's yes. fair. That's fair. I, I he, of course, he had to polish. He made every throw. He had. He, he had to. He throw. had to polish his accuracy. But the talent was there. Correct. Arm Zach Wilson. To arm arm talent, talent is top ten arm talent in the NFL. Uh, arm, arm strength. Talent also, has I would to say with, arm strength is a part of arm talent. Arm Correct. strength is ninety yes. percent of arm talent. Nah, bro. It's about ball placement. That's very important. What if ball placement isn't part of arm talent? Where does ball placement lie? Who has better arm talent, Drew Locke or Kirk Cousins? It's Drew Locke. He has a better ball in him. Jamarcus Russell had some of the... See, this is where you lose me, though, because bum, bum. Kirk Cousins is an yeah, established but just quarterback. Yeah, just because you are you have arm talent doesn't mean you're a great quarterback. If we're just talking about arm talent, Zach Wilson has better arm talent than a, a lot over half of the quarterbacks in the NFL. So Malik Willis has better arm talent than Matt Ryan? No, Malik Willis has overrated arm talent. This is tough. We need a, he does a it, proper he, definition. He does so Trey Lance. Trey Lance has arm talent. Yeah, Trey Lance or Zach Wilson? Trey Lance can probably throw it a bit farther than Zach, but if we're talking about off-platform throws, throwing off-platform, Zach Wilson clears him. It's not Let even close. Let me ask you, Trey Lance or Zach Wilson arm talent? It's really close. I think Trey Lance could throw off-platform without problem. We've, we've not seen like him, Zach. We've seen him make throws with a defender in his face across his butt. Like, I saw that in very limited t- we time. We haven't seen... We haven't seen one throw this past season from Trey Lance as good as Zach's in yeah, Tennessee. Bro, I mean, Zach has, I mean, Trey Lance has like 40 passing attempts. Yeah, but Zach in that <laughs> one game, I, those two I, off-platform throws I, were I ridiculous. I, I understand. His pro Zach day throw was better than times. anything Trey Lance did. Oh, here we go. What do you mean? Short, I'm not just saying shorts arm, and t-shirt arm t- throws. I'm talking about <laughs> arm talent. That is a oh, no, legendary throw. Yeah, but shorts and arm talent doesn't there. equate to skill. It's just, that's his talent. That's why Zach has that high of a ceiling because of his talent. No, I agree. Ton of arm talent. That's it. That's oh, all you had to all say. I got to say. I mean, listen, there's no other name really here that's going to compete with him arm talent wise. Trey Lance was is really the last. Trey Lance, of those and Trey guys. Lance is close as hell, I think. And Trey Lance has more arm talent than most of the guys you named, like Matt Ryan, yeah, um, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. He has better arm talent. That's why I have Trey. I, he, I, I like even Trey debate. I even debate Zach. Trey over Kyler. Arm talent wise, just arm talent. Why are you doing this? Lan- this is the thing. Lance as a prospect. You're, you're, only, you're only getting butthurt because you're a big Kyler fan. That hasn't, but well, I, no. but I, I'm speaking the Kyler, truth. I'm Kyler's not a, shown at the NFL level. Lance regardless of being I think a it's fan there. or not, listen, you, you got it. I put that aside when I evaluate my guys. The truth is, Kyler Murray is an amazing passer. Has great arm yeah. talent. Simple. But not like those guys. No, he does. Not like Zach. No, he, he's better. He and and like in now. two in two years, we're gonna it's gonna be nobody's even gonna think about Kyler when it comes are to you, Zach. Wilson. Are you under six feet tall and you don't have arm talent, or you don't have amongst the league leading yeah. arm talent? Baker can throw it farther than Kyler. No, he cannot. Yeah, he can. Baker. You know, Baker last year had the longest air yard pass in, of any quarterback last season. But but he obviously doesn't have more arm talent than Mahomes, Josh Allen, Herbert, Rogers. Like no, I know. But Baker, he has a cannon. He's and not so a limited. Does Kyler Murray. He doesn't have limited arm strength. Baker. He can. He he's he what can does this throw have it. To do with Kyler. I'm just saying he can throw it farther than Kyler. He can't do yeah, the. Yeah, but he he's he not can't do the platform. off platform. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely not. 
But he which is can very, throw it far which is him, I would think is more important than if you could throw it far. Everyone could throw it far. Mm, nah, Mo, even even Tua has made 40, 50 yard air passes before. Baker's was sixty plus. I I know, but all I'm saying is there's not many times throughout a season you need to throw the ball sixty yards in the air. No, I would much saying. rather you be in a good off platform thrower when you're gonna be doing that drive to drive pretty frequently rather than maybe once or twice a season you have to throw it sixty yards in the air. Maybe yeah. so once or twice. I was th- I was really hoping for some spicier names with Zach Wilson with the Would You Rather. I was hoping for Kyler. Throw it in there. All right. Would you rather Kyler Murray? Zach Wilson. <laughs> Kyler Murray. I would take Zach Wilson over a lot of guys, bro. You're, you're, not, you're not actually taking Zach over Kyler. No, I am. I don't know why you think I'm joking next, about that. For next year? All right. It's fine. who I would rather fine. have. Fine. Going Lamar forward. Jackson. Oh, Lamar. Lamar. Well, listen. I think Lamar's way better than Kyler. I, I love Zach with all my heart. But if you told me I could start a franchise right now with Zach or Kyler... Dude. Keep that same energy a year from now. All right. I hope I hope I'm wrong. I pray to God I'm wrong. If if he is better than Kyler next season, oh my God. This is the type of This is the type of activity that allows me to want to root against Zach. I feel you. Like that is crazy. I feel you. It's, it's outrageous for me to say the Raiders are mid, but he could say that Zach Wilson's better than That's Kyler. That's why I won't allow no, it. No, I never I never said he was better. I said who I, who would I rather have? That's you're not such taking, a difference. You're not taking the worst of two guys, bro. If I like a guy better, why not? I like Zach better, and I think he's going to be very, very, okay, very fine. good. Okay, fine. Then Zach Wilson or Josh Allen. You like Zach Wilson no, more. No, but jo- there's just such a significant gap. There is a significant guys. gap between Kyler Not what and Zach's there about is. to be this year. Kyler's so. going to be great this season. Eh, they're going to miss the playoffs. And he, so the, <laughs> We're going to be in the hunt. They're not, it's so listen, hard for me to the not. Cardinals, the Cardinals could be a wild card team. The Jets have a better record than the Cardinals next year. Put money on it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to bet everything, bro. We need this, bro, nah, you do this for me too, because you. Can... I'm not a betting man, though. I'm really not. A betting I'm, man. Am I? I don't have DraftKings. I don't have FanDuel downloaded. They're not on my phone. You say crazy stuff like this. I want to put money. That's because you're Cause, all no, points we, bet. We want to remember. Crying put money on it. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I'm playing. How much you want to put? What do you want to put? Uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's it's so hard to like just think of it off the top of my right, head. Let's let's throw hmm, significant number two and one. Let's throw, uh, I'll call him 150. 150? Why that number? Kyler's one. Zach Wilson's two. Mm. I decided 150. 150. Severino got hurt. Really? Who's Dude, Severino? He, uh, uh, yeah, Luis. Uh, he was horrible tonight. Yeah, he was bad. Listen, 150. Shake on it. Jets, better record than Arizona? Correct. That's what I'll pound you. No, shake on hey, it. Hey, yo. What do, you, what, what do you mean? How's that <laughs> a yo? How is that a yo? Shake on it. I said I'll pound men, you, bro. Men shake. Here we go. All right. 150. We need the whiteboard, bro. We the need the whiteboard. A brilliant ASAP. idea. We need the ASAP. Yeah, because I doubt I'm going to remember this stuff. Oh, I, rem- I remember a lot of bets. A lot of them. I thought you weren't a betting man. When it comes I'm to rich. you, I, I, if I'm making a bet, I'm going to remember. <clears throat> okay. But you're not a betting man. I'm not at all. I feel like you, you whenever the opportunity presents stuff, you bet. When it comes to irresponsible statements, I do the correct. same thing when it comes to you too, bro. Because I want it written down. Remember that you said this blasphemous shit. Hold on, because I keep notes every well, single show. Well, the Gabe Davis at thousand yards is blasphemous. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Did have you been seeing his workouts? I, You're gonna be you see so how much he's, he's clocked in at two twenty seven, right? Bro, cool. He's a monster. Gabriel Davis breakout. Same coming. Show him squatting, bro. He's a demon, bro. That's uh, George Kittle squats the exact same way. Huh. Is George Kittle soft? Seen, oh wow! Now have, you're have hitting you on the floor. It's a Austin football Eckler? squat. It's a football Austin squat. Now you're, now it's a sports squat. Okay. LeBron squats that way. 
Now you're hating on the activate the quads and the hamstrings. Now you're hating on the form. You're such a hater. <laughs> That's crazy. A hater. You're That's such crazy. a hater. Because bro, if if you go to the gym and I see someone squatting like that, I'm like, oh, he can't squat. Like, or you should drop the weight and get it. But if they're crazy see, jacked, if they're in insane shape and they're squatting that way, they probably did steroids. You're you not need, saying nothing. You need to understand. Oh, no, I'm not saying anything. I'm not. Gabe Davis, because like, he would you. clock you. He's an NFL player, bro. Clock you too. I'm not the one talking shit about him. <laughs> I don't have to worry <laughs> about it. That's fair. Kyler, Kyler's five seven. He would work you too. So. Nah, he's five ten, five nine, five nine, five nine, five ten. Kyler doesn't strike me as that type of guy though. He doesn't. Now there's Gabe, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. No, no, no. Like really Gabe nice Davis guy. is jacked, bro. Now you seen that video of him he's talking massive. to that guy. He said, "Who are you?" He said, uh, my, "My name is Gabe." And the guy said, "Are you a running back or something?" He's like, "Yeah, I am." That's tough. Yeah, yeah, because he's not. He's Gabe not Davis. about the hype, bro. I'm sure he's a great person. He's a great human being. But like, I think he's have less than thousand yards. All right. You know, it's funny how, you know, when we posted that TikTok, I made it a point of emphasis to be the first one to comment. Which one? Oh, uh, when I was like, a receiver doesn't have to have a thousand yards to be productive. Oh, oh. man. You the, got- but bro, in the Chiefs offense, when you're like so pass heavy and Mahomes putting up these crazy numbers, like if you don't have if you have like 800 yards, you're not looking at it like it depends if two guys above you have a thousand. And yes, you are. Sure. But I, I don't mean, I bro, think we're expecting the, one person. On the it's very, it's very yards. rare for three receivers Three weapons to have oh, no. a thousand yards. Can I ask you a question? Uh, Michael Pittman or Juju Smith-Schuster? Michael Pittman. Correct. Easy. Right? That's easy. And yes. Michael Pittman had 1,100 receiving last uh, season? I don't yes, know if it's yeah. easy. With Mahomes, Juju could have a, I, a really great I think, year. I think I'm Pittman in on have, Juju, actually. Pittman will have better better numbers than, than Juju. Now, listen, are we going to sit here and say that Sky Moore, um, excuse me, Justin Ross, Josh Gordon? Someone commented and it got like the third most likes. Justin Ross, McCole Hardman, uh, Juju is a great receiver. Not mentioning like, Josh Gordon, nuts. and that is nuts. Sky Moore could have 500 to 800 yards. 500 to 800. There's a difference there. I think 500, you're a bit disappointed. If you get 700, 800, you're happy with it. So it doesn't have to be 1,000. Well, no, we're, it's levels. For a rookie Sky Moore compared to Juju, who's been in the And league. we're also talking about 1,000 being where you're respected league-wide. And that's still 1,000 yards in the 17-game uh, season. It's like... F- 60 yards a game. It's not even, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's difficult, though, still. A lot of receivers get 1,000 yards. A lot of a lot of great receivers in the NFL. How many receivers do you think last year got 1,000 yards? 20 to 30. I'm looking right it's now. It's a ton. Yeah, but there's like, a lot I of think, great. I think well, we named how many great yards. receivers there there's, are in the no, NFL. There, there's a lot. There's That's a lot. what I'm saying. Like, 1,000 yards, I agree. It doesn't That doesn't automatically mean you're productive, but I think when you have Mahomes a as a quarterback. 1,000 is the benchmark to be what, that guy's very, very good. No, it is the benchmark. I agree, because it's just a round number. But it doesn't mean that. How many? Receivers under 26. Yeah. And they're all very good receivers. So, Marquise Brown, very good. <laughs> got him. him a break. Got him. He's Sit the last one. Grade. Give me that. That is an L. You got to take that. You got to take that. That is lit. Oh, perfect. Let's go. Did Next Lock, segment. Did Lockett have a thousand? Uh, let's see. Control F. He did. He had a great season. That's what I thought, yeah. So Hollywood was the very last one. The last person. How many yards? A yeah. thousand, like eight? There are a lot of receivers significantly better than him, though. A thousand eight. You think Gabe Davis has a better year than Hollywood? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's Why do it. Why do you guys want to bet on everything? Let's do it, That's bro. a good bet. Let's That's do a good it. bet. This is annoying. That's a good oh bet. Oh, my God. It's I'm annoying? Why bro, is it annoying? Don't have takes, then. Because I don't want to bet on everything. Why does? Why do I have to bet on everything I say? Come we on, don't, We don't have to put money on it. We could just be like, I was right, If you, you believe what you're saying. No, no, why no, do we have to shake on it? It makes no sense. You're killing me right now. If you believe what you say, which I everything I say is coming from my heart, it's coming from my brain, I, I firmly believe it. If you believe in everything you say, 
you make if the bet. I, if I'd bet on everything I said, I would be broke. Yeah. Not because I'm wrong, but because listen, <laughs> you can't make a statement on that. No, not because I'm wrong, but because even the be- <laughs> the best takes, even if you have the best takes, you're going fifty percent on your takes. Okay. You're not going in fifty percent on your takes. You're, so you're losing money still, huh? So you're scared to bet. I'm not scared right, to bet. We'll just remember, I'm not trying we'll just to bet on everything I say. He's, he's not. Oh, we, do we don't forget. We'll anything. just remember Hollywood for Gabe Davis at the end of the year. I just don't want to take your when guys. Hollywood like has four hundred more yards and four more. At touchdowns. this pace, at this pace, you guys are going to be, be broke, broke by the end of the year. One eight was it? Gamblers Anonymous. One eight hundred Gambler. One eight hundred Gambler. Was that one eight hundred Gambler? Number that you need to call if you need a pro- if you have a problem. Yeah, even NBA players like even the greats shoot forty five percent from the field. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, so the best what? the best baseball hitters. What what is that like? Thirty percent. They batted three hundred. Yeah. The best quarterbacks complete seventy percent of their passes. Yeah, that's, it depends. That's a give there are some guys like Joe Burrow that take shots, and some guys like Tua who. Pass it like two yards. And Kyler Murray who takes shots also. Yeah. Bang. You're right. Come on, man. You're right. But playing both checkers. Those, You're playing checkers. Both those guys are better than two. I'm here playing five D chess. Huh? Both those guys are significantly better than two. And Zach Wilson's better than Kyler, correct? I would rather have him. Nuts. I would rather have Zach Wilson. He's actually a leader, unlike Kyler. Kyler's not a leader. Got a point there. Yeah. A big two, point. Two is, a is he at a lodge? Is he at a lodge? No, he's not. <laughs> Crying at a lodge. Is, is he going on world tours flying? No. Is he Listen, 6'3"? No. Oh, my God. Does he have the arm talent? No. You're so heightest, and you're very unrealistic about Kyler's arm. No, I just think you think Kyler's better than he is. Kyler's really great. good. He's, really, no, no. he's a top Kyler, Kyler is really, really, really good. I'm top not going to lie. But Zach Wilson's going to clear him in, like, two years. Like, in two years, it's not going to be a conversation between them two. I'd be ecstatic. I don't agree with you, but I'd be ecstatic. Well, you should start. If Zach Wilson's better than Kyler Murray. I would say if Zach clears Kyler, that means he's a top seven quarterback. Talking about a pro It's not out of the realm possibility. We're talking about it's not. Making the playoffs year in, year out. Except for this upcoming season. We're a year away. So we're always tempering expectations. Like, if you're going to say something that that Zach Wilson, you would rather, because I'll be very specific with that wording, that you would rather him over Kyler, then you can't sit here and tell me that you guys aren't going to make the playoffs. AFC stacked. God, there's Sally. always an excuse. Sally is stuck. What do you mean, bro? It's his second year. Give him a break. Boo-hoo. Damn. <laughs> go 500. Ka- did Kyler Murray win 500 in his second year? He won 500. That's why I just said. Go 500. You can't go 500 no more in this day. Go 9 and 8. 8 wins. Go Get 8 wins. 8 wins. Okay. Get 8 wins. If we get 8 wins, it's a successful season. And I will shake your hand and I will say great job. Because that's how it works. <sighs> to double your win total. Successful. Let's stop talking about this. Please. Lame. Casual, man. Freaking Kyler. I'm excited for this you know. division. We're going to uh, predict the I, I've been dreading East. this one, to be honest with you. I really have. But Rose a diehard Cowboys and Giants fan. Diehard Giants fans, crazy. Diehard Cowboys fan is strong. I will allow it, though. NFC East prediction, first team up, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, last year they won a division 12-5, first-ranked offense, seventh-ranked defense. Where do they finish this year? It is a little concerning to me. Subtractions we saw on the offense. Amari Cooper, although he was inconsistent last year, still they're strong to say. You probably would rather CD because he's younger, a little bit more efficient. You can rely on him. But Amari at his best, the connection that him and Dak had was undeniable. 
You lose Lyle Collins, Connor Williams. Connor Williams, who you could have brought back on a team-friendly contract, which is what he signed over in Miami. I would have, I would have liked that for the Cowboys. Instead, you know, you lose key parts to your offense, offensive line. Lyle Collins particularly, although another one who struggled with injury, you still would rather Lyle in that right tackle position as he's one of the better right tackles in the league. Defensively, adding Dante Fowler, not really doing much to the secondary. You add Malik Hooker, that's obviously a, a nice addition to the squad. But you really have to trust Dallas ultimately. You trust Dak Prescott, you trust C.D. Lamb, you trust Zeke, you trust Tony Pollard. These are guys that are explosive, that can make things happen. And and now they, they actually just acknowledge that Jalen Tolbert is in a position to start, a rookie That's that they exciting. just drafted. That is super exciting. He, he was really well, played uh, really well in minicamp. And listen, I, Michael Gallup is a solid option. Nothing more than that. For an ACL, correct. He will be back sometime during the season, and he will be very good for them. I do believe that. And James Washington, who is a victim of situation, I do firmly believe over there in Pittsburgh, you're not taking him over Deontay, Claypool, uh, a Juju for that matter of fact, but James Washington still... A, a very solid and serviceable option that Dak Prescott, excuse me, that Dak Prescott will find success with. And, and the defensive side of the ball, I still just have to worry about the secondary. I understand that Trayvon Diggs is was the league leader in interceptions, but that does not take away from the fact that he gave up the most air yards a cornerback. Most yards, uh, period. Correct. Thank you very much. That's what I meant to say. Uh, you can't ignore the fact that Michael Parsons is amongst the best defenders in the NFL already. Of course, his impact's going to be felt. And, and adding Dante Fowler to go opposite side of Demarcus Lawrence is huge, especially after losing Randy Gregory to come join my boys over here in Denver. But I do believe in the Cowboys still. I, I trust Dak Prescott. I trust that CeeDee Lamb and him will have success. I know I spoke a little bit earlier in this offseason that I worried about CeeDee Lamb being a wide receiver one by himself without a counterpart. But I do believe that when Michael Gallup comes back, Tolbert, Dak Prescott's good enough that he will allow these other guys to be successful, that it will open up the field for CD. And CD's just going to be CD. He's going to have success. Yeah, he doesn't have a choice. He's, Correct. He's going to get 150 targets. But I will say this, where saying that I do believe in CD, he needs to show it to me. Yep. Come into this season, prove that you're a true wide receiver one, prove that you're a top 20 wide receiver, and you deserve that respect. Last season, he was fantastic. I want to see it again, especially after being the wide receiver one. Uh, so to go through their record, week one against Tampa Bay, I do have them winning. Uh, week two versus Cincinnati, I have them losing. At New York, I have them I have them winning, excuse me. Ooh, I, I put an L here, but I, they deserve a win because it's, uh, it's at New York. You know, you I go. definitely do have an L. I apologize. I read that right. I got confused. Against the Giants, I have the Giants winning week three. Versus Washington, I have them winning. At the Rams, I have them losing. At Philadelphia, I have them losing. Versus Detroit, that's a W. Versus Chicago, that's a W. They hit their bye week. Green Bay, that's a loss. At Minnesota, that's a W. Versus New York, that's a W. Versus Indianapolis, that's a loss. Versus Houston, that's a W. Jacksonville, W. Philly, W. Tennessee, W. Washington, W. With a record of 11-6. and six. And I do have them winning the division. 11-6. and six. So you're not expecting a big drop-off. Not a huge drop off. I do expect their their offense to remain solid. Okay. Dak Prescott, I do trust in. Tony Pollard is going to be incorporated into this offense, but more importantly, Ezekiel Elliott is going to come into the season healthy. Last season was True. the first time we really saw Zeke hobbled. He looked a shell of what we have seen from Ezekiel in the past, and even still, he was among the league leader in rushing yards and touchdowns. He's coming in healthy. He's going to be fresh. He's going to be ready to go, and I believe. Zeke will continue to show he is a top 10 
running back in this league. And the Cowboys are expecting to use Pollard as a receiver more too. You know, line him up as a receiver in the slot most likely. Definitely allows he allows that flexibility. Yeah. And they need another weapon. You know, I, I think James Washington is fine. I think Cedric Wilson is a bit better than him. And, I'm fine uh, with that. And whatever Gallup is once he returns from injury, whenever that might be. And, um, and Tolbert, you really can't be too high on yeah. until you ultimately see it. But there is high expectation yes, on him sure. within the Dallas organization. I do think the Cowboys take a bigger step back than you will have them with nine wins. Have them going Ooh, nine and eight. Okay. Um, in the NFC, they could still probably compete for a wild card spot. You know, NFC is not that uh, not that strong, especially compared to the AFC. Like you mentioned, I think the offseason uh, departures are going to hurt them the most. Amari Cooper, Randy Gregory, uh, Connor Williams as well on the offensive line. I agree um, with that. The offense, I'm not that worried about, right? I think Dak's still going to be a top 12 quarterback. The offensive line, they're elite at guard and tackle with Zach Martin and Tyron Smith. But the other three positions... I don't think we're going to see the Cowboys offensive line as we've thought about them in years past when they've had one of the top five offensive lines, uh, you know, in the league. Every receiver, I think, will be fine um, just because how much they're going to be throwing the ball. I think the numbers are going to be there for CD. He'll be good. Zeke and Pollard, Schultz as well, who is really going to be their number Didn't two option. Didn't mention Schultz. Yeah, Dalton Schultz is, is like could possibly get a thousand yards this year. He had, I think, 800 or 900 last season. Um, defensively, it's interesting because I'm glad you brought up Trayvon Diggs because originally we were going to have a Trayvon Diggs would you rather a few weeks ago. Never got to use my stats and everything. But similar to the Bengals topic, right, where everyone just says the Bengals have the worst offensive line in the league. It's not close. He got sacked the most in NFL history, all of this. I'm like, okay, we hear it with Trayvon Diggs all the time too, where he led the league in interceptions, 11 interceptions, the most since like 1980. Um, but he allows all these yards, right? He allowed over 1,000 yards. The only cornerback in the NFL this past season to – allow over a thousand yards. I think the guy in second only had like eight or nine hundred. So it was a pretty drastic margin. But I went in PFF premium stats. We rock with PFF. Cool. He had nodded for the podcast listeners. Uh Trayvon Diggs allowed a fifty six percent completion percentage when targeted, seventy passer rating on hundred and one targets. Compare that to a guy, Jalen Ramsey's pretty good. Jalen Ramsey allowed 61% completion percentage, 84 passer rating, 117 targets. Um, if you want to look, talk about yardage. Thank you. Trayvon Diggs allowed the most in the league with uh, 1,000 and change. I don't have the exact number. Marshawn Lynch, uh, excuse me, Marshawn Lattimore allowed the third most. We all look at him as a top three, four corner in the league, 862. Kenny Moore, who we look at as probably the best slot corner in the league, allowed the okay. second most yards at 944. Can I ask you how, what was Jalen at, though? Um, I don't have it in front of me I look. Um, yet. And then you also have guys like Xavier Howard who allowed the 10th most yards. So I don't want to get, I don't want to overlook yards. It is important. If you allow yards, you're allowing guys to be open, but you also have to take into account that all of these guys that we consider elite cornerbacks also allow a lot of yards as well. Um, especially when you have an offense that was as good as Dallas's, you're going to also have teams trying to catch up in the second half of games going to be passing more often. So Trayvon Diggs, he's 24 years old. Just led the league in interceptions. It was year two. I think Diggs is going to have a really good year this upcoming season. I hope he brings the yardage down. I don't think he gets 11 interceptions again. That's insane. Um, and he was also 11th, 11th best in terms of passer rating when targeted. He was better than Pat Sertain. Um, he was better than, or excuse me, Sertain had him by one percentage point. Uh, he's Denzel Ward, he, had, he was better than as well. His completion percentage when targeted was better than Lattimore, Sertain, Denzel Ward, and Jalen Ramsey. So if you want to look into the stats, the yardage there, fine. But when he's actually targeted, he, he really did play pretty well. I know there's moments where, especially against like that like clip against Kadarius Tony, he looked lost at times. Um, but I'm excited for him. You know, I think him and Micah are one of the most exciting defensive duos in the NFL. I got the Cowboys at 9-8, and eight, finished second in the division, competing for a wild card. Jalen, 595 yards allowed. Elite. He's a dog. Now... The biggest question mark for the Cowboys is will they be able to 
force as many turnovers as this season as they did last season. Because although they ranked 7th in defense and points allowed, they were 19th in yards. But even that number is misleading because in yards per drive allowed, yards per drive allowed, they were sixth in the NFL. So their sixth defense, least. sixth least. So they were one of the best defenses in the NFL at that. Ultimately, it's how the way you view the Cowboys is how big of a loss do you think Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, Lyle Collins, and Connor Williams actually are? Gregory and Randy Gregory. But honestly, I think. He wasn't spectacular. He, he was name. good. He was. He's a very good pass rusher. But if they line up Micah Parsons there more, I think they'll be more than fine. Demarcus Lawrence is still an elite level edge rusher, so they have that option as well. Ultimately, I don't think the Cowboys are going to drop off much because I think when you have a great quarterback, which Dak Prescott is, you hardly ever drop off. I think he's better than Carson Wentz. I think he clears Daniel Jones, and I think he clears Jalen Hurts. He's a much better quarterback than than anybody in that division. Amari Cooper, no show in big time games for the most part. Lyle Collins struggled to stay on the field last season. Cedric Wilson's a good option, but he his production can be easily replicated by James Washington. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to have an elite level season this year. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to have a top 10 receiver season this year. Maybe even top seven. That's how high I am on CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb this year is going to separate himself from everybody that he was drafted with in his draft class. That's how good of a season I think CeeDee Lamb is going to is in that class. I'm sorry. I apologize. Him and Jettas, they're going to be the cream of the crop in that draft class. Judy? <laughs> CeeDee Lamb's going to have a big time season. T. Higgins? He will. There will be a gap between him and Higgins. Okay. I think Ceedee Lamb's going to have fourteen hundred to sixteen hundred yards this upcoming year. Be a big year. He's going to be an elite, elite level receiver. And Judy, how many yards do I think he's going to have? Correct. Probably a thousand. Maybe he cracks it. You know, like you said, a lot of receivers crack it. Hollywood Brown cracked it, so maybe he can crack it. I guess seventeen games. Hollywood season. Brown's really good. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Jerry Judy twelve fifty. What's the record the you got them with? I have them at ten and seven. You know, I think as long as Dak Prescott stays you? healthy, Fair. the Cowboys will be a 10-win team. Their schedule is a bit tougher. I have them sweeping the Giants. I have them sweeping Washington. I think they split with Philadelphia. I think they split with Washington. I think they start 0-2 this year, though, versus the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Cincinnati okay. Bengals. Um, really, Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, loss. Rams, a loss. Green Bay. Green Bay, I think, is a loss. Indianapolis, I have as a loss. And splitting with Philadelphia, that's a loss. And I, I can see them losing to Tennessee or a Minnesota. So that's like another game sprinkled in there. But I have them going 10-7. and 11-6 wouldn't shock me. But the Cowboys are going to be very, very good this year again. And I think for Dallas, maybe this is better for them. Because in years past, like this past year, they won 12 games. Everybody's expecting this huge playoff run. And they get upset by the 49ers. Maybe this year they don't win the division but they make the playoffs, and they go on a deep run. So I think for the Cowboys, it might be better that they have less hype going into this year and even finishing the season with less hype than previous years because they always have hype and then they never perform in the playoffs. They won hard knocks last year, too. Yeah. So I think the Cowboys are going to be very good still. Ultimately, it's the quarterback that matters, and they have Dak Prescott, who is a great quarterback, and I I trust Dak. 
Listen, I'm with you. I'm, I'm glad that we're all nine and eight. I'm a little stunned. Um, I get it though. The defense is is not the great the greatest, and offensively, I think their defense is good. I, I listen. I think so too. I think you they're also, a top you have, ten defense. You have question marks on the line. Tyron Smith, when healthy, is elite. Same thing with Zach Martin. But the rest of the positions, Lyle Collins losing, Connor Williams disagree. losing. I don't disagree. But Dak Prescott still has the ability to scramble outside the pocket, still hit throws on I, the run. I would say yeah, this is Dak. Now two years removed from his ankle injury as well. Last year he had some mobility. I would expect it to improve this year. Um, I don't look at him as being the best. So you said nine artist, nine but, wins, correct? Can you just read yeah. me? It's really about Kellen Moore. All right, yeah, I'll tell I have you them the question. So you so have, have them, them losing to Tampa Bay. Okay, yeah. So I'll give you uh, the wins. I have them week. I think they sweep the Giants, right? So week three, week four wins. Uh, Giants, Washington. Week seven, week eight against Detroit and Chicago. That's four wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have them going on a run here. Giants, week 12 win. Indy, week 13 win. Houston, week 14 win. Jacksonville, week 15 win. And uh, Eagles, week 16 win. So you have them losing to Minnesota? Uh, yeah, losses week one, Tampa Bay. Week, I could have just done one. Seven, Correct. Uh, Tampa Bay lost week one. Cincy lost week two. Uh, at the Rams, week five lost. At Philly, week six lost. At Green Bay, week 10 loss. At Minnesota, week 11 loss. Uh then week 17, 18 also of his L's. Week 18 could be the win, you know, depending on what happens with Washington. If they need to win to get in, I think they beat them. Um, I just think they split, and I had them winning their home game and losing their road game. So I get it. I could, yeah, I'm more, I'm closer to 10 wins than eight wins. It's really about Kellen Moore's offensive play calling, too. He is one of the more uncreative play callers in the playoffs versus the Niners. I saw him call two plays where he sent offensive linemen on curl routes. That was insane. Oh, I, I'm low on Kellen Moore. He's gotten a lot of hype to be a head coach, but he is a very mid-play caller that got bailed out by a lot of offensive talent around him. So it's really on him to take that next step as a play caller and be more creative and put Dak in better positions and the offense in better positions because he gets figured out, and I'm not Howell Kellen Moore at all. So when I tweeted the Donovan Mitchell clears DeRozan, somebody replied, DeRozan was an MVP candidate last year, and Spider was not, I fear. And I commented back, who cares? <laughs> no, but I tweeted, they, they didn't hear the Donovan Mitchell. Uh, they did DeRozan, not. Yeah, but I. The comments on this are Chicago's biggest hater. I thought this was common knowledge. People are overrating DeRozan quite a bit. This should be common knowledge, but people really think Demar's better. Was this already? Was this not already known? No way. I'm sorry. Then somebody replied to that with a question mark. And then somebody was like, "W take." Someone had to say it, and it was me. I love Twitter, man. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, man. You could be called a genius and a moron on the same tweet. Same exact one. Philadelphia Eagles finished second in division last year. They shocked everybody when they made the playoffs with Jalen Hurts leading the way at quarterback. And this offseason, they made some notable additions. A.J. Brown, Zach Paschal, at linebacker, Kaiser White. They then signed Hassan Reddick from Carolina. James Bradbury signing him over from New York. Jaquiski Tart. A really big time signing. Now the secondary issues on paper at least should be fixed with Darius Slay, Bradbury, Tart, Anthony Harris. They still have Avante Maddox. The defensive line is gonna be very good. It was top ten last year. Where do you think the Eagles finish this year? Now, on paper, this is one of the better rosters in the NFL. And I will say this if there was an elite level quarterback quarterbacking the Eagles. Super this Bowl? team is a Super Bowl, Super Bowl team. I don't disagree. There's no doubt about it. If we have Joe Burrow on here, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson 
those top guys, Lamar Jackson, this is a Kyler legit Murray. Super Bowl contender. I don't know about Kyler, but this is a legit Super Bowl contender, I think. Jalen Hurts is really on him to take that next step. Do I think he's going to do that? I'm on the fence about it. I, I like Jalen Hurts, but I don't know how much of a ceiling he has. I, th- I think he's like a Tyrod Taylor. And I'm on the similar opinion where I am on the fence also. I believe in his intangibles. He's great in the locker room. He definitely has that presence to him that he wants to be great. 100%, there's no doubt about it. You can't. You cannot question his heart. You can question his arm, unfortunately. And we saw it. It was very evident in the playoffs game against Tampa Bay where Tampa Bay is one of the best rush defense in the league. Fortunately for Jalen Hurts, he is a rushing quarterback, and that was the majority of their offense, and they got exposed. They could not throw the ball, and Tampa Bay beat them up very easily, very handily. It's on Jalen Hurts to develop as a passer. He does not need to be Lamar Jackson in that type of increase with his play, 35 touchdowns. No one's asking that of Jalen Hurts. You need to be better than the, the teen touchdowns that you had last season. You had six total. Listen, he's an amazing rushing running back, 100%. Top three, top four rushing quarterbacks in the league. You just need to see it with his arm to believe it. You win with quarterbacks that can drop back and pass. 100%, especially with weapons like A.J. Brown. Devonta Smith, who even with Jalen Hurts not being the greatest passing quarterback, still had over 900 yards. Speaks to how great Devonta Smith is and will continue to be in year two. I And Dallas Goddard, you can't forget him, another really solid option. Uh, Miles Sanders needs to to be better this season. I'm I'm out on the the idea of Miles Sanders being uh, getting a pass because of injury. Show you me some. You saw what he said. I was on someone like podcast that you shouldn't draft him in fantasy. He said that. Yeah, that terrified me. I was like, well, like if you're not going to be good. that's because Nick Sirianni has a running back by committee, and there's not just but one think, lone running back that pops think Miles, out. Miles like. They still have. I don't think they still have Jordan so Howard. Miles not a. They bum. have Kenneth Gainwell. I know, but Gainwell's not a. I want Scott too. None of them are goal line. Backs. I want to get that across. And Miles Sanders is not a bum. He was great his rookie year. His second year, he had. Uh, he, led he was the league like in twenty over plus 50 yards. yards. That's what it yeah. is. Twenty plus. Thank you very much. Miles Sanders is not bad, especially. I think, yeah, I think it is fifty. The fact that he is in an offense with Jalen Hurts, it should benefit his yeah, run game. I agree. And now you have A.J. Brown. It only makes you more dynamic. This offense should be great. You alluded to it. This is a Super Bowl roster minus the quarterback. If Jalen Hurts strongly develops in the passing game, then we can have serious conversations about the Eagles. But until we see it, I can't be all in. I will respect this roster, and in doing so, I still have them with over 10 wins. I actually have them with 10 wins flat. But it's all dependent on Jalen Hurts, truthfully. If they can take that next leap, it's dependent on Jalen Hurts' arm. So second in the division, you're the Cowboys of the Correct. Line, right? Really, the biggest hurdle with them is, was last year a fluke? Last year, they snuck up on everybody. They got nine wins. They snuck into the playoffs. Nobody saw it coming. But this year, with the addition of A.J. Brown, James Bradbury, and other players, they are now expected to win a division. And last year... Their wins came against the Falcons, the Panthers, the Lions, the Broncos, the Saints, the Jets, Washington, the Giants. Teams that don't have high-level quarterback play outside of Atlanta. Because of that, how much can you really trust Philadelphia? How much can you really trust Nick Sirianni? The Eagles really started to get going once Sirianni started gearing gearing towards the run game. And that's when Jalen Hurts was unlocked with the running game. So I think if he does that early in the season, they, it could lead to some early wins. 
Um, so will they will they commit to the run game early? Will Jalen Hurts develop as a passer? And will the improved secondary on paper translate? Is James Bradbury going to have a season that he had in 2020? Yep. Or in 2021 where he was just average? Jaquiski Tart, how good is he going to be? Darius Slay, he covered a lot of great guys. He was amazing he last was, year. He, was, he was amazing last year, but in 2020, he wasn't. So it's really what version of these guys are you getting? And for me... It's hard because A.J. Brown also, he's been injured also in the past. But when he's healthy, we know. Yo, yeah, he plays 13, 14 games. But looking at the schedule, Lions is a win. Minnesota, I think, is a loss. I'm going to just go through the losses. I think they lose to Minnesota. They lose to Dallas. They split with them. They lose to Indy. They lose to Green, they lose to Green Bay. And they lose to Tennessee. And outside of that, I really don't see another loss. Maybe New Orleans, but... I see them starting off very strong. Detroit, I think, is a win. Minnesota's a loss. Washington, Jacksonville, Arizona, all wins. So I have them starting off 4-1. and one. And versus Dallas, at home, I think they win. So 5-1 and one going into the bye week in Week 7. Pittsburgh, another win. Houston, another win. Like, their schedule is not that hard. It's, it's a fairly easy schedule. And they're facing Arizona when Hopkins is going to be out. It's, it's Week five. 5, I believe. So just one week before. Still believe in the boys. So because of that, the Eagles, I have them going 11-6. and six. I think this roster is Super Bowl-bound if they had the right quarterback. If Hurts makes that type of leap, they can make it that far. I'm not a believer in Hurts, so I think they'll be like a wild-card divisional round exit. But this roster has that type of upside that they are one quarterback. They are a quarterback away. So you're out. You said you were 50-50 if you take the next step. Now you're saying they don't have the right guy. No, the Eagles as a roster, yeah, they. but I think Hurts... Is still limited. Okay, like they're eleven and six, they will win the division, but I don't see them being a deep. They, I don't see them being a team making a deep playoff run. Okay, um, you guys know how I feel about the Eagles. I have two agenda based teams this year. It's the Ravens. It's the Eagles. Lamar and Jalen Hurts are two of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. Right up there with Zach Wilson, who some think are better than Kyler Murray at this table. Um, I'm expecting the Eagles. To I build. said, would you? I would rather have. I'm expecting the Eagles. Just gonna brush by that. I'm expecting things the Eagles. Mouth. To improve on their 2021 season, where yes, you're right, they did shock some people by making the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I did think they were going to be a borderline playoff team. Um, they obviously got smoked by the Bucks, but that was probably the worst matchup they could have possibly had. And you're right, last year the opponents they beat were not all world. Right, I think the Saints and Broncos were probably the only two games you could look at and say these are really good rosters. They didn't make the playoffs, obviously, um, but at least defensively, like both these teams had good defenses. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The quarterback matchups, uh, according to Jalen Hurts versus the opposing quarterback, weren't great. But again, I look at their schedule this year, and I kind of see the same thing. You just went through it. They don't have a tough schedule, right? The be- They're playing Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be playing Kirk, Kyler Murray, uh, Aaron Rodgers for a week. But overall, like Adios. you're playing Matt Ryan. Yeah, you're playing Jared Goff, and you're playing Carson Wentz and Trevor Lawrence. and Jameis isn't bad. Yeah, but like I think we agree him and Hurts are on the same level. I agree. Right? Um, so I think Wait, who and who Jamison Hurts. Okay, yeah. Um, I think offensively, obviously love the AJ Brown acquisition. I, him and Devontae Smith pair perfectly together. Oh, so where you good. have AJ Brown is this uh, big body guy that can make big plays happen. And if you leave Devontae Smith one on one, he is going to be cooking that corner without a doubt. He won one on one matchups with ease last year, and he was the focal point of the passing attack. Him and Dallas Goddard. Um, and you still have a couple guys like Quez Watkins who could, you know, take the top of the defense as well. And offensive line wise, they have arguably the best in the game. They have arguably the best tackle duo in the game as well. Lane Johnson, a right tackle, um, been there forever, as well as Jordan Mulata, who 
didn't play a snap of tackle his first couple of years in the league, and they just convert him into the, one of the best tackles in the NFL. Still have uh, Jason Kelsey there and Landon Dickinson, who they drafted um, last season uh, in the draft. Um, and then, you know, for Jalen Hurts, you guys know how I feel. You guys are teetering between is he the guy or not. I think he is. I think this is the year he has to show it, though. Very similar to it. If Jalen Hurts goes out there and he isn't good, they lose in the first round, they get smoked in the first round, it wouldn't surprise me if the Eagles move off them because you're right. This roster is ready to compete now, win a Super Bowl now. So Jalen Hurts has no excuses. They have the offensive line, the weapons. You would like a better running back, but everything else is basically perfect. I talked about his numbers before. He's improved in basically every statistical category from his four games, his rookie season, to his sophomore season. I expect him to take another leap there. I think overall, you know, he has to show some improvements with the arm, but do what he did last year. Take care of the ball. He only had nine interceptions, 26 total touchdowns. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets around 30 total touchdowns, if you're including the, the rushing attack as well. So I'm excited for this Eagles team. Uh, they also brought in a Kobe Dean, who I, I don't think you mentioned as well, someone who dealt with injuries, but talent-wise, is probably a first-round talent in the draft this past year. Um, I'm excited for them. I have them going 11-6. and six. I think they win the division, um, and I'm expecting them to win at least one playoff game with their roster. They should win, too. Yeah. I mean, back to your point. You got something right here, bro. Do I have it? You got it. Thank there, you. There you go. To go back, to, to piggyback off your point, the Eagles have a top of the offensive line. They have a top 10 receiver in A.J. Brown. You can argue top 10 weapons room in football. Yep. They have a top 10 tight end. They have a top 10 secondary in football. They have a top 10 defensive line in football. The linebacker core, I'm not going to go as far to say that. The positions holding them back are linebackers and the quarterback. But everything else is in place. So if they don't meet expectations this year, then Jalen Hurts is definitely gone next year. And I think this is the year he has to really prove prove himself. If Matt Ryan was on his team, Super Bowl bound for sure. If I was the Eagles, I would have been going hardcore for Russell Wilson. I think they did. I mean, if you could could upgrade it, you upgrade I don't think they did. They definitely wanted him. They were one of the teams that wanted to trade for him. But you know what? Russell wanted Denver. He did. Yeah. Love him, man. Bold move. What do you mean? I would rather be in the NFC in the NFC East. Ah, okay. But I they can't. probably don't get AJ Brown if they get Russ. That's very true. Yeah, that is true. They could have got Matt Ryan though. Yeah, a lot of people could have. They would have been better off with Ryan. It would have been guys. lit. But I try. I respect Fox. them. It cost them less. It's not that much of a hassle. You Did you guys hear what? Uh, you made what, the playoffs with. There was a graphic that spread on social media about Jalen Hurts. And it was it was this. Oh. <laughs> it was one person said, let me give you a scenario of what we went through in one day of practice. It was a 10-play scenario. Jalen Hurts had three picks, four incompletions, and three sacks. And A.J. Brown, it was seven on sevens, and A.J. Brown responded like, how can you get sacked on seven on seven? <laughs> so it was a fake report, but yeah. people uh, got and this report and ran away with it and there was actually reports from Eagles beat reporters that he had a phenomenal minicamp, that he was looking explosive, big place to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. So, yeah. you know, I, I think there's been nothing but good reports coming out of training camp. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Was, that was nonsense. On to the next team, the Washington Commanders, changing their name once again. Watched football team, now the Commanders. Last year, they went 7-10. and 10. And in 2019, they had a top 10 ranked defense. 2020, they fell off. 2021, they uh, fell off even more. So what do you think Washington, where do you think they'll rank this year? We know that they have been a quarterback away. Yes. They've had Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace to him, Taylor Heineke, Alex Smith, Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen Fitz, but Fitzpatrick, but he got hurt. Carson Wentz is supposed to be hypothetically the best quarterback they've had. 
do you think the addition of Wentz is going to be enough for the Commanders to get back into the playoffs? I think I think it's easy to write off Carson Wentz, right? Especially we have a bad like taste. Done. We have a bad taste in our mouth. You would say that, like you've done, correct? What do you mean that you're you've written off Carson Wentz? I think he's a below average average starter. Below average to average. Okay. Um, I think it's very easy, though, to write off Carson Wentz as being, I don't think he's a franchise savior by any means, but I think he could be a game manager to average quarterback. The first eight weeks of the season, he was pretty damn good for the Colts. He averaged 244 yards per game, two touchdowns, .3 interceptions, and a pass rate of 104 on pace for 4,000 yards and 34 touchdowns. His first half, we were talking about it, the Colts, especially with Jonathan Taylor, great defense. We thought they were a possible uh, Super Bowl sleeper. But then the second half of the year, weeks 9 to 18, that dropped to 170 yards a game, 1.2 touchdowns, .5 interceptions, and 85 pass rate on a per-game basis. Um, and Indy was 2-5 and five also in one-possession game. So when things got tight, Carson Wentz really wasn't able to get things done. I really think the the biggest issue, and it's dealt with Wentz's his whole career, he just tries to play hero ball. He holds onto the ball too long where he has opportunities to throw the ball away. The first thing that comes to my mind is the left-handed pass he had while he's getting sacked. He just has a lot of issues where if he just does less, better things will happen. And I thought that would that would change, uh, you know, with Frank Reich being back with his old head coach. Unfortunately, it didn't. But, you know, this commander's team really isn't that bad. I think the running back duo of Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson could be one of the more underrated ones. Gibson, when healthy, is a really good running back. J.D. McKissick? J.D. McKissick is also one of the better pass-catching backs as well. Um, And then the wide receiver court, they just paid Terry McLaurin. You have a healthy Curtis Samuel. You drafted Jahan Dotson in the first round. I wasn't as high on him as the commanders were. Definitely would have taken Traylon Burks there. But I think you have to be excited for this court. It's very explosive. It's big plays happening at at any moment. I, literally, my my next line was Drew's guys, Logan Thomas. You're a big fan. <laughs> of um, but then also you got to think, you know, he's def- the modern day Jordan Reed. That's facts. That's facts. Um, defensively, you know, that 2020 season, they had one of the best defensive lines in the league. Uh, Chase uh, Chase Young came out on fire, uh, won defensive work of the year, that defensive work of the year in 2020. And then you also have Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. And Montez Sweat, first-round picks as well. So they have the talent on the defensive line to be one of the best pass rushers in the league. If they're able to get that 2020 version, the secondary, we know it isn't great. But if you're able to get one of the best pass rushers in the league, that's going to mask a lot of issues you have on the back half of your defense. So I'm I'm a little higher than I originally thought on the commanders. I have them going 8-9. and nine. I don't think they make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be competitive in a lot of games. My concern is the secondary. William Jackson was brought into this squad to be to elevate this defense right now William Jackson was one of the bigger disappointments last season uh and ultimately listen you look at that front four of theirs Chase Young Jonathan Allen Montez Sweat Darren Payne this is elite level talent especially with Chase Young being as great as he is but ultimately I don't know if I can trust his secondary Cameron Curl's decent uh Kendall Fuller solid but ultimately I just don't know if I can trust this unit. Now, last season with this unit, even still, they won seven games with Taylor Heineke being their starting quarterback. I just have my concerns with this schedule. I'm not in love with this schedule, and I'm just not in love with the commanders as a whole. I am a supporter of Carson Wentz. I do believe that Carson Wentz is going to play well, but ultimately I don't necessarily think that it's going to translate to wins. Antonio Gibson's a fine running back. Terry McLaurin is one of the most underrated, underappreciated wide receivers in the league. I think that Terry McLaurin is going to have a career year. Curtis Samuel, 
I'm not high on. I understand that he's healthy this season, but I got to see it to believe it truthfully. I get it. Curtis Samuel's a Swiss Army knife, but truthfully, I'm not. I'm not. I don't see it, to be honest with you, at this point in time. Jahan Dotson's something to be excited about. I agree with you. I would have taken Traylon Burks because he's actually a Swiss Army knife. He's that real Swiss Army knife, big body type wide receiver that could have fit in nicely with this offense. But you take Jahan Dotson, you go for the big playability, the speed. I, I get it. Uh, but Logan Thomas is a guy that I'm definitely excited for because Carson Wentz likes to throw to the tight end. And Logan Thomas, when he's healthy, is amongst the better tight ends in the league. I, I do firmly believe that. He's in like the 10 to 15 range of health. Which I'm fine. Which I'm fine with. There's just some good tight ends in the league now. Disagree. There are some good tight ends in the league now. Healthy, is he better than Dawson Knox? No, 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 no. That's Dox, Knox probably is like he better 12, than Mike Gesicki? It probably is 15 to 20. It's conversation. Yeah. It is 15 to 20. Yeah, that's it's a conversation. Uh, he, he, Dawson Knox, what were you about to say about him? No, I was curious. I think Dawson Knox is in the 10 to 15 range. And that's wildly incorrect. No. Where, where do you have Dawson, Dawson Knox? Dawson Knox yeah. is a top 10 tight end. Is he like nine? <laughs> it, you could argue he's top seven. Is he better than Pat Freyermuth? Who? Uh, Logan Thomas. Ooh. Nah. That's close. I'll take Fryermuth. Is he better than Zach Ertz? No. Is Zach Ertz is going to have a, a really good year. Is this he year. better than Robert Tunyon? Yes. Yes. Is he better than Tyler Higby? Yes. Yes. Is he uh, better than Noah Fant? No. Yes. Logan Thomas? Yes. He's not better than Noah Fant, bro. Logan Thomas is solid. Very, And I'm telling you, now he has Wentz. He's I know, but he's, he's, he's like well. 30 something years old yeah. coming off a big injury. And so what? Tight oh. ends. Doesn't matter. I think Noah Fant has a better year. Okay. Which means he's better. I have I these are the fifteen. So. I have Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Gronk. Well, he's retired. Uh, well, Pitts. So it doesn't matter. Pitts, yep. Waller, yep. Goddard, Hawkinson, Schultz, Hunter Henry, Najoku, Ertz, Knox, Alberto. I think the high Freyer move. Gesicki. Who? I would take Knox? Schultz over him. I would take Hawkinson over him. Austin Hooper or Logan Thomas? You would, you would take Logan. Oh, sorry, Knox, Knox. Knox. You would take Knox I over TJ Hawkinson? I would. That's kind of insane. I'm telling you, when Knox was getting cooking in the offense, he got hurt. And even he still, not, he, he continued to be a red he zone did. threat. He did. If it wasn't if it wasn't for John going to New England, he'd be over Logan Thomas, too. John Smith, you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a better talent. I, I don't disagree over He that. had better production than him. Yeah, before going to New England. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. John was solid. Well, listen, almost everyone had more production listen, than Logan 10 Thomas. to 15. I'm in. Okay. Uh, that being said. Logan Thomas, the savior, bro. This crazy. The savior. Are you insinuating that that's what I'm saying? I don't know. Okay, thank you very much. I'm, that's no, not no, a, I'm no. just saying I know, you, I know you don't exactly. think he's the savior. Not at all. Uh, but I will say that I am worried about the commanders, and especially because I was going through my, my schedule predictions with the other teams, and it just seemed as if every time that I would have a team face the commanders, I just always seemed to favor the other team. But after going through the schedule, it, it didn't end up being that bad. You have them with eight wins. I have them around that six to seven range. I have them beating Jacksonville. Have them beating Philadelphia. Have them beating Green. Uh, excuse me. Have them beating Chicago. I have them beating Houston. Have them beating Atlanta. Beating the Giants. And that Cleveland game is just wishy washy with me right now because I don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson and that suspension. So I have that going either way. So that's why I have them in that six to seven range. First of all, I think your disrespect to Curtis Samuel while then hyping up Logan Thomas in the same breath is kind of insane. <laughs> I mean, amongst funny. tight ends, Lo- Logan Thomas had different. one year where he had 600 yards receiving. Before that, he only his career high is 100 yards receiving. Then he got hurt. 
Curtis God. Samuel, before he got hurt with the Commanders last year with Carolina, had 850 yards receiving, four t- three touchdowns, and 200 yards rushing. He is a Swiss Army Knight. He is. Unfortunate that he got hurt. But looking at Washington, 23rd-ranked offense, 25th-ranked defense, I am surprised at how mediocre they have been and Ron Rivera being stubborn and refusing to make a change at the coordinator position. When they made the playoffs... They went seven and ten. They were or seven and nine. They were a mediocre football team that benefited from being in a horrible NFC East division. Scott Turner is still the OC. Scott Turner has a has had a bottom twenty offense every year he's been in Washington. Jack Del Rio, good DC, well respected, but we've seen his comments early in the offseason. I don't think he's a big big fan favorite in the locker room. Ultimately. It's really on how much you, how much better you think Wentz makes this team. And I don't think he makes them much better. I don't. I think Carson Wentz is a bottom 20 quarterback in the league. Uh, you do have a healthy Logan Thomas, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson was drafted, Andrew Norwell, they signed him from Jacksonville. But ultimately, I don't trust Scott Turner. I don't think Terry McLaurin is getting this huge upgrade because Carson Wentz is an inaccurate passer. And he, he's one of the, he's, he's inaccurate. He's an upgrade from Heineke. He's an upgrade, yes. But he's it's still an accurate. Much. It's also yeah. Taylor. I'm excuse me. It's also Terry McLaurin. So and the secondary is really their biggest problem. They ranked 29th in passing yards allowed last season, and that was them being significantly better in the second half of the season. And they ranked 29th in passing yards allowed and passer rating, 32nd in touchdowns, 28th in yards per attempt, and 25th in completion rate. The secondary also allowed 10 catches of 40 yards or more and 51 catches of 20 yards or more. William Jackson is still there. Kendall Fuller is still there. They're, they're average corners. Cameron Curl at safety. I forgot where the other safety is. I even I forgot. His, I think it's Bobby McCain. That's exactly Bobby it. McCain. And they're counting on a second-year player in Benjamin St. Just to now take a leap. Their linebacker still can't cover anybody. Jamin Davis had one of the worst rookie seasons That's last year. Pick. They could have went with JOK, but they didn't, and he would have been a tremendous pickup. A lot of people pass on him. Yeah. Everyone, actually. I mocked them to Washington at 20, though, or wherever they picked. Ultimately, I'm not sold in Washington. And Carson Wentz is in yet another position where he is brought in to be the savior or to be the missing piece to now make the playoffs. When you look at Indianapolis, they brought in Carson Wentz to make the playoffs and hopefully make a run. He folded late in the season. Washington is now doing the same where... Let's bring him in to make the playoffs. If Carson Wentz doesn't make the playoffs, which I don't think he will in Washington, he's not going to be the quarterback for Washington, and that entire staff is getting fired. Um, um, I forgot. Ron Rivera is getting fired. Scott Turner, Jack Del Rio, all those guys are getting fired. And I don't know another coach that has rode the coattails of one great season more than Ron Rivera. Like, Ron Rivera had that one year with Cam in 2015, 2016, I forgot which one it was, where they went 15-1, and one, made it to the Super Bowl, and ever since then, Ron Rivera's teams have been mid. Last season, you got to give him a little bit of credit, given the fact that his team was not that good, and they still won seven games. Last, year they, last year they won seven games? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, seven games is not something to ride home about. I don't disagree at all. No, I'm, I'm not disagreeing, but that roster is less than seven wins good. You can argue that that roster 
should have should have been better than they sh- they were. The secondary well, Chase, Chase, yeah, Chase Young got hurt and you had the worst given, quarterback in every matchup. Given given the talent on that secondary, that it should not be a, a bottom twenty five secondary in football. But at least there's a couple weeks this year where they have the better quarterback. Last last year was never. Yeah, and that's not going to change anything. Sadly, no, I mean, I mean, we just I I have the quarterbacks them, I have them going eight and nine. They're going to go eight and nine. So one all win, that, all one, that's going nine. Well, one win upgrade from last year. No, I'm, I'm the when, same. When boat. you have more pieces this year and you're boat. healthy, I think the staff is getting fired. Though I, I don't think Washington Word. is going to do anything crazy. I think everybody's gone next year. And Ron also wasn't isn't he a cancer survivor as well? Shout like out that to also bodes. With, Look, with shout out to Ron Rivera for that. But uh-huh. no, I know that has nothing football, to do with football. your analysis. I get it, but like that's another reason why people support him. Sure, but I also give him his respect for. Going through that, coming back, this roster's mid, seven wins. Well, yeah, but ultimately— Because you're right. It's nothing to home, ride home about. Carson Wentz is not a good, not a great quarterback. But I would say it's, good. It's, He's bigger, it's bigger than a marginal upgrade in this situation. I think it's, 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 a, it's an okay upgrade. I, I wouldn't say, like, it's this huge upgrade. I, I, I'm really not high on Carson Wentz. He costs you games. Okay. He costs you games, and because of that, I, I'm not high. A lot of interceptions last year were dropped as well, and it doesn't show up in his stats. I mean, with the Colts, you have a great offensive play caller in Frank Reich, great offensive line, uh, great Jonathan strong. Taylor, good, and you weren't able to make the playoffs. You folded late in the season. Well, Washington, oh, yeah, with, with Washington, that's a much more unstable situation, not only offensively yeah. but also defensively and also play calling wise. How are you going to take a jump? I just don't see it from once. Okay, so eight and nine for the Commanders Solid. this year. Get a, Last let's get a team. team. New York Giants last year, 4 and 13. Someone's got to support them. 31st ranked Literally. offense, last in points per drive, thanks to Jason Garrett. 23rd ranked defense. But Giants fans should be feeling some life, right? Because they fired their staff. Now they have new staff in um, Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, Don Martindale, who's been a respected defensive coordinator in the league. They made some great draft moves. Now, Drew, you think Daniel Jones is going to take a leap and be a Pro Bowl quarterback this year. So (laughs) where do you see the Giants finishing? Daniel Jones, truther. I'll go as far, you know, I'm not going to go as far to say he's a Pro Bowler. I just think that he's a starter. That's all I'm going to say. I I believe that Daniel Jones deserves to be a starter in this league. Now, I get it. History has not voted well for my friend DJ. Uh, he's a turnover machine. Fumbles well too much, well too well more often. than he should. Yes, well, well too often. Thank you very much. Uh, but I see the vision, and I see that he's a solid passer. He really is. Last season, we were here sitting at this table early in the year. Is is Daniel Jones' time now? He was impressing us both with his arm and his legs. That Dallas game, he gets popped. Just the season was just completely altered after that. Saquon goes down at, in that game too. Kenny Galladay was hurt. Andrew Thomas missed some missed some games as well. And when Andrew Thomas is in the lineup, it's absolutely night and day. Andrew Thomas is a, one of the more elite left tackles in the game. And then you go now. You draft Evan Neal. You you solidify this offensive line a little bit more. Anything's better than what you were putting out last season. But you bring in Evan Neal, a top. Uh, a top tackle prospect. He's going to fill in at his natural position at right tackle. Defensively, you draft Kayvon Thibodeau. He should be exciting. I do believe that as of right now, I have Kayvon in that rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year conversation. I think it's going to be him and Aiden Hutchinson. But I just think that the energy that, that Kayvon gives is, is why I find He's myself correct. He, he believes in his, his game. He believes in himself. That's why I feel like I'm gravitating towards his play and, and towards him as my defensive rookie of the year favorite. 
But even still, defensively, this roster is not that great. But offensively is where I look at, and that's where I'm excited. I trust, I trust Saquon Barkley. I don't care what last season showed me where his yards per carry was atrocious, his worst of his NFL career. With a new play caller and Brian Dable, I do firmly believe that this offense will be tailored towards Saquon and his strengths. You don't run him in between the tackles. Run him outside. That's where he's at his best, where he's able to make things happen. And now with both Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal solidifying the outsides, I feel like he's going to be in a better position to do so. I believe that Daniel Jones needs to, this season, see Saquon Barkley more out of the backfield because we've seen what happens when you get the ball into Saquon Barkley's hands. He's bound to make a big play happen. It's inevitable given his skill set. Bringing back Sterling Shepard was huge for me given the fact that him and Sterling, him being DJ Jones... That seems to be his favorite weapon, his his weapon that he is most consistent with. When Sterling was out of the lineup, we saw DJ start to take a little bit of a hit as well. And I would love to see Kenny Galladay stay healthy with the Giants. I really would. Kenny Galladay is getting paid $17 million a season for him to be absolutely but $17 mil is honestly a steal now. I don't disagree <laughs> at all, but even still, at the time, it was one of the higher wide receiver yeah. contracts. I think now with Brian Dable, Daniel Jones is going to be put in a, a situation to succeed. And he will show that he is a starter in this league. Now, I don't think it's going to translate too much in the wins, losses. But I don't think they're going to be among the absolute worst of the of the the bunch in the NFL this season. I'm only going to go through their wins. I I have them beating Dallas at home. I have them beating Chicago at home. I have them beating Jacksonville on the road. I have them beating Seattle on the road. I have them beating Houston. I have them beating Washington at home. I have them beating Philadelphia, splitting with both Washington and Philadelphia. And that's it. I have them going with a record of 7-10. and 10. I have Dallas sweeping them. I would argue that that does translate to wins then. A three-win upgrade is well, pretty big. Last season, they were destroyed with injuries. We saw it. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is the reason why they weren't the worst team in the league. However, one could take it as, with Daniel Jones, they're not the absolute worst team in the league. Without Daniel the Jones, worst. they're absolutely yeah. horrible. Well, Probably the worst team in the league. That stretch of games. Mike Lennon. True or false, they were the worst team in the, in, in oh, the NFL. They might have been the worst team I've ever seen in my life. I, I, and what's so funny about that is I agree wholeheartedly. It was hard to watch them where on a fourth and nine? Was it third and nine? Third and QB nine. sneak. QB sneak. Yeah. So I do believe with Daniel Jones, with Brian Dable, this offense will be more successful than last season so long as Great. everything stays healthy. I believe seven wins is the translation. I yeah. don't know if you saw this report, but... A random NFL coach said that Saquon Barkley doesn't know how to play running back. That's insanity. He said, I'm down on him. He still doesn't know how to play running back enough. He's a bouncer. He wants every run to be a home run. He's going to have to learn that four-yard runs in this league are good instead of stopping, cutting it back, and losing two, and he gets his ass kicked in protection. That's what he said. About that's that's a crazy statement, I'll be honest. Nah, he does get his ass kicked in protection, though. I'm saying he can't play running back is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just um, but he is a home run hitter, though. Yes. When you're Saquon Barkley, he has the ability. You have every right. Yeah, I mean, to you do have so. all that success your rookie year. You want to duplicate it. He did it again the next year, missing four games, still yeah. a thousand yard uh, run, uh, a still a thousand yard rusher. I think seven wins is the absolute absolute upside for the Giants. I think that's I'm very best case scenario. You get disagree. seven wins. Um, to me, I think this is a throwaway year. I have them with five wins. I think they'll have a top ten, top eight ish pick. Um, Daniel Jones for me. You know, when someone shows you who they are, I think you just has gotta he? accept it. He has. Uh he holds on the ball too long. He gets okay. he has injury problems. 
He has fumbling issues. One injury. He problem. doesn't have good pocket presence. He has good escapability, but he doesn't have good pocket presence. Um, There's I, a difference. Yeah, I, and he's not accurate. I, I think overall we know what Daniel Jones is. Not he's he's a he's a good backup quarterback. I think that's what he is. He he offers you some mobility at the quarterback position, and it's not all on him, right? He's had terrible coaching staffs, car, terrible offensive lines, wide receivers. Um, but we know in the NFL you don't really get excuses if you're bad at quarterback. If you don't perform up to expectation, they're going to move on to you. We saw that with Darnold. We saw that with Baker this past year after they got to Sean when they upgraded. Um, but I do like the additions they made this offseason. Evan Neal and Kayvon were two of my favorite prospects in this draft. I think having a tackle duo of uh, Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal is going to be one of the best in the league within Absolutely. the next couple of years. But really, out, you said you're excited offensively. Outside of Kadarius, Tony, and kind of Saquon, no one really excites me. Sterling. I think Sterling and Slayton are guys. Uh, Ugh. There, if Sterling did not have success with Daniel, fine, fine. Bro, what's Sterling? Slayton is a guy. I'm with you. He's they're, not good. They're like, he should not be getting looks. They're like the 30th to 40th best receivers. Okay, fine, but it's, you can't ignore the fact that Sterling has production. Small sample sizes. Fine. Uh, Sterling I don't, I also ser- tore his Achilles. He did. It's uh, tragic. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's. Mm. Oh, I did forget about yeah, that. Yeah, I forgot also. about that. What, what week did he tear it? Early. Like in the mid, middle of the year. Yeah, um, I forgot he tore his, his Achilles. Um, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, uh, ugh, it's not great when he's hurt. Middle of the year, uh, so he played uh, week nine twenty six. Then he played ten seventeen, eleven one. Then he played again twelve twelve, twelve oh. nineteen. It was just sporadic. Are you sure he tore his Achilles? I'm pretty sure he injured it. Doesn't sound like it, yeah. unless he tore it in that last game. I'll check it. Um, but yeah, moving he on. He did. What? He started seven games. This past year, though, I just listed all the games that he played, but he did. But if you tear your Achilles, how do you come back? Seven months weeks? ago, I don't know. Interesting. Um, whatever. Moving on, I want to talk a little bit about Saquon because I think we have there's kind of two people. We have a guy like this NFL anonymous executive, whoever he, he tore was. his Achilles December, December 19th. Correct. December 19th. That oh, was the last injury he got had. Got you. Got you. Um, yep. We have people during who, Week 15's loss. So yeah, he's coming off a torn Achilles. Yeah, which takes towards the end of the year too. Yeah, takes a while to recover from. Uh, Cam Makers came back in five six months, but that's not the norm. Um, we have two groups of people. One think that it's Saquon's it's Saquon's fault, right? We have guys that think he's just a home run hitter. He's not able to you know play running back, which I think is insane. And you have another group that think that it's the offensive line, it's the play calling, it's the quarterback. His his numbers last year weren't that great, right? You talk about his yards per carry being one of the lowest, the lowest of his career. He was 43rd in yards after contact per attempt. He was 39th in missed tackles forced. He had nine runs of 10-plus yards. So even on these opportunities where overall he had a decent amount of carries, 162, he really wasn't that great in terms of comparing him to the rest of the running backs. Um, and he also only saw eight or more defenders in the box 21% of the time, which is average. So it's not even like they're low in the box because they have to stop Saquon. No, it is about average in terms of that. I don't think Evan Neal changes everything. It's obviously an improvement. I don't think he makes Saquon back into that running back. We saw his, his rookie or even sophomore year coming back from injury. Um, so I, I think he'll be a fine player. I don't think you could look at him as this franchise running back, one of the best running backs in the league anymore. I definitely think out of the backfield, line him up at receivers, they, something they should do some more. Because when he gets the ball in space, I still think he's explosive. He's he can still take it to the crib. Um, and then defensively, you know, Kayvon and Aziz Ajilari, that's pretty enticing. I think if you're a Giants fan, interior defensive line is pretty solid as well. And Xavier McKinney is one of the better safeties in the league, too. So they have some building blocks there. Um, overall, I have them going 5-12. and 12. I don't think they're that competitive. Uh, like I said, top 10 pick. Uh, throwaway year, but then next season you have $40, $50 million in cap. You have a high draft pick. Um, so, you know, you should be excited. The Giants are going to be an exciting, bad team. 
That's what they're going to be. So well said. Now, I compare this to the Bills in 2017. Sean McDermott, first-year head coach, he inherits Tyrod Taylor, who we know. Tyrod's good, but he's just a guy. And Tyrod is better than Daniel Jones, in my opinion. He's not even close. Delete that. In 2017, Tyrod Taylor had a very good year. 14 touchdowns, 4 picks. Would you consider that an efficient quarterback year? Yes. But the Bills still decided to draft a Josh Allen, who was one of the more talented but unpolished prospects in the draft. And now we know who Josh Allen is right now. The Giants are replacing Daniel Jones after this season. It's as simple as that. This roster isn't good enough to win enough games with Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones isn't a quarterback that's going to elevate the play of a roster that isn't as talented as opposing rosters. The receiving core, one of the worst in the league. Agreed. Sterling Shepard, torn Achilles, how is he going to come back from that? Kenny Galladay, I don't believe in. Kadarius Toney, I don't believe in. Darius Slayton, I don't believe in. Is Wandale Robinson maybe going to start? That's, the, that's he, you know... Joe Shane and Brian Dave will trade it up to get him in the second round. I like Tony Wade. They're more very Wondell. high on him. So Wondell Robinson might be the starting receiver for the Giants. I wouldn't rule it out. Nah, it's now, like the, Tony Galladay, bro. The offensive line, I like. Mark Glowinski, John Feliciano, Evan Neal, Andrew Thomas. It's an okay offensive line. Serviceable. They, they definitely upgraded. I'm not a fan of Saquon. I think there's a chance that they move off from Saquon yep. after this season as well. I hope so. And pay him, so. Get him out of New the, York. The defensive line is good, but the secondary, outside of Adoree Jackson, I'm talking about corners, uh-huh. it's a bunch of unknowns. Agreed. And Adoree Jackson is a guy that has gotten injured a lot throughout his career and has been inconsistent as well, so I don't trust him. Ultimately, these are my three question marks with the Giants. How improved will their offensive line be? Will their wide receivers stay healthy? And can Daniel Jones play? That's really it. Daniel Jones, even at his best, is still a bottom 20 quarterback. I don't think he's anything more than that. Like you said, I think they get a high pick. They spend it on a quarterback, whether it's a Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, one of those guys, and then they move forward with the cap space they have. They're going to go 6-11 and 11 this year. I think a two-win upgrade is, is reasonable. At his best, he can't be better than Jameis Winston. No. Really, oh, my God. I don't think so. At no. his best, he can't be better than Winston? Are you kidding me? Probably not. He can't be better than Mac Jones? No. <laughs> no. no. I, there's actually no Mac way. Jones clears yeah. that fraud. Like, Daniel Jones can, could be out of a job halfway through the season. He can be better than Carson Wentz. Daniel Jones has he a— He could be better than Ryan Tannehill. Daniel no. Jones has a three-game— can be. No, he can't. No, 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 no. Oh, my hey, we're, God. We're talking about Ryan Tannehill He could be better than Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold— <laughs> Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Drew Locke. <laughs> Those are the be, guys that can be better Wait, can than. it be better than Jared Goff? Yes. What about Tua? No. <laughs> oh, Jared, 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 Goff, Jared Goff's the closest. Goff is the closest. Nah. I, Goff's not going to turn the ball be over Be better than Baker? Nah. He can be. No. no, bro. He can be. No, he cannot. He can be. There's, there's like a 5% chance. He, he can be better than your boy, Zach Wilson. Get he the can be. <laughs> We're going to end the show now. Nah, you're bugging, bro. He can be. <laughs> there's a 1% chance fucking I go oh to the moon God. tomorrow, bro. No. Like, you can no. be. Yeah, bro, no. there's a 2% chance it happens. No, I'm sorry. It's, it's wildly incorrect. Okay, so what? You give him a 50% chance to be better than Baker, Jameis? Yeah. You're, you're wilding, bro. Why? 
Daniel Jones sucks. Sucks is so strong. He's not. He's not a good. I'm Daniel. I'm sorry if you're listening, bro. That was you rude. saw him in the club. I'm glad he I, didn't say hi to you. I didn't say hi to you him. You don't deserve don't, it. Don't get no, twisted. No, 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 no. I didn't he say hi saw to him. you. He was like, I didn't say hi to him. Disgusting. Um, Daniel Jones. He's for an NFL quarterback. He is not the guy you want. All right. If he's not your, even. If he's that's not, your opinion. Honestly speaking, he's not better than Tyrod Taylor. I hope you know that. And I'm. I'm letting Tyrod you know that. Taylor's backing him up because they want to give Daniel Jones that shot. But Tyrod Taylor is better than I Daniel say, don't Jones. be surprised we're here training Cam. Tyrod Taylor is beating the ground on really? Daniel Jones. Really? really? Yeah. Daniel Jones goes through a two, three game slump. He's not. Brian Dable and Joe Shane have no ties to Daniel Jones. All right, fine. If Tyrod gives him a better chance to win, which at some point in the season will happen, he'll get pulled. This is year four for my friend Daniel Jones, yeah. correct? And now you have to decide on his fifth year option. So you can yeah. move off him. Or unless he's really good. He has to be insane. Not really. He has he has to be like like year, if you one, put up, year one, he threw 24 touchdowns. Good. Um, I'm many, asking. How many turnovers? He had 12 interceptions. How many fumbles? That's really the question every single time, man. Probably 10. <laughs> Maybe more. He probably, he probably led the league Dude, in fumbles. Dude, why does he fumble so much, bro? It really doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, no. He needs to have a, like... I can't find it if you can. I'm going to find it. Because even still, bro, even if he... I don't think... Him playing excellent is out of the question. If he plays... He could play above. He had average. nineteen fumbles. That is no. You're lying. I swear he had nineteen fumbles. Year one. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. He, has, he, he had twenty nine turnovers, bro. Yeah. Um, um, that's crazy. Issue. No, no, no. He had more. Nineteen plus twelve is thirty one. So he had thirty one turnovers year one. Twenty four touchdowns. Cool. But now offensive line is not this that past good, season. He had this past matter. season. He had seven fumbles in eleven games. Improvement. <laughs> a fumble. Damn Listen, fumble. I can't defend his fumbling ability. It's yes. impossible. Yeah. He holds on to the ball this season. We could talk, bro. Year one, he had nineteen fumbles and twelve starts. Crazy. I'm 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 very stunned. Yeah. Like I'm not surprised at it, but like you know, when you're hearing nineteen, yeah, nineteen's nuts. It's all right. Listen, someone's got to believe. Stunned is a synonym synonym of surprise. Correct. Um. That being said, someone's got to believe. And I promise does, you that'll be me. Does someone have to? <laughs> Bro, like, I, don't, I don't think you have to. Oh my god. No one's forcing you to believe I'm not saying that Daniel he's going to be all world. That's not what I'm saying. He's a starter. I believe it. I believe that. Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter. Okay. He's significantly better than, than significantly. Like there's a gap. Like there's a gap between Jimmy Garoppolo huge and Daniel gap. Jones. A huge gap As actually. Of right now I don't overly disagree. Like if there's a huge gap between you and Jimmy Garoppolo you're probably not a starter. And there's only one team that wants Jimmy that. Garoppolo God, right now. End the show because I'm going to get <laughs> mad. I'm going to say something I don't necessarily mean. So let's just end it. So to recap um, our yes. predictions, these are our NFC East predictions for the 2022 season. I have the Eagles winning it at 11-6. and six. I think the addition of A.J. Brown is going to take them over, over the top. Also getting Bradbury, Hassan Reddick, Jaquiski Tart on defense. The Cowboys 10-7. <laughs> and seven. Losing Connor Williams, Lyle Collins, Amari Cooper, I think those are pretty significant losses. Commanders at eight and nine. The Wentz edition doesn't move me much, and the Giants at six and eleven. Brian Dable is going to have this team playing competitive, but they'll lose most of the games. All right, so I have the Cowboys finishing in first place. I believe in Dak Prescott and his abilities, and I think that he will do enough to have the Cowboys up top this division at eleven and six. Number two, the Eagles. They have an amazing roster, a Super Bowl roster, minus Jalen Hurts, 100%. Joel Moran's correct. I do believe that Jalen Hurts is going to play well this season, but it is all on his shoulders, specifically his right shoulder. Uh, and I have them finishing 10-7, and seven, second place. Third place, Washington at 7-10. and 10. 
I am not completely out on Carson Wentz. I just worry about this defense, particularly its secondary. I just don't love their their schedule, so I believe that it'll impact them negatively. I have them finishing 7-10. and 10. And in last place, although it hurts me, I do believe the Giants will be in last with a 7-10 and 10 record. However, I am a little bit more optimistic than most. I also have the Eagles winning the division going 11-6. and six. I think Jalen Hurts shows he's a franchise quarterback this year. <clears throat> I have <laughs> I have the Cowboys going 9-8. and eight. Um, I think they take a step back from last season, but I think they'll still be in playoff contention. The Commanders at 8-9, and nine, a one-win increase from last season, but overall not a playoff team. The Giants at 5-12. and 12. Got 2023 to look forward to. Listen, man, agree to disagree is all I'm going to say. And that's going to do it for episode 195 of the Pick Aside podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod, on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast, and join our talk board. It is free to join. Uh, we have over 400 members in there currently. We're in there but every if, day. If you want to be more exclusive and step up, join our Discord, join our Patreon. Yes, You'll get the link and access to our server there. Have a very active server on both sides. Absolutely. It's very very cool. active. Extremely. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening and or watching, and we'll see you next time. This is Jonathan Macri from the Knicks Film School Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, podcast network, and business operations. Now, they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You could invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to WeFunder.com backslash blue wire.